You're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. Welcome everyone to our third third episode number three our third third episode of fake nerd podcast ever nope time travel <laughs> I'm a baby our third <laughs> Mar- how old do you think the show is how old do you think I am I just got a nose ring <laughs> this is true the darkest timeline the third part of our Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch. Where we, go th- where we go through the Marvel Cinematic Universe films in chronological order as mm. we understand it or as, have interpreted it. As we understand it. And <laughs> as the Russos are fighting a- with us say, about yeah. on Instagram right now. I think they're... They're already the- saying we're wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we will get into that in a moment because I do want to touch on that. Uh, but I am Brandon T. McClure. With me on this journey, as always, is Ben Magnet. Yo. Sparks Witty. Hey, what's up? Ryan James Eliopoulos, the 14th. Ooh. Okay, Ooh. I have to say that's. that's a, I've had a lot 14. of. No, I've had a lot of children, grandchildren. Wow, what's up? That's, that's a cool. lot of RJs. Oh, you, a lot. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hail the line. It's, <laughs> it's really funny because that joke started on the second part of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh I know. It did. Uh, yeah, so as as I said before, <laughs> we are going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. So far, we have gone through. Uh, Captain America, Iron Man, Iron, uh, Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. Iron Man Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor. Thor, Avengers, Iron, Iron Man 3. 3. I can do this. The, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. now we are on Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Ant-Man. and Captain America Civil War. Yep. yep. So as you will see, we are not going through phase. We are going through... And technically Captain Marvel fit somewhere back there. Yeah. But yeah, we, she's, she's technically we did that in a review. Yeah. We are specifically talking about the movies, uh, the 20 films... Uh, up to Infinity War. Yes. Um, and mm, and Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, and Ant Man oh, and the Wasp. Shit. Yes. Well, twenty films. There you go. Ant-Man, uh, twenty. But you said up to Infinity War. I want to be correct. clear. Um, <laughs> Captain Marvel does fit. Does fit in that. Uh, this is, recently, actually, we just we just heard the news that uh, Kevin Feige considers this this franchise part of the franchise called the Infinity Saga. Mm. I like oh, that wow, a lot. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That means there's more to come. Oh my God! Every oh, saga's twenty shit. films. Oh oh, oh God! That's gracious. Can you can you imagine our grandkids are going to be like I, in like the third phase of like phase nineteen oh <laughs> of like it. of like the fifth saga or something like I, that? I processed the other day that I was like, oh man, there's going to be like a fiftieth Marvel film. Yeah, yeah. What will that movie be? We'll find out when we're ninety. Can you imagine that once the Marvel films like no way? End. Oh my god, you're right. They make so many movies. <laughs> no, can, can you imagine if this is a big if if the Marvel films end like they told all the stories they want to tell? We're going to wait a while. Can you imagine like the giant ass box set of all the Marvel films, or yes. even the box what? set of the Infinity Saga you know what, by itself? You know what? I was thinking you about can't this. afford it. I was no shit. James Bond has a big set, right? Yes, the yeah. fifty, the the twenty twenty whatever films. Um, what I was thinking about the other day is what happens when Feige leaves. <gasps> I don't want to think about it. I he picks a successor. I think yeah. he's gonna be there. King Feige uh. picks his successor. <laughs> and he's it, just a clone. No, and it's what, Ryan. No, what? <laughs> 
But what you have to do is when you when Feige picks his successor, you have to bend the knee and he knights you mm. with the Mjolnir and yeah. you stand up, you get your He knights you with, oh shit! Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think Feige's done for another decade. I don't, I don't think so either. I think that dude, he's going to ride this wave until I think he. I'm sure he's he, getting like offers too. This is yeah. probably. Like, I think he I'm also sure just like, he loves it so much. Yeah. Like this is the dream job. He were, I was listening, I was listening to some like, I was watching old interviews with him when he was on X-Men and Spider-Man. Like, oh, sure. Wow. He's been, he was like, Always pushing for more comic accurate. Yeah, yeah. He was he was on set trying to fluff up Hugh Jackman's hair yeah, yeah. to uh, get it more comically uh, accurate. He has a podcast he did uh, last uh, a little while ago with Leonard Malton, mm-hmm. uh, Malton on movies, and and that's a really good one if you want to get like a broad strokes of Kevin Feige moving through his career. Yeah, funny. He, enough, this is where he wanted to be. Yeah, funny enough, I was actually watching some older Kevin Feige stuff too, yeah. where they revealed Infinity War parts Part one, one and two, two. Uh-huh. where they did the whole phase three reveal where. Where uh, Serpent Society Aww. became Civil War. When Inhumans was there. When Inhumans was there. Oh, yeah. And, like, man, like, he loves it. Back before when, Spider Man Homecoming was even yeah. announced. Back it, when was Captain the, Marvel was coming out a year before. It came what was out. the Civil War? Well, what was Serpent Civil, Society? Sir, there you go. Yeah, initially they had, they had um, tricked they us. Faked us. Into thinking, oh, that was a good fake out. Those Russos added you know, from they, the beginning. W- I remember when I saw the slate for Phase 3 and it said Captain America, Serpent Society. I'm like, oh, okay. Because a lot of people were kind of, there rumblings of Civil War and mm-hmm. people were even saying that there's going to be Planet Hulk movie as well. Yeah, but then when it's like when Marvel Fisher said, "Yeah, so this is a new Captain America film. It's Civil War." Tricked you. I was yeah. like, every I lost my mind. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, I couldn't freaking believe it. Uh, so the it. other thing that I wanted to touch on is that the Russos have started a daily countdown of cr- the chronological order of films. Yes, and they they did you know they did uh, Captain America and they yeah. did Captain Marvel. They did Iron Man. Uh huh. And then they did Iron Man Two. Uh oh. Yeah. Now I I think we were in kind of an agreement that Iron Man Two. Uh, probably continuity-wise, does go before Hulk. Yeah, after Hulk. we did this last marathon viewing, that was where I conceded that I was like, you know, I can see where Iron Man 2 takes place before Incredible Hulk, and it's better watching chronologically in that order. Yeah. Um, I kind of prefer seeing if you're marathoning them, and I don't mean like marathoning them in a day, I just mean marathoning them in a, like a short span of time. Yeah. I kind of prefer watching Incredible Hulk before Iron Man 2. Yeah. Yes. I like that breath. I but I can see where chronologically... It happens yeah. uh, after. However, I still just can't get behind the Thor. We'll one. see what happens. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I am reposting them on our on our fake nerd uh, story, mm-hmm. just kind of for fun. I mean, so I we'll see what happens. What they post tomorrow? I have the Thor Incredible Hulk. I think. I think when we get to our the end of this, when we start ranking them in our regular podcast episode, they'll have put out all of them. Yes, we could talk about what we think of the chronology. Then. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be down, Ben. What were you saying? No, uh, damn, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm so oh, sorry, sorry, Ben. Uh, should we get into it? No, I, I remember because oh. I like the the breadth of fresh air between like we get Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, and then Iron Man Two. But also those two movies are kind of like the gray area where there's no true right answer. You could flip flop between the two of them, and they both will flow. Seamlessly. Yeah, and I, I obviously conceded the idea that you know after a decade of you and I arguing mm-hmm. the sparks, <laughs> right? Um, that Iron Man Two is real bad, and you need yeah. something it's, to stop. It's yeah. hard to watch one right after the other. Yeah, it's, Iron it's Man, just hard. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Iron Man Two, not so much. Yeah, yeah. So, shall we get into it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we start this phase of our journey with Guardians of the Galaxy in space. The okay. first James Gunn film, and arguably Marvel's biggest gamble since Iron Man. I would agree. At at that time, yeah. If this film, uh, if this film didn't work, I would say their biggest gamble since Avengers. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think go. Avengers oh, okay, was a gamble. Yeah. Because if this film it, didn't work... Looking back, it's like, well, that was a sure thing. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, okay. uh, not yeah. at the time. This was definitely the weirdest Bra- the Brandon weirdest himself one. was like, what if I hate it? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the I, the whole thing of like Guardians of the Galaxy when it was first announced, people were just kind of wondering like, well, if Marvel if Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't work, then we're just seeing sequels to Thor and Captain America forever. Yeah. Because yeah. these because this is their weirdest property. If they can make this work, they can make anything. Because this sure. this is the first cosmic. Film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, truly cosmic. I mean, you can argue that Thor is also a cosmic film, but this is like the truly like you're in space. That shit takes place on Earth most of the time. There's spaceships it's, it's in a all dark world. Yeah. So let's. Oh. It still takes place on Earth a lot. Mm, it's like half an hour. Okay, Thor is cosmic esque, but this is like true. Guardians is straight cosmic. space movie. So then, uh, you know how we do how we do when we always start this initial thoughts. Mm. When you know you're in 2014, throw yourself back to 2014, right? That's 2014. Ah! Oh no, smart! Oh, come back! <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, throw yourself back. What were your What were you thinking? I, what were you thinking walking I, into the theater? I'm gonna go first because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One has a very special and dear place in my heart. Reason being is that was the first movie date fan I ever went on. Aww, that was cute. we. <laughs> That's five years Sorry, ago. I'm just you kidding. Guys been together five, almost five years. <laughs> five years in June. That's amazing. Wow. Yep. Good for you. Yep. So Guardians of the Galaxy, because when we first started dating, I asked her, I was like, "Hey, she do can you do better. Do you- <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> ben, you're beautiful Damn. and perfect. I'm so sorry. I don't Damn. know. You know what? It went through all five filters, and I still thought I should and say it. Still it still came out. <laughs> just know he's wrong. It's like the beer in Shazam. It just spilled out of his mouth. It's vomit words. I love you, Fanny's a wonderful woman, and you and you two deserve each other. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> no, Ben. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right, Guardians of the Galaxy, so, Ben. When we first started dating and talking to each other, I asked her if she's seen the Marvel films, and she said yes, she saw them all. And so, I know she's a winner. And our first big, our first big movie date was Guardians of the Galaxy, and we walked out of there. And the first pop vinyl I ever bought her was Dancing Groot. Nice. Mm. And what I we weren't living together at the time, so I go up to her door and I and she opened it and I'm like, three words, eight letters, say them, I'm yours. And she looks at me and she's like. I am Groot. I'm like, yes, you are. Yes, it is. And I gave her <laughs> Dancing Groot, and she couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's see? Letters, yeah. yeah. I that want the... to see Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> close, close eight enough. syllables, I guess. Oh, I think you said eight words. Sorry. Yeah. Well, eight letters. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Eight letters. But it was Guardians of the Galaxy. It's Because I went in that movie thinking that, okay, what do they got? I walked out of there thinking this movie is amazing. The soundtrack was amazing. Everything about that film just got me good. Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Um, you know, Sparks, were you at Comic Con that year with me? Probably. I was. Ben was. Probably. I was. Um, was that the same year they announced BBS? Yes, yes. it was. Yes, I was there. Yes. I was also. The, I was there. That was also the year you Loki were, came out as. Oh, Tom Hiddleston came out as Loki. We were in Hall H, which is the major hall in Comic Con, and we were waiting for Marvel and. Um, yeah, that was the year that we both got the notification that Warner Brothers was going to announce BVS, and we both turned to each other and go, um, excuse me, what? And then he leaned over and told me, and I was like, you bastards, why didn't you And wait? then like like a minute later, they came out and did it. Um, so yeah, so Marvel um, had told us that Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out. We knew what Phase 2 was going to look like. Um, and they, I remember James Gunn came on stage. And I was always so curious about this film because I was like, wow, what a weird cast. Like, Zoe Saldana, Chris Pratt, who at the time was just a sitcom star. He was Andy Dwyer on uh, Box and um, Dave Bautista, who had no acting credits to his name. That's mm-hmm. not true. He was in a kung fu movie called The Man with the Iron Fist. He no was. real acting credits to his name. That's not fair. <laughs> that is not fair. I like The Man in the Iron Fist. Um, I saw it once, but I remember liking it. That's the trailer that came out this past week. Sorry. Oh. The Spy. My Spy. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see it. I want to see it. Um, Good for Dave Batista. Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon, mm-hmm. Vin Diesel as as Groot. Like, what is this movie? How can this? M- 
this movie is weird. We didn't see with the poster where it just says you're welcome yet. Um, so they so so James Gunn's like, look, we don't have any footage. We got nothing. Sh- we we just started filming like ten days ago. So here's a trailer. Right. <laughs> and we're like, holy shit. And it was it was the, the it was scene. at that moment. It, it was, was a mugshot scene. It was at that moment when I saw that trailer that I said, this movie's going to rule. Yeah. yeah. And I was watching that theater, and I came out with it being my second favorite Marvel film of all time, still to this day. That film is incredible. I think one of the best films Marvel has ever made. Incredible. Brandon, I remember a few years ago, we were at WonderCon at the Disney Emporium booth. They had the cassette. Um, I made you buy it, yes. I you convinced me to buy it, and Fanny was pissed at me because I can't play it. I don't have a cassette player. No regrets. So get one. <laughs> so I'm get tr- one. I'm trying to, okay? Jeez. Ryan, do you want to go next? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm the Marvel Comics guy, and I, I was reading Guardians of the Galaxy, like Dan and Abnett run. The abdomen and landing run, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the, it's like one of the best runs, and I'm like, are you kidding me? This I was I I so Avengers came out, and I was like, I right, cool. The thing that wasn't ever going to happen came true. That's not going to be a talking raccoon. <laughs> How do you make a talking? I feel raccoon like work? I feel like this is you it's, every it's, time. It is. It, gets it to really this point. is, and it's it's Guardians was the one where it's like they can do whatever they want because not only is the movie good, it's it's great. And it's super successful, and they do all the characters right. And it is, it is a lot of they do they do a lot different than the comics, but like well, it, it's know, true to the nature of those characters. And what, it's what, crazy. Gamora, uh, in the comics, has a crazy fast healing factor. Yeah, and in this, she's just cybernetic. Yeah, and, and, and certain characters get more personality, uh, like like a Drax. Like Drax didn't really have much of personality, to be honest. He's kind of just like an angry guy who wants to kill Thanos. In the comics, Drax is human. Yeah, he's also yeah, his name's like Arthur Douglas. Yeah. And he got transformed into a murderer to kill Thanos. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> things like that, they'd work for the better. Um, and then when we talk about Guardians 2, they do a lot of big changes that I'm not not as okay with. But for Guardians 1, man, like, I, at the time, it was my favorite Marvel movie. 100%. When it came out, I thought it was my favorite. All right, Sparks, what do you got? Yeah, I really, really uh, enjoyed it when it first came out. I remember what you're talking about with the Comic-Con stuff. That was crazy. We were all like, filmed for 10 days and they brought a trailer? They brought a, they brought a trailer that and then everything, so everything, good. Yeah. Everything else that ever came to Comic-Con after, like, Batman that v didn't Superman. bring anything, we were like, you're lame. Batman v Superman had been filming for six <laughs> months and they didn't show us anything. Yep. Nope. And we were just like, excuse me, yeah. Guardians, brought, brought, they, Guardians of the Galaxy brought a 10-day trailer. They, they were filming for 10 days. They flew the cast out from London yeah. to San Diego after, for 10 afterwards, minutes. Afterwards, they flew back. Back to London. Yeah. So that's a, like another 18-plus-hour flight, yeah. and they're like, they went back to filming Guardians of the Galaxy, which it's, one, it's definitely the, one of my favorite Marvel films, that's for sure. Yeah, and a couple, like, a couple years later, I think just after the movie came out, they announced they were going to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I wasn't wanna, long. I yeah. want to say that's... It was... Gar- it, I want to say it was like almost immediately. It was like, almost After that first weekend, they were like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, they, no, had, I, they, had, a, they had a little sizzle reel um, that, that, that had like the scene with, with uh, Thanos, like, I will, I will bathe the starways in your blood. Um, and then they had, a, they had a clip of James oh, Gunn. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was like the whole... It was like the whole Marvel stuff up to that point, and then it was like, "Hi, I'm Thanos." Yeah, mm. um, and Josh Brolin was the first time we Josh Brolin was cast as Thanos, right? Um, and then we, and then there was a bit where James Gunn and uh, Chris Pratt were talking about. It. It was like, man, they didn't invite us to Comic Con. It was like they're getting ready to film a thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, they didn't invite us to Comic Con. I know it's so, <clears throat> man. Wouldn't it be crazy if we just like announced that we're doing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? I know that'd be so insane. What wouldn't? It? Yeah, we're not gonna do that though. <laughs> And that was just the video. Yeah. It was like Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume Two. I was like, "Oh damn!" I think Guardians One is the one Marvel film I've seen the most in theaters. 
because I know I've seen Infinity. I saw it four times in theaters. No, yeah. I think I see because I know I've seen Infinity War twice. <clears throat> I saw Civil War twice. <clears throat> I want to say I saw Spider Man once. You and I, um, you and I. That was gonna, I was gonna bring this up because I saw it with Fanny. I saw Guardians with one of my best friends, Adam, and then you and you and I went and saw Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z: Battle of the Gods. Yes. We were at dinner at TGI Fridays across the street, and you, you son of a bitch, I said, well, "Let's go see Guardians of the Galaxy." To see Guardians of the Galaxy in IMAX <laughs> 3D. Doesn't sound more, so bad. So the more there was expensive. A t- there was a nine o'clock showing, so we wouldn't have gotten out of the theater until like. 10 or almost midnight. Yeah. I still had to drive to Diamond Bar at the time. Yep. So that was another hour plus yeah. drive for me. No and regrets. This mother effer. No regrets. No regrets. No that regrets. was actually the same theater you and I went and saw the preview for it. Yes. Nice. Yes, it was. We, we, we had seen a preview. We saw a preview. We did. We got, uh, we got I had, a, I had a poster a, up yeah, there we did. of that preview. I, uh, I have a vinyl album of this, po- of this, of this, of this uh, of the soundtrack? movie. When we, uh, when we watched it. Look at you guys owning soundtracks from this movie you can't play. Go on, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> that is, hey, I you're have, absolutely I bought, correct. In my defense, <laughs> I bought the CD. I, mean, I bought the deluxe edition of the CD. Mm-hmm. But, but you still have the cassette pen. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Zara has it. a vinyl player. <laughs> Hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it took me five years. <laughs> well, look at you. You can play it. I, I saw this movie at midnight, and when we watched it, I brought a piece of memorabilia that I won <clears throat> Oh yeah, from that night. Yep, yep. Uh, there was a trivia contest, and I was the only person in the crowd who knew who directed Guardians of the Galaxy because I was a film buff. James Gunn. James Gunn. And oh. nobody else raised their hand, oh, so that? I have a giant standee that oh, says Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we watched it, you brought it out, and it was chilling on was chilling. Uh, Blink's Catchery. All right, let's get into it then. So, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it opens. It opens like with me crying. Uh, I'm like, yeah. cool. Well, thanks, James. Great, great, great opening. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the only films with a cold opening before before the, like the the dun, 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 the, the Marvel. The Marvel uh, it was it was the first. I was gonna say because yeah, cause no, like, no, came it after, was the right? second. It was the second. Avengers it? did it too. Okay, Avengers yeah. did it too. Avengers did it with the other. Yes, explaining the. The Tesseract and yeah. all that, and mm. it's got the um, the new Avengers the, at the time the new Marvel Studios logo by Brian Tyler, mm-hmm. which was a little sil- um, had the the fanfare. It was silver. You could still see the the comic p- page flips. Yeah. It was, and um, then it went silver. Then the Marvel Studios logo pops up. It uh, by Brian Tyler for Thor: The Dark World. He desi- designed that one. This is completely irrelevant, but we didn't mention the sh- in the Shazam review that they didn't do the Worlds of DC thing. You're right. Oh they yeah, didn't. we didn't. They didn't oh, have they, they didn't have all the the superheroes and stuff. No, Spoiler it, alert for that. <laughs> but that's the <laughs> credits for the movie. I that's full spoilers, by the way, for all these films. Yeah. I should just say. Um, um, yeah, in man. Case anybody Guardians cares. of the Galaxy. It's about a boy who gets uh, gets space great, invaded. Great opening. It, it opens with Peter losing his mom to yeah. cancer. That that's sucks. Harsh. That hurts. That, that that's damn sucks. tumors. That's us. That's like one tr- one ticket to Sadville, please. Mm-hmm. And then and then follows it up with the musical intro, opening of the credits. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, you um, to to come and get your love. Yeah, I yeah, I love the come and get your love sequence. This was the the Guardians films are the only Marvel films to do opening credits. Are they really? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Ryan yeah. and I noticed that yeah. while we were marathoning it, uh, they're the only ones that do like a directed by James Gunn, starring Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. Zoe Saldana at the top. None of the other Marvel movies do that. I had noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they're all and they're both musical numbers. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. the opening sequence of him on. Um, What's the planet's name? Morag. 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 Uh, where he's playing, where he plays "Come and Get Your Love," and mm-hmm. like that's that's everything you need to know. That's it. That's the opening of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like you know who this character is, but silly. He hasn't even said a word mm-hmm. yet, right? 
And I, I love that si- mm-hmm. type of visual storytelling. Like, you know, he's a bit of a dick. He's kooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kicking those little He's kicking the little, little guys, little doing a cool little dance. He, he, he grabs one of them, uses them as a micro. Like, yeah. the second he... I love animal thief. abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But the second he walks in... <laughs> hey, Ben, I don't think he actually likes I know, him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fake nerds don't condone rat abuse. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he, he walks in... Speak I wanna, for yourself. What I love We're about We're going down a rabbit hole. I'm going to take us. God damn it. What I love about the opening of Guardians is that cuz we had no idea like like we knew from the trailers that uh um uh ah, this 1972 Hooked on a Feeling. Hooked on a Feeling. Hooked on a Feeling was going to heavily was, in the trailers. Was, oh yeah, heavily influenced. So we, knew, so we knew that song was going to pop Man, up that somewhere. that became a fun joke for many people including yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> but Damn, this whole soundtrack when we f- he first puts on the mu- the headphones and the music starts playing and it's like Guardians of the Galaxy and it's like the second that happens, I was like, man, this movie's gonna be kick. Hey, what's ass. your favorite version of Hooked on a Feeling? David Hasselhoff's or Blue Swede? Blue Swede. I mean, as a as actually a good song, yeah, Blue Swede. Oh, you're wrong. It's David Hasselhoff. But as a oh my god, this song, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I really like David Hasselhoff. Like, of course you do. You like David Hasselhoff. I do. It's our dude Hasselhoff. Hey, he's, oh, he'll, he's always going to be my Nick Fury. That's later. Right, well, we lost Brandon for five yeah, minutes. So um, let's talk about the intro of Yondu. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, that whole, that whole thing where, Pete, where, they, where Peter gets like this random orb, we also see the Beta Ray Bill skull alien. His, uh-huh. his species is in the, has a skull there, yeah. Yep. Morag. And then he gets the orb, his like, cool space stuff, and then finally... Um, we didn't know the orb was an Infinity Stone going into no, this movie. No. no we, it, we, he just, I was just we like, didn't know we, Infinity Stones were in the movie. Yeah. Um, we what, didn't know Infinity Stone. <laughs> 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 what was a uh, Jimon Hansu's uh, character? Korath. 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 Yeah. Korath comes in. He's like, "Okay, Star Lord." <laughs> also, he's like, "Ninja Turtle, you better stop poking me with that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I well, I like um how honestly like I like how dated his references are. Yes. Well, because he grew up in in the I know, 80s, but yeah. all he had. Well, I he know, was abducted like in what eighty nine. Yeah. They don't take that. They don't go too far with it. It's just. You know what? What? What would he know? Ninja uh-huh. Turtles. He would know these. His songs. references stopped at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah, how yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Like I, I like, I like that a lot. Uh, I think uh, so this script was written by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman, uh-huh. um, and I think that those two built a script that is probably one of the strongest in the MCU. I agree, one hundred percent. Sure. I think each character has so much heart in them, mm-hmm. so much character. Um, the character dynamics are are, are amazing. Um, I really, I really feel like everything about how these characters interact and are written is is borderline perfect. Yeah, I this is definitely one of the few Marvel movies where, um, where I like I don't have many complaints, and this is like almost a like Shazam situation where like the villain isn't the strongest, but everything else is so good, uh-huh. like it it doesn't detract at all. Like all sure. the good stuff is like man, like who cares about that guy? Let's just <laughs> focus on the raccoon. That's cool. Yeah, Ronan. Who cares about Ronan? Yeah. It's although so although I really like his intro, uh, yeah, with oh, yeah. the ceremony, yeah, uh-huh. I like they it call even me more. I like terrorist. it even more post Captain Marvel, yeah, yeah. They call me a terrorist. Oh, mm-hmm. well, a little why are we, why are we being Mandarin? I went a little Mandarin. <laughs> Stop with the Mandarin. <laughs> That's Some, a lot I prefer to think of myself as a teacher. A terrorist. <laughs> hey, 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 I think I could do a good run in because I obey the ancient laws of my people. That's not bad. Okay, not terrible. No, I will not. Don't keep going. No, I'm done. No, sorry. <laughs> Damn. Sorry. You got you. Um, yeah, the um, 
Ronan's introduction is real cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how he just like slams the Xandarian's head in. Oh, uh, I will cleanse it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, no, I would cure it. I would cure it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I think everybody, uh, every character in the film has strong intros. Yondu. Yeah. Glenn Close. Gamora. Glenn yeah. Close. Glenn Close is prick. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like Link Close a lot. This movie. John yeah. C. Riley, even John C. Riley, and um, uh, Peter Peter Serafinowicz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All man, this guy's real good. Yeah, man. Every every everything in this movie is like rock solid good. What a bunch of a holes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stan Lee's pervert cameo. Yeah, he's talking to a, where he's grade ta- A prevert. Where he's talking to a. Younger I did not woman. expect. I remember the first time I watched it. I didn't expect Rocket and Groot to show up where they did. When they did, yeah, that was surprising. I, that all of a sudden there they were, and I yeah. was like, "Oh man, yeah, yeah. We're, we're here." They're, I didn't think this was all right. <laughs> they're introduced as just people, as yeah. just characters. Yeah, like there's no there's aliens on an alien. There's planet. nothing. Get notified of a bounty from Yondu. Yeah, yeah. I, I th- Rocket, Bradley Cooper puts so much heart into Rocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he's so good. He as actually, Rocket. he's actually trying. Yeah, and I, I think. You know, and Vin Diesel also does a really good job with Groot. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he there's does. there's I a mean, lot of talk about the, a lot of the work a lot of people say like, oh, anybody could do Groot, and I'm like, go to the Guardians of the Galaxy ride and listen to the person who plays Groot there because Vin Diesel is not doing it, and you can tell. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Ro- I, I just want to talk about Rocket. So Rocket is my favorite character in the MCU. Okay, no Captain America's. <laughs> Rocket is my second favorite character in the MCU. It's this man from World War II, or it's a talking raccoon. Yep, one of the two. Uh, Rocket, I think. I think James Gunn clearly puts a lot of heart into Rocket because he he he's told, said before he identifies with Rocket, um, and I think that that really shows. It shows especially in, in two, but it, it, there's I was a bit say of his an, past tweets definitely show that. Yeah, uh, it shows. A, <laughs> you move, oh, okay, <laughs> Rocket's a little bit of a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> it shows a little bit of. It shows a little bit in the in this film, and I really, I really identify with Rocket mm-hmm. in 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 the way that I'm such a tiny little furry guy. No, I'm kidding. You're very um, tall. <laughs> um, Rocket is such a, it's 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 a, it's a miracle that Rocket Raccoon works, right? To, because there's so much heart and investment from Gunn, from Cooper, like they 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 do the legwork to make Rocket feel like a fully fledged person it's 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 a huge investment because it it's like for us like we like fantasy stuff like we we're sure we can accept a talking tree for regular people they see a talking raccoon man that's a real big push for them yeah but this movie made a believer out of everybody my mom knows who, who rocket raccoon is right that's insane that's <laughs> that's my barometer when my mom knows who you are then you really made it mm-hmm. and I, like <laughs> like really because like that's, does your mom know who we are no. Oh, damn it. She doesn't know. We haven't made it. Yeah, we haven't made it. No. No. But like, I went, sorry, real quick. I, when I saw this at midnight, I also went with a, with a friend who's not an MCU fan. Sure. And this was, and I was like, this is the barometer of this movie is great if he likes it. And he loved it. And right. he doesn't care about the other movies. And I'm yeah. like, this is, the, this is it. This is a really good film uh, to introduce people to the MCU. Yeah. It's wholly disconnected from everything else. Sure. Um, it, it has a visual style all its own. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it does. That's for sure. <laughs> there is, there is nothing in the MCU that is like the Guardians films. Yeah. Just in general. And because I feel like they were able to, much like with Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, when they did Guardians of the Galaxy, the the editor-in-chief of of uh, Marvel at the time said, I don't like Cosmic. Do whatever you want. I don't care. So Abnett and Lanning were able to reinvent and make Cosmic Marvel some, something really great. Hell yeah. A similar thing happened with James Gunn. Kevin Feige obviously cared about these characters, but said, do whatever you want. And James Gunn was able to give it a unique and different visual style. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and it's and it shows. There's a lot of love that was that goes into this film. It feels fully fleshed out. It feels like you just watched the new star the new Star Wars. Like this is the Guardians of the Galaxy. If it wasn't part of the the larger franchise, probably wouldn't have done as well. But it could be considered uh, on the scale of a Star Wars. Yeah, I. Uh... Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think if if this wasn't tied to Marvel, I think like if this was his own weird space movie, I think it would have been just as successful. Sure. Um, because like it's it's got all the ingredients for a great movie. Right. Like like just like Star Wars, right? It's got space stuff. It's got crazy monsters. It's got and like characters. Star Wars, it feels lived in. Yeah. It yeah. feels like you. This is a world. Mm-hmm. It's not. We didn't just come into this world like Star Trek. I'm as much as I like Star Trek, but it, it's clean. It's fresh. It's whatever. It feels like you just walked on to Star. Do we know Star the, Trek. the Guardians make a billion? No. Okay. Guardians. But it made a lot of money. It right? did. It like okay. six hundred million. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think. Again, like like for me, like the guy who like I can't believe this is still happening. Like again, this was the one where it did they made a movie, but they also made it good, and it relates to to the whole world. And I'm like, Marvel did it. This was the real test. A talking raccoon. You can have wizards. You can have Thor. You can have Captain America. A talking raccoon on the shoulder of a talking tree shooting yeah. a machine gun. And he only says three words. Honestly. You could, dude, like, they could literally. And those three words are going to make you cry no, by the end no of the movie. No joke. I, without, like, Rocky Raccoon and, and Groot, like, Mr. Mind is something that c- might not ever work. Sure. Like, sure. you have to accept a lot of things to have a little <clears throat> talking caterpillar, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I think. I think yeah. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is super important. I want to say that if Avengers didn't really truly get you onto the whole MCU train, I'm, I feel like Guardians did. It's just different enough where, like, yeah, yeah if it's, that's it's not your enough, cup of tea. Cause, yeah, because yeah, it's like, oh, if you're tired of superheroes, here's a bunch of douchebags in it's space. A bunch of criminals. Yeah, here's yeah. a bunch of guys in space doing space stuff. I love like, the, really, the only major. Con- <laughs> no, you don't. I call- <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm actually really glad I missed that. But the only major connective tissue to the rest of the MCU is Thanos and the Infinity Stones because we know they're going to play a bigger role down the line. And again, if you don't know anything about the MCU, uh-huh. then then Thanos is just a, a yeah, bad guy he's who just people work for. Who it's sits just on the throne and he's bad dad. Yeah, bad, yeah. bad dad. dad Thanos. Who just sits on the throne and it's like, Thanks, dad. really bright purple. And he's like, and you alienated my favorite daughter, Gamora. Dad, I'm right here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Poor Nebula. I can't move this chair. It's not my time Let's yet. Talk about, can we talk about Thanos real quick? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Thanos, you know, we talked about in our Infinity War um, uh, review special uh-huh. that... Thanos's characterization, I don't think it's unfair to say, is inconsistent. One hundred percent. It's he. It's evolved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in this film, he's like, yeah, I'll wipe out all of Xandar if you give me the Infinity Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he in this movie, they weren't they hadn't settled on the wiping out half the universe to save whatever. It's still it's, and he later did wipe out all of Xandar. He did wipe out yeah. all of Xandar. Well, yeah. I know he decimated Xandar. Did he kill? All of it? I think it's meant. I've, I think decimation is supposed to reference like he effed them up real bad. Okay. Not just not that, just the fifty percent. Hey, look, I, look. If Glenn Close is still alive, I'm okay. I'm not convinced. We, okay, <laughs> uh, real quick, just on that, Ben. We know that he doesn't actually live by the half and half rule because he killed all but one of the dwarves. Yeah. True. Yeah. He doesn't live by the half and half rule. It's a front. True. He's a bad person. Well, so, yeah. So he says. So he so he has tasked Ronan to give him to get him an Infinity Stone, uh-huh. and to do so he go do that puppet. He's loaned he out. Lost two already. I love that the other is in this movie. Yeah, and sure. Gets murked. Alexis Denisov yeah. from yeah. from uh, Buffy fame. It's just like lower your tone. <laughs> and he's like, neck snaps. Neck, Jeez. Neck, neck twisted yeah. it around. Did a, a full yep. three like a one eighty Al move. And Thanos is just like whatevs. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I like that they kill the other. Yeah, I thought I, that was real cool. And again, like. This is a very different Thanos to what we have now, but uh-huh. in 2014... He's also more purple in this yes. film. Uh, in oh, yeah, 2014, yeah. when I'm seeing this at like 1235, and that's mm-hmm. Thanos on the screen, I'm like, 
Holy shit. I wish they, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I wish they had kept the shade of purple. I prefer him at personally, I, his Infinity War look. To be honest, yeah. I, I think I'd be happy with somewhere in between. In between? Yeah. yeah. I think he's a little too taken away from that purple yeah. in uh, Infinity, Infinity War. War. Having seen Infinity War now, uh, I also think that that's a little too purple in Guardians of yeah. the Galaxy. I think somewhere in between would be a perfect yeah. perfect shade middle. Sure. I'm happy like I'm happy with all the looks that he's this had. Is my, this <laughs> has been my Thanos talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was really it was really interesting to see Thanos in this film because we weren't sure if he was going to be in it. And, yeah. and I would argue and stand by that until Endgame is done, I'm not wholly convinced that everything about who Thanos is represented to be in Infinity War is necessarily who Thanos is. Sure. That it means that Guardians of the Galaxy is now inconsistent. Because it was years ago. I don't know that that's true. I th- I still err to, I think that Thanos has kind of pushed himself into a front yeah. of what kind of person he is. He got a it's, sick tan. You know, you know, you were sa- you said you said, um, hey, we've made it. You know, this is the rocking rac- the, the the talking raccoon. Mm-hmm. You know what what got got to me watching this film the first time? There's a there's a, the severed head of a of a of a oh, celestial. Nowhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. A celestial. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time we see any mention of a celestial sure. in this franchise. Sure. The yep. fact that they went there. Uh huh. Is insane to me. And then they double down, and when and they have the, pow- the Power celestial. Stone sequence with uh-huh. the Collector, yeah, yeah. you see uh, Celestial destroy a planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he bad. You guys oh, are great. That was a Celestial. That's yeah. a Celestial. Yeah, with like the six, like straight the out of yeah. Jack Kirby's design. Hundred percent. The thing that's Ooh. like almost the size of Galactus. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's a Celestial. Okay, oh, yeah, I could dig it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he talks about the whole thing is like you know. Once long ago, uh, blah, 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 blah. Everyone, says, beautiful. Everyone in this movie is just so good. Benicio yeah. Del Toro is so fun in this movie. He is. I hope he's not dead. I really want to sh- see him and Jeff Goldblum interact. Yeah. They would, they, I think it will be a mistake if we never get to see that. Yeah. It's teased at the dang ride. There yeah. it is. They post, had, there's, a painting, there's a painting of them at freaking Disneyland. It's going to be one of my bingo cards. He's going to be finger cards. Brothers meet up. Uh, yeah, the fact that we see nowhere, obviously it's different than what we see in the comics. It's a mining It's a mining uh, place controlled by Tavon, who's yep. the collector, who is a, it was, um, an elder of the universe or whatever they're yeah. called, I think. Um, elder of the universe, you're right. We see, we see my favorite guardian, my, my favorite Cosmo? guardian from the, co- from the comics, Cosmo. Cosmo, Cosmo the dog. dog shows up. Cos- yeah. Wish we got a little more of Cosmo. Me too. I want to jump back a little. I want to talk about the, the scene where they kind of all come together in prison. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, think well, my I think everything that happens in the prison is really strong. One of my favorite things is uh, the establishment, how quickly we connect with Gamora because of how isolated she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That that representation and the way that they kind of all come together or around the, that. Or also some good moments for Drax when he takes, he's like, I like this knife. I'll take it. So that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah all those like, pr- all so those up there, cards. blinking yellow lights, that's a Quarnax barrier. We definitely need to get that last. Oh, man. Me, me, the me. prison yeah, escape yeah. sequence is one of the best action sequences I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. Yeah. It's also one of the best prison escapes I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's no, it's really good. It's a really I, it's a really well done. The, 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 I need piece. that guy's leg. Here you go. What a simple and cool plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like it. Uh, oh, we're this getting is, out. This is where it's established uh, for me that Drax is like going to be one of my favorites. Um, every moment of him in this film, I think, is fantastic. Just mm-hmm. do not ever call me a thesaurus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, like has, he has some of the greatest moments. Um, I am not a princess. Yeah, no- I do. I do like Drax a lot in this movie. Yeah, nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too quick. I'll I will catch, catch it. That's- <laughs> That metaphor one might be the best job. Yeah, uh, I like I like Drax a lot in this film. Mm-hmm. I like I like all of them, man. Gamora yeah. a lot. This whole this movie is. But but I think what was so genius is how 
through the prison scene and just before it, we got to know each of the characters yes. yeah. so well and how they worked with each other because we got to know like how hated Gamora was mm-hmm. and where she stood and what was going on with her, but we got it very quickly. We got, we got to know We got to know quick. so much about Rocket mm-hmm. just by watching Chris Pratt watch him yeah. when he got hosed down and yes. had the had the, the stuff cinematic. on his back. Yeah. yeah. Um that alone set up so much character for yeah. Rocket for the rest of the film going. A lot forward. of a lot of a lot of showing not telling. Hell yes. Yeah. When, when uh, it comes to character and character or, relations. Or even, or even as you're told something about a character, they are acting a moment that shows even more about what they're saying. Yes. I also love when Peter goes back to get his Walkman from yeah. the blue guy. Because yeah. it's the last thing he has of his mama. Yeah, but also yeah. he go, when he flies back, um, Drax is like, "This one show spirit companion. What have you achieved?" He gives him the Walkman. He will. Like, he will. It will be a, a. It will be a great ally in the fight against Ronan. Companion, what have you achieved? What have you retrieved? You are an imbecile. It shows them the thing. Behold. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Um, the Milano. We'll, we'll talk about it. Like, obviously, we're going to talk about Guardians too. But like, I think Nicole Perlman really reined in James Gunn on this movie because, like, I think I think this is a much tighter, stronger skip than the second one, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think without her being there, he had he kind of went a little crazier in the second one. Where I think this one, like, man, the character stuff is so tight. It is so tight. Oh, yeah. Like, there is no confusing any of these characters. You know exactly what their motivations are and who mm-hmm. they are. Sure. I uh, I agree. I uh, think uh, she's really good. The score is one of the best scores in all of the MCU. Absolutely. I Tyler think it's my favorite score. Tyler Bates has created, has created a th- right out of the gate, a theme for the Guardians. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. except Civil War, but that's its own thing. And, and no, not just a theme for the Guardians, but he plays it in, in every moment. When they des- when they're together, right, and it's and it's done in a way like, hey, they're the guardians, they're da, triumphant. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, I think it has the strong that the, they as a group have probably the strongest sense of a theme yeah. outside of the Avengers. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I agree with that. The Avengers have a really good theme. Yeah, the Avengers do have a really good theme. Yeah, um, yeah. Tyler Bates is really good in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, who knew J- this ha- James Gunn had this in him? I did. Like as a director, like, I've seen every single one of his movies before this. I only saw Super. I think uh, Slither, Super, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, he he's he, he does ensemble stuff really well, and this is like like all the other Marvel movies, like small directors getting their big shot. Like, but you uh, know so you know what what's interesting about this is you know a lot of the times when it comes to, um, and Marvel Marvel is is um, they love indies. Marvel is is uh, this is a problem with in, in, inside of Marvel. Um, we heard recently that a potential director for Black Widow said yeah. that I'm not said that I, I'm not going to do it because they have people to do the action sequences, and I think that that is a problem. But I don't think it's always the problem. And I think what you, it shows when it's just like this is James Gunn directing action. Mm-hmm. It feels like him. It feels like his direction. Sure. It, there's it doesn't feel like the second unit did the action sequences. And it I, makes I me, like that. It makes me wonder because. Guardians of the Galaxy is way less profile than like Black Widow, who is an established character. Mm-hmm. They're they're more controlling on Black Widow than they would a Guardians. Maybe, and we'll get we'll get to it we'll get to it in the later film. I yeah, think yeah. that uh, in in this section there is a movie that is rampant with it. Um, so we'll, we'll get to. Um, I'm just gonna say it because I'll forget Ant Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll forget if I don't say it now. Um, yeah, this 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 film is. I think this film is near perfect. Like sure. the the character, like as Ryan said, the character development is so tight. You really see them come together, and why? What you see them, how you see them become uh, allies re- uh, reluctantly, and then you see them form into friends. I right. don't think, I don't think there's a wasted moment in this movie. I don't think so either. I like love the sequence. It's a, it's a it's a solid probably two hours or so, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's and two like, hours. 
I every time I've watched it, and it's been a, I've watched this movie a lot. Like it, I never feel like it's dragging. Ever. No, I, I wish. Uh, it, like my biggest thing would be that I wish Ronan had a stronger. Yeah, I agree. Narrative yeah, yeah. presence. He's kind of a Savannah presence. I agree. Also. Yeah. Uh, well, what about the um? What about the the sequence? Uh, we haven't talked about Michael Rooker yet. No, I was about to bring him up. Michael Rooker plays a great Yondu. One of my yeah. favorite bits is uh, when he's doing the bully, bully, bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean Gunn is clearly cracking up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so, so uh, James Gunn did something that at the time this hadn't happened with Marvel. Uh, they would do this with Ant Man uh, again. Second reference to this film. Um, they brought in an old Guardians of the Galaxy character. The Guardians of the Galaxy used to be the Avengers of the 31st century. Yep. It was Yondu. It was... I don't remember all Man. their names. Can you... Uh, Vance, Vance uh, Astro. Vance Astro, Darkhawk. Um, the, the, pl- the Plutonium guy. So, yeah, Yondu is a... Is a is Kind of a bowman. He's the Hawkeye right. of that yeah. of that Guardians of the Galaxy team, and He's it was old, man. old Silver Age Guardians of the Galaxy team. Well, he sure. has he whistles and, ima- and well, an arrow in flies. the original comics is what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. In the original comics. So what James Gunn did was he was able to reinvent the character, and it worked really well. It works really well to be an old an, an older mentor to. Uh, Quill and yeah. he is a Ravager and he expands on that and I think one of the best things about the second one is that he expands on that yeah. with the original Guardians I agree um, and I, I really I really like how he reinvented Ronan uh, not Ronan um, Yondu. Yondu I just flanked on his name <laughs> and Michael Rooker plays the character so well mm-hmm. like the, the repeating of, of uh, when we first picked you up there we wanted to eat you yeah they ain't never had yeah. Terran before ain't yeah. never had Terran yeah could um, fit into small spaces Good for thieving. Yeah, and I, I really like how he convinces them to 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 team up with them. Yeah, and oh, I don't, I know, I don't want to like, I don't. That final action sequence is it's amazing. really good with the dark aster and everything. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, like the like the the shield of ships. Yeah, on Xandar. What I really I like love is how they reinterpreted the the Nova Corps. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. So like, I was really worried, like just them talking about the Nova Corps, because like Rich Rider, the, like the original Nova, he becomes Nova because the Nova Corps is destroyed. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess they could just not have Nova, but then things happen later in this franchise where uh-huh. I'm like, oh man, they're totally just building up Nova right now. Mm-hmm. Nova Corps is great. I love it. Green Lanterns in space, uh, no constructs, they're cool. With mm-hmm. little ships. For the record, cool I ships. advised against this. Prove me wrong. They got my oh, dick message. God, I was going to say that. Oh, Even sorry. Glenn Close's hair is like in the shape of like a star. Uh huh. Yeah. And I never noticed that until like I looked it up and I'm like, Man, that's so silly. Even I love the, it. Even the city is in shape I of a really, star. I really like Langlos in yeah. this. Yeah. I also really like uh, John C. Riley. No, where yeah. he's yeah. like he and he says, and I'm quoting here that he's an a hole, but he's not a hundred percent a dick. And, then, yeah. and do you believe him? And then well, Glenn I don't Close. think anyone's a hundred percent a dick. No, no. Do you believe that he's here to help us? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, I got my dick message. Uh, I think probably my favorite scene in the film, honestly, is probably the scene where Gamora's explaining everything that was done to her by Thanos yeah. to Peter, mm-hmm. and they're standing out by a beautiful imagery of space. Yeah. yeah. And, oh. and Peter tells her about music and his, Kevin that Bacon? he got it from Kevin his mom. Bacon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's real good. My that's favorite, really good emotional my, core. My favorite rocket moment is just after that sequence. When he gets I was going to say, uh, like, uh, th- I know it is, because uh, it's, uh, right, it's followed immediately with uh, Rocket being drunk yeah yeah and uh-huh. that's one of your favorite rocket moments made. because yeah. he you, says he never asked to be made which is why brandon connects to the character so much yeah he's, it's just like he's like you all think i'm a monster it's like we don't think that you called me vermin yeah, yeah. you called me rodent and it's like uh and the i didn't ask to be made line mm-hmm. is just so resonant with me it, it's like that solidified the character as like my favorite character also we skipped over pelvic sorcery yeah the pelvic sorcery is a great moment group giving a flower to the little girls mm-hmm. also yeah. a great mm-hmm. moment 
Um, I do think there's a there's a there's there's one line that I can recall right now that doesn't work in this movie. No matter what, how many times I see it, it just doesn't work. It's the horror line that Drax says to Gamora. So there's a reason for that, and it's because um, originally there was another scene in the film mm-hmm. where um, there was supposed to be an allusion to her being a prostitute. She was mistaken as one, mm-hmm. and Drax would have been there for it and was mistaken the metaphor. I see. And that line was supposed to be a follow-up to it, and then that original line was cut. Mm-hmm. So now that line doesn't make sense. Is it where he goes? But they didn't reshoot that scene. It's when they're walking like, through. That green saying, like, is my friend too. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and as, the only reason yeah. I know that is because Lindsay Ellis actually did the video on Guardians 2. And in there she explains that she she hates that line there. But she also knows that it exists because the early there was an earlier line that would have set that up. Mm-hmm. That line got cut, but that scene in the film had to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's just that. Unfortunately, there's just that line that doesn't have the previous and vision does, of why he says it. Because without that scene, it doesn't make any sense. Because if he's Correct. completely literal, why would Correct. he say she's a whore? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a mistaken uh, identity thing that happened there where Drax misunderstood. Yeah. And and just thought that was true because he doesn't get metaphor. Yeah. Uh, and but then that, he, well, but and then that he, would have been earlier, but that was taken away. Yeah, but then he blasts Nebula and says, no one talks to my friends that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I mean, like, that's, that's a great a, moment, but it doesn't... Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Like, that, that green horror moment is unfortunate because it feels yeah. Very out, out of place. place. Yeah, and not, I, just, not just out of character, just out of place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's too bad. It's too bad that they couldn't either reshoot or redub or whatever. Yeah, because you, you imagine that that's something that happened long after in the edit, and then you can't take away the scene where he's saying all that there's really no way to cut that line out. And you don't want to do a bad ADR. You don't want to do yeah. a bad ADR, so there it is, and there's nothing you could do about it. I can I can understand how yeah. how difficult that was, especially because like reshoots is not just like, hey, get everybody go to this location. It's like get everybody back in the makeup. That's expensive. Hey, get everybody yeah. back in the yeah. Hey, but you know what? You know what? The other thing is, um, the Marvel franchise outside of Thor: The Dark World has never really had major reshoots, if any. Yeah. Like I don't remember. No, any. I don't think that's happened really. Yeah. Yeah, it's very rare for them to, to have the to have uh, at least major reshoots. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Now all blockbuster films go through reshoots. Like all films, they need to like tie it, fill in some things, but mm. very rarely do they need like massive reshoots. No, yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree with you that that, that's a little unfortunate. Uh, Benicio's Tavon is delightfully weird. I know we were talking about him earlier. I love him. His explanation of Infinity Stones is awesome because yeah. it's it's exposition, but it doesn't feel like junk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I think even the Casey Casuals can be like. Ooh, that's yeah. what a stone. And we see the we see the nothing, tesseract. Nothing the prior to that <laughs> had explained it as well. Yeah. Even Odin's moment in Thor: The Dark World wasn't as concise and visually uh, clear mm-hmm. and stimulating as what Tavon did. We knew that the ether was was an Infinity Stone from the from from Odin's, Dark World from yeah. Odin's uh, description. Did we know that the tesseract was at this moment? Um, no. No. Because I, I, it's I don't it, think so. Is this we, the first time we get the inkling that the Tesseract is a Tesseract? Boy, case? I don't, I don't I think so. Thor the Dark World is because... Um, no, I'm, I'm talking about, like, is this film the first time we see the Tesseract as an Infinity Stone? Yes. 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 Yeah. I think so. I'm going to say yes. I don't remember it happening before. I don't think so. Because it didn't happen in, a, well, in, they mentioned, in Avengers. Well, no. they mentioned two Infinity Stones at the end of Thor the Dark World. Because he said it's not safe keeping two Infinity Stones, meaning the Tesseract. Oh, yes, he's right. In the oh, post-credit yeah. scene, when they bring the ether, he says uh-huh. that is the moment. You're correct. Yeah, because wow. they brought when, the ether when, to Tavon, to Tavon yes, and said, yes. "Yeah, you know, it's not safe keeping two Infinity Stones," and that's why he says we don't think it's wise to keep two Infinity Stones in the same place. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's yeah. and, but well, because that's when people was like, "Oh shit, that is that the Tesseract is an Infinity Stone," yes. but we didn't know what he's story right. it was. Good it's the space stone. Job, nice. Yeah, um, he's y- correct. Yeah. Uh, also. The cl- that's good because yeah. everybody went oh the uh-huh. tesseract the, yeah 
the um the first time we see we see Tavon in in this film is like your species do have elbows do they not mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah then use them yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love that sad but little dark elf sitting in his cage I know uh-huh. there's there's a there's a Tatari there's a dark elf there's a, there's a bunch of fun there's a lot of stuff there's the uh, slither what was supposed there's to be Adam Warlock's cocoon Adam I mean Warlock. not not Adam Warlock's <laughs> cocoon <laughs> what at the time was supposed to be Adam Warlock's cocoon yeah. that's okay um. When when Ronan gets summoned later and they're they're in the attack, I really like the way that Peter works out the plan to just smash through the ships because he realizes that they can, you know, they can rip through their ships. Yeah. yeah, the way he relates that to Rocket, that's one of my favorite things. Is like just that kind of like, hey, I figured this out, and Rocket's like, that makes no sense, and it's like, I'm just saying, fly through them. Yeah, just fly through them, and he's like, oh, he, he even pilots one with the with the with the crane with the arms. Yes, yes. Yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> a ship inside of a ship. That's yeah, that, that was, was cool. really cool. That's Ship's a great reception. moment. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a cool that's a cool chase sequence, uh, and then say bye. And then uh, then like beautiful Drax, he's just out for revenge. So yeah. what does yeah. he do? He calls Ronan uh-huh. to their location. Uh, oh, I buddy. I actually really like that part. I of the do narrative. too. I'm just like um, it's so sad. That's one of my favorite Rocket moments personally. Is uh once once he's done that and you know he's driven by it and then Rocket's like everybody's got dead people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, everybody. Boo-hoo. It's no excuse to go and get everybody else dead. Yeah. yeah. Or the bit really love it. Or the bit at the at the end of the fight when he comes through Groot and Rocket, and he's just like, "Okay, we're leaving. We're leaving." Groot's just like, "I am Groot." No, I, of course I don't want to. Uh, you're making you're me making kick grass. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that that the way that Rocket presents that scene with Drax, yeah, convinces me of Drax's turnaround on how driven by his vengeance he is. Hey, there's a reference to his to Rocket's friend, the Otter, in uh, the kiln scene. Yeah, the uh, rocket. I don't remember the the, the otter's name, but uh, Rocket has a has a friend who's an otter, who's uh-huh. an anthropomorphic <laughs> otter, and uh, she's referenced as an alien, as a, not an alias, but a, a, a an accomplice to Rocket when they're doing the the uh, the when the processing. Oh, oh, okay. So like 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 the little otter name is yeah. There? So yeah. like the the processing actually has a lot of fun little yeah. clues and hints to the universe. Like, I think those are really uh, cool. Greets from Planet X. Or uh, whatever. Planet X. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's actually also one of my favorite Ronin moments of the few r- good Ronin moments there are is Ronin saying that he doesn't even remember the family yeah. Yeah. and brutally just taking Drax down. It's it it really pushes you to like. Hate Hate against Ronan and, yeah. and dislike him, and uh-huh. I and he doesn't get enough of that in this movie. But that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I I like all of the fan- foundational work for Gamora and Nebula's relationship in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, it's it's just enough. It's just enough. You know, yeah. it's just a little less, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be there enough. But it's just there enough. I will say there is one editing mistake, and I brought it up to you guys, and it's on the Dark Aster. <clears throat> it's when Nebula confronts them when the Guardians yes. get on the ship. And Drax just blows her up. Oh yeah. There's a huge editing mistake because they all go to a separate level, and then Nebula is waiting for them on that level. Like she reconjoins herself and then stands up, and then the Guardians meet her. Like and then Gamora meets mm. her again. Like the, the logistics of of how that happened don't make any sense. Do you remember? You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah, it's a, it's this it's the section where Drax shoots Nebula. Yeah, to the other it room. looks yeah like that that but that other room does like is. It, it is it not in the same space. Not even in the same space. It, it, it they're they're like two different, different sections of the ship. When in she's a way. putting herself back together, she's on a completely different s- side of the ship. Yeah. When when she meets Gamora, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar thing to what Brandon brought up in Avengers, where I think it was you when we were talking about Avengers and Captain America was supposed to be in the room. Yeah. But they make it look yes. like he just walked in the door. It's a similar kind of editing thing, but that one is less noticeable than this one. It's just super uh, noticeable. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, I've also seen this movie. A bunch, doesn't so doesn't ruin the movie. It's just not oh man, what happened there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter's rescue of Gamora. 
in space is beautiful, yeah. both visually and emotionally. I love how they how they do the space um, stuff, mm. the the, sp- and the freezing, the, yeah. how the how the ice will build on them slowly. Yes, I like that a lot too, and I really like that uh, Peter kind of makes humor out of it once they are saved. Yeah, and he says it was very heroic of yeah. me yeah. Uh, to kind of make it less self-serious mm-hmm. uh, than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think this movie is uh, one of the one of the top five Marvel films. Yeah. Of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like, I really like all of them realizing, like acknowledging and recognizing their friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they're in the room together and decide, you know, it's worth, it's worth dying with your friends. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. We're all standing up. When, uh, when we're all standing like a bunch of jackasses. When, oh yeah. The, how much, it's like, I have a plan. How much percentage of a plan? 12%. 12%. That's not even a concept. It's barely it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or it's like, um, we just figured that out. Like, we just figured that out. When did we figure that out? Like three seconds ago. I wasn't listening. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. to something else. <laughs> Blowing us up is not saving us. Yeah. yeah. Um, that whole thing is like, well, at least we'll die together. Uh, the assault on Ronan's ship Such a good is success. really awesome. The whole plan where the Nova Corps comes up and makes a, a kind of net to catch it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That is awesome. Yeah. That is one of my favorite the whole visual space things mm-hmm. ever. The whole diversion with the with the giant explosion in front of the Dark Aster, and everyone's just kind of like, what's happening? And man, when, when Yondu just yells, submerge, and they all go down, and you dang, yeah. dang, 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 it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Man. And and on that same section, like, what a brutal tactic when they start dive bombing the city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but what a great what a great hero moment for Rocket for the Ravagers when they all come when they all come up and start shooting the yeah, yeah. Sh- shooting the people. 100%, 100%. And then and then Peter, you know, Rocket's Rocket's sadness that Peter Serafinowicz yeah. is dead. That Pe- entire net blows up and when, all people die. When Peter Serafinowicz yells out yells out to Rocket, Rocket. Uh-huh. and he's like, "Hang on, Saul, hang on." And he just blows up and I was like, "Whoa, that's yeah. that's powerful stuff." Yeah. And it's a talking raccoon. You guys. Uh, yeah. It's a talking. Oh, I love how he's like. I can't believe I'm taking orders from a hamster. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, the voice wh- of Darth Maul, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. oh my god! Real, real quick. The original voice. Real quick. Did you hear how he got completely screwed over for Solo? He got screwed yeah. over by Lucasfilm twice. So yeah. he recorded all of his lines for Solo. He was at the premiere for Solo. They didn't tell him. They cut him and put Ray Park's voice over. So he saw the Sam movie. Whitworth. Sorry, Sam Weber, sorry. The, so the, the, the animated which, voice. Which they should have just made that call much earlier. That's, so that, that is unfortunate. Peter Seraphine, Seraphine goes to the premiere and watches the movie, and he's not in the movie. And they didn't tell him. Those. It's okay, Saul. You, you're in Guardians. Oh. You're fine. He was screwed over by Lucasfilm twice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. That was brutal. <laughs> um, um, oh, dance off, bro. Yeah. Me and you. Hey, what do, what do we think about the, the, the dance off moment? Where he's trying to distract. Uh, I Ronan. really like it. I did too. At, at first, yeah, you would, no you would think it. that's a cringy moment in the movie because, like, yeah. there are parts in movies where you just see what's happening. You just, even you, you just like close your eyes and like, oh god, I don't want to watch this. Like, you're supposed to be baffled, like Ronan. My, yeah. my, but my, I love my how manager. The reason why I bring it up is because yeah. uh, our old manager at the at the comic book store, he, he would bring up that that was the worst part of the movie. That he was saying it, it completely takes you out of the movie and blah blah blah. Uh, and his whole argument was because they were saying that. It's a sci-fi trope that there's no other kind of music in 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 this in this universe. I never I never interpreted that scene that way. There's always music playing in this film. There's always alien music and human music playing in this film um, at the, at the bar and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not meant to be. Ron is not meant to be like. What is what is it that you're doing? He's saying, why are you doing this right now? He's, he's, he's yeah. causing distraction. He's. He's baffled yeah. by the fact that this person is dancing in front yeah. of him. It's, it's and not only that, but he's also saying, ooh, child. He's like, ooh, 
Hooch? Well, he doesn't know. Well, what he doesn't means. know what Hooch child yeah, is. Yeah, but he's yeah. looking. at it, He's like, I love how um, Rodan is like, "What are you doing?" And he's yeah. like, "Dance off, but it's bro." But it's not meant to. And to to the point that I'm trying to make is that you know, for years I have I have I have kind of fought this argument that I don't think this film that I don't think that dance off is a bad moment in this film. Um, because moment. he would he would often he would bring those up those arguments that this that moment I feel like to a lot of people is misinterpreted as sure. like as Ronan saying what's music what's dancing he's saying like what are you oh not even much, at all yeah. much, that's, that's, uh, that's what I was saying that's, that's a terrible yeah, yeah. that's much, a terrible take much like um, much like take. something I'm going to bring up when we're talking about Guardians 2 controversial opinion uh, when we talk about the Pac-Man thing I don't have a problem with the dance off moment because yeah. it feels completely true to the character mm-hmm. of Peter yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, yeah I have no problem with the dance off yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like yeah again. No, I like yeah. the dance off part. I th- th- that's a funny moment, and also take, it, take my hand, Peter. Yeah. Oh man, oh, that man. really that makes me sad. That always that yeah. whole moment. Also, one of the best circles. visual and emotional beats of the entire uh-huh. film yeah. was the the Gamora becoming his mom and going back like oh what a good moment and yeah. the guardians then all standing together because they channel the power of. The I power love stone. that they all channel that they the, they channel the. You know what? Stone. How. It it could be a joke. It could be hilarious seeing Rocket's little hand coming up to touch Drax. But it's not. But it's done completely serious, and you buy it. Also helped a lot by the score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to say that the other pieces aren't doing the work, but that score Music also helps really helps uh, build that moment. Just and the fact that Rocket decides to go in and and, and help. Because mm-hmm. each time one of them touches the other, the the theme uh, it amps amp- up. It amps up. It yeah. amplifies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, also, we are group broke my heart. Yeah, yeah, the sacrifice of Groot. Yeah, Groot's every, sacrifice. It, bro- it broke everyone's heart. Everyone was crying. Yeah. when that when uh when Groot sacrificed himself. Yeah, R.I.P. Groot. Are, when he says we are we are Groot. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, that was that's that. Ryan, the Ryan fact and that I had made... to have a breakdown on like what the difference is between like Groot and Baby Groot. <laughs> I, 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 I know you. I know you don't stupid. like it. So Ryan does not like that Groot and Baby Groot are separate entities. I'm with him. I understand. It doesn't make sense. I, I compared it to a Piccolo Piccolo Jr. situation. I understand what you're saying, but it's never been that way in the comics, and it's really hard for me to, to I digest get it. That. I get it, and yet it is in the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, that's real, what's up. Real quick. Uh, so the one stick that Rocket picks up that turns into Groot, why is it that one specific stick? I think it's because it c- he planted it. So if you just if you so if you planted all of those broken sticks, would a hundred groots be born? Didn't didn't Megan explain this to you in relation to a type of plant? I, she named yeah, the plant. Yeah, and she said right. that, that that there's a plant where you take all the different pieces. If you did that, they would all grow into new plants. I also don't like. I forget the name of the plant that she brought yeah, up, yeah. but yeah, she did do that while we were watching it. Uh, also, I wanted to touch on that uh, Lee Pace may not be in this movie enough, but darn if he doesn't give hundred and ten percent every yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Yep. He's yeah. really fun in this. Yeah. Yes. Space Radio Shack. And then, of course, uh, I really like the ending with Novacore and Peter finally opening the gift from his mom. Yeah. yeah. It's got such a good full narrative arc for yeah. for uh-huh. multiple characters, but and especially for Peter. And a little bit of a tease, because we're, we're in a massive franchise, a little bit of a tease of like, wait, I'm not Terran? Yeah. 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 You know, and I like, even I like the, that. And even the, when he finally puts in the tape Awesome X Volume 2. And the, the setup with Yondu saying like... Yeah. Yondu and um, Kraglin talking yeah. and saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's a good thing we didn't take him to his dad." dad yeah, that guy, guy was, was an asshole. asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or what was the or uh, a troll doll? Yeah, uh, it was a troll. It was a troll doll. I also really yeah. like when 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 um, Daenerys Day, uh, John C. Riley, he's like, hey, "You saved my family. Uh-huh. Thank uh-huh. you." Yeah. And it was like, you know, here's the ship. It's like, thank you, Day. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also really, I like the the bit. It's like, just don't you know your criminal records are expunged. Just don't do any crimes. It's like, yeah. what if I? What if I find someone irksome and I decide to remove his spine from his body? It's, uh, that's, that's murder. Murder. Pretty much the worst crime you could do. And 
also illegal. <laughs> <laughs> what if somebody has something that I want more than they do? That's that's, that's stealing. That's stealing. stealing. Uh, Again, that's illegal. illegal. But sir, no, I no, want no, it sir, more. you don't understand. I want it more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't I have a conversation with this gentleman? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. It ends on a really strong note. Yeah, I, I agree. I love Gamora's oh. outfit in the at the end sequence. Also, I do too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think it's really, I like really... I like all their kind of new Xandar Guardians outfits. Yes. I also yes. really like when a uh, um, Jimon Hasu. I still Korath. Korath. He's like Star Lord, and Peter's like. Finally. Hell yeah! Every, yeah that's like great. almost every joke has a payoff later. Yeah, like it's, it's this is man. This and is a hell also of a movie. the thing that just broke that made everyone melt, all especially the Casey casuals. Because when I would talk about this movie with people who weren't hardcore comic fans like we are, they would not shut up about Dancing Groot. Yeah, man, so talk much. about merchandising. Merchandising <laughs> they made that money back. Holy crap! But just like even the scene when we first see Groot dancing to the Guardians of the Galaxy to uh, to um. I want you back by the Jackson Five. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, that's just so freaking adorable. So Why is are, that so cute? So there are two. So there's that sequence, and then there's the post, right? There's no mid credit sequence. Um, yes, it's the dancing Groot and the very end, and the and then the very end, the very and end. then the very end with Howard, with Howard, Howard the, the Duck. Duck. Okay, so I have a funny anecdote about the Howard the Duck sequence. Um, so Howard the Duck is at the end of this film. That shocked everyone because, um, yeah. like, holy shit, voiced <coughs> by Seth Green, voiced mm-hmm. by Seth Green. Um, one of the things. The second time I watched this movie, I was sitting there in the theater and this kid behind us had brought his family because he was super excited to see Guardians of the Galaxy and he's like and his family was ready to leave because they don't care about Marvel Marvel movies clearly and they're ready and they're ready to go. And this kid's like, No, 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 we gotta stay, we gotta stay and watch the post credit sequence because it's gonna be important for the next Avengers movie. Oh, they're gonna oh be in the no. next Avengers movie. We got we gotta save oh, wait, we gotta save no. for the post credit sequence. So I'm just kinda sitting there going like, Oh boy. <laughs> I hope it's important. <laughs> so so, so what happened? Boy, was he pissed. <laughs> the boy or the family? The boy. Oh. The, the, the kid was super pissed that he was just like, what the, what was that? What the, it was like his family Howard was like, come on, let's just go. Come Savior on. of the MCU. I thought that was, <laughs> I always, every time I watch Guardians of the Galaxy, I think of that. I think it's just hilarious. That's pretty good. All right, shall we move on to the next film in our? I yeah, just think uh, it's, again, like, we have a, like, Howard the Duck was in a movie. Like. Two. two in, yeah. Before, like, a lot of big DC characters. And yeah. I'm just like, I, it's not like like a battle between them. And I'm like, man. Well, how the duck has a has a solo what a film. Strange, yeah. What a strange evolution. What a strange evolution. Like I'm just saying, like like we just got Mr. Mind, which is sure. a psychic worm in a movie. Like yeah. we, we're just it shits off the rails now, guys. It's it great. really is. It's awesome. What a what a time. All right, then let's go on to the, the next film in our uh, order in our chronological in our chronological journey, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Ooh, yeah. This takes place. Like six months? Four months. Four months. Four months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So this one, you know what? This was a couple years ago, so I don't know if you guys want to do like initial thoughts what we think going into the film because it's, it's fairly recent. It was the only film in this journey that we've reviewed on the show. We have reviewed it. Oh, um, yeah, it's true. Uh-huh. Uh, back then, just some notes on it because I listened to it a little while ago. Yeah. Um, all of you thought it was too funny. Yeah. Uh, and almost all of you agreed that Drax was the weakest character in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all kind of wondered at the possibility that perhaps audience interactions had uh, affected how the balance of comedy was perceived by each of us when we went and saw it. That, you know, oh. because of the crowd we saw it in, um, we thought some some things didn't work mm-hmm. or worked wrong mm-hmm. uh, because of the crowd we were in and not necessarily because of viewing the film on our own, film on our own which now we've obviously done mm-hmm. yeah. away from it. So some things to think about as we're, we're talking about it. Um, also, some all, uh, pretty much. I think all three of you had issues with the. This isn't me attacking you guys. I no, just had a different had, opinion on this. Yeah. Fil- this one. From no, you I guys. remember you definitely liked it more than. Um, I. How dare you? I'm kidding. And uh, you, 
uh, problems with the third act that you guys had across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still pretty much set in. I mean, I, I don't think my opinions changed that much. I certainly like it more. Uh, I, I would say. I, at the time, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I could not tell you. I remember specifically I said, I could not tell you if I like this one more than the first one or about the same. Uh, I can tell you now, I I personally enjoy this film more than the original Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. Yeah. I, but I, but yeah. uh, a caveat to that, I also kind of see them as two pieces of one whole. Yeah. Um, for me. But I, I favor this one. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one this one changes uh, Ego into a Celestial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which he is not in the comics. No. Nope. Um. Yeah, in the in in the comics, he's just a floating planet with a head and a he's rocket a ship in his butt. Yeah, he's a big old uh, lo- living planet. And this, <laughs> he and goes this a living planet. One, and this one, they change him into a celestial, which yeah. I don't think is that bad. No, it's a truthfully the the only character change I dislike is Mantis. She has more of a character though. In the com- in the comics, she <clears throat> in the the comic book Mantis and this Mantis. I would argue aren't even the same character. She's oh, no. so different. I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I think she's we, improved on because I don't think she has much of a character. Yeah, in that's the a, that's actually another thing we did talk about in our old review because we talked about a Guardians of the Galaxy comic right at that time. We, yeah, because yeah, uh, and we we all were talking about how like at least with the Guardians of the Galaxy comic we were reading at that time, mm-hmm. we said that Mantis was translated much better in the film to have a character because she was just kind of a plot device mm-hmm. more than she's anything. like Ky- she's like a, she's a Kyrie in the comic. Yeah. <laughs> Milk toast. Milk toast. Milk toast. <laughs> I don't remember then because I, I think maybe I've either I've softened more on her characterization in the comic um, because I think I it's been a while. Truthfully, uh, I think I prefer her character in the comic at this point. And I'm not I'm not saying that across the board. Uh, you know all the comics because I haven't read all the comics that that that's the case. I'm just saying, like, w- the comic we were reading at that time, Yes, uh, we definitely felt like Mantis was just a plot device and not a real character in yeah. that comic. Mm-hmm. I remember that, yeah. She, I mean, in the in the comic, she's got not really empath- em- empathy powers, but more she can perceive the future. Yes. Um, she's much more stoic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, she's very naive, and it's almost like a child. Yeah, um, a little pet. Drax yeah, she's, she's essentially Ego's pet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drax... I still kind of have an issue. I think Drax is a little too much. <laughs> I think still wholeheartedly. I've like I've certainly lightened up because um, I don't know if you said it while we were talking or some one of the videos I watched, maybe Lindsay Ellis, but like Drax has opened up a lot more since spending time with Peter and all them. So like sure. I feel like uh, again rewatching this, like I'm not gonna say like I did a whole 180. I still think there's more humor in here than I would like uh-huh. personally. I think some not all the jokes land like Guardians One they do. Um but I've definitely lightened up on Drax. Like he's feeling much more comfortable with this group. He can just talk about his nipples because that's his nipples are sensitive. It's not a yeah, big deal I, to him. This was this was my big point was that yeah. Drax's Drax's role in the film never bothered me because I never felt like even even when the jokes didn't land, I never felt like he was saying anything that violated who he was as yeah. a character. They're not I always jokes. felt like he that's was a character. He talks. Yes. And I, that's something I've come around on. Right. I, I, I totally understand that. And I don't disagree. I just think bits like when she when he's gagging for too long at the thought of making love to Mantis. Like he that, that gag goes on no pun intended. I, I, I think that goes on a little too long. I can I can understand that. I th- I think they're just I think that I think what we're talking about, like the first film is I think tighter. The humor is tighter. The 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 character development is tighter. This film, while still I still good, and I yeah. I, I like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I think that some of the gags go on a little too long. Uh, some of the some of the some of the character developments a little too dragged. This out. is where it's I all, think it's all just like 
It's not even like a lot. It's just kind of like you go just like a, a smidge too far. I think this is where not having Nicole Perlman to help him, I think, rein in some of that stuff to be a little more heartfelt. Not that it's not heartfelt, of course. But uh, instead of taking the joke approach, instead of maybe a more personal approach, mm-hmm. I think she definitely helped with the script stuff. And him directing and writing this on his own, it's still really impressive. I think almost like a George Lucas, like when you don't have someone to tell you no, some of the ideas don't always work out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think that's and again, it's not it's And this is still like a really good movie. This is yeah. like we talk about the first one, like this film the color is ramped up to a to a ten. Uh this film has I, I think a more visual visual This movie looks uh, insanely good. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. this movie has a has a better visual style just in general. Um, the effects look real good still. Yeah. Um, the character development uh, is still good with Peter finding out about his dad mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I like the stuff between him and his dad, especially. And the uh, stuff between Rocket and Yondu, and too. The, the, man, this, again, once again, Rocket. <coughs> the stuff between Rocket and Yondu gets that's, me right, man, yeah. right in my and heart. And that's part of where like this one lands a little better for me is that the the overall theme and story that it's telling narratively is more what i'm about than the first film. sure yeah, not yeah. to say that i don't like the first film this is just more more hitting things that i really like family can, can we talk about my favorite scene then um which is no okay i'm sorry no go ahead um it's rocket and yondu in the jail cell sure that is my favorite scene of the whole movie just the biz like why didn't you give quill away it's like he was good for theme. It's like yeah that's the bi- that's the, that's the thing you sell mm-hmm. I, I like that one reason? i i really i always gravitate to uh yondu saying all the things about his life yes. that are like because I'm yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Or the or the bit with I mean Yandu is great in this movie. Like Yandu is fantastic in yeah. this movie. Oh yeah. When he when he sees the other Ravagers, when Sylvester Stallone yeah. mm-hmm. as Darkhawk mm-hmm. um and Michael Rosenbaum. Powerful scene. That's yeah. such a good scene is like how <laughs> I dare you fu- like I, it's really funny that like Michael Rosenbaum gets a credit in this movie and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. He stands there and looks he silvery. He stands there. I don't does he even have a line? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He says he, never he didn't left. he didn't let us down after all, Captain. Oh, at the very end. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he has one line. Yeah. I just think it's funny that like Michael Rosenbaum's in a Guardians movie. Oh no, he has like, two lines. Dope. Oh yeah, he says dope. Oh, yeah, dope okay. in the post credits. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um Yeah, I think the the bit with, with the whole sequence when and, and them going to escape escape to the third quadrant when they're just like uh, when they're trying to get his his fin and it's the whole gag with rock with um see some of the gags actually really work for me like I think the Groot trying to get all the different he brings uh, like a desk he brings a rat he brings a the, freaking toe the toe uh-huh. when it's just like when they're just like you wouldn't have an ice locker with sever with severed toes and it would, nope we're not gonna talk we're about just this. not gonna talk about <laughs> yeah. this yeah like that I think is so good and like the bit with the hat is like he wants you to he thinks he wants you to wear it as a hat <laughs> yeah. I am Groot good he hates hats good he hates hats yes not just so on you really on everyone yeah. like what? really that's why you hate hats I like that bit because it's just Rocket is just translating uh-huh. he's not even thinking about it until he's like wait that's why you don't like hats all the man like all the Yondi Ravager stuff. Like shouldn't work as well as it does. Like all of it. Taser like, face. T- Taser face. Like like uh, the mutiny on him and like Craglin yeah. yeah. going against him wanna, and then yes. being his friend at the end. Yeah, like I all wanna, that stuff. I want to get to that stuff a little more later. Okay. Uh, I want to go back to you know earlier in the film. Don't um, talk about the beginning. Yeah. I I want to. I think that uh, everything is really well written for the sense of the guardians still kind of. It feels like a four months in kind of bonding. Like they've lived on it. They've been on a ship together for four months, but they're still kind of figuring each other yeah. out. Mm-hmm. You're not BFFs, but you guys know each other. Definitely. And they're, yeah. they're raising Groot in the beginning. And, and they're bleeding. They're raising Groot throughout the movie. Yeah. And they're bleeding onto each other with their personalities a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, like uh, I like the sequence when they're when they're when they're trying to protect Groot 
uh, in the beginning of the of this when they're fighting the giant monster and Groot's just doing the other thing and they're stopping. He's like, Groot, don't do that. What are you doing? Yeah, um, he eats the bug and Rocket tries to get it out. Credit credit to Lindsay Ellis where she talks about that opening scene, which um, you didn't like in our initial review, by the way, Brandon. Um, you you felt like it was way too long. The initial um, the initial scene, interesting. Yeah, um, the, yeah, the opening music credits. Uh, oh, you felt that way. That's interesting. I really um, like it. Not that I'm calling you out. I'm just saying. No, I, just, uh, I don't remember. Call uh, him out. But, uh, as soon as Lindsay, we stop, as soon as, as soon as we stop recording, I forget everything. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Ellis uh, pointed out a great thing because uh, Hugo I nominated watched her video Ellis. on Guardians of the Galaxy too, and um, it has this. Uh, she pointed out that everybody, every single one of the Guardians members, has a parenting moment with Groot throughout the opening credits piece. Yeah, which like makes it more than just you know fun fluff. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that from from uh, from Groot's perspective. Yeah, I, I agree. Think that's a good sequence. It's obviously really fun. Um, the beast they fight is like one of the most colorful. He shoots rainbow, uh, rainbow blasts that that we've ever seen any of them face. Hell yeah. mm-hmm. uh, there's just a lot of fun in that moment. Obviously, we don't get to need to go super super detail. We've reviewed this before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really like that opening. I it I feel like it launches you in really well, and I do think that all the characters are written very well to feel like yeah. they are. They are growing off the bonds established in the foundation. The sovereign, of like the first th- film. they're they're just like a fun group of like antagonists. I think this ben is Ben Browder. I think this is yeah. yeah yeah love him. Um, I think Elizabeth this is Elizabeth Debrecki, who's our Frieza. I really want her to play Frieza. <laughs> really? Why do you think I, I want you, you to picture her as the sovereign, and then I want you to really think about her playing a Frieza. And I yeah. think it's really good. That's why I sent you a Tilda Swinton King Cold in a text for that uh, once. Because I was talking to these guys about it. Yeah, you, and you never meant You never questioned it. Yeah, you never I, questioned why he photoshopped Tilda Swinton's face on King Cold. I just figured he was just being... <laughs> it, was because, nope. it was because that day I'd said that I wanted her to play Frieza. Frieza. I was like, all right, so who's an older, established white actress who could play and, King Cold? Was Tilda it, Swinton. Was it you who said Tilda Swinton? No, it was no, me. No, it was, it it was, was me. Oh, yeah. right. Are Frieza's race just androgynous? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I think so. Um, like That's if you really, if you really want to get deep, like a trans actor should probably play Frieza. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for our Dragon Ball Z podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think uh, this was the second time, um, where I'd watched Guardians two so soon after Guardians one in like this kind of order thing, mm-hmm. and um, I think it, I think they fit like in that space really watch well together, rather together, than rather I than being so, so separated yeah. away. Yeah, I think that I think that helps watching them watching the two of them. It's one after the other. It's like Shrek one and two. It's a w- it's a weird comparison. It, no, no, no. But, I'm I'm with you though. But they they, they feel like they feel like two halves of a bigger story. Yeah, they complement each other really well, and it and it feels like you can just it's the you're still watching the same story play out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, agree with you. I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about something I st- I still don't like about the movie, but I've accepted. I still don't like, and it's not even the Pac Man thing. I don't like the story fact of giving Peter. These, these cosmic abilities only to take them away immediately. I don't think it adds anything to his character. You could still have the exact same dad narrative without giving him giant cosmic abilities that he doesn't do anything with. That's my opinion. He doesn't even beat him with the cosmic abilities. No, no he just distracts him. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I personally like uh, making Ego Celestial like that's they can do that whatever. It's not comics. That's fine. You can change things. But like I don't think it adds anything by making Peter part Celestial because especially after Ego dies it goes away. Mm-hmm. I don't think it adds anything. I'm I think, with Ryan. I think that the the key point of it is the fact that Peter makes the decision to not be that. Yeah, and stick with his friends. Yes. Yeah. But also, 
if they would have went the comic route where Jason of Spartax is an emperor of this legion, he, uh, Peter, come join me on this I- empirical quest. Nothing to do with superpowers. He still chooses his friends. No, sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. I I agree with you yeah. uh, that about that, but I do think that they didn't do that. Yeah. And he's a celestial here. And so this idea of Peter who has been up to this point in the film a selfish person mm-hmm. and making all his choices completely based in in uh, his own ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, but I mean, really. No, yeah. Ben, ben kind of went, oh, No, it's man. 100%. Um, ego but, is egotistical, yes, yeah. Yes, uh, it's, it's not a mistake in that regard. And yeah, yeah. him based in his own immaturity, it's the fact that he has been acting that way and he chooses to have all that power and say no. That's, I think that, that is the, the the point of it. Um, whether that completely comes across the way that it should, that yeah. that kind of depends on how you you interpret it. But I do think that is the point of him being able to use that power and then not have it taken away. Yeah, he gives it up. Yeah, I I I get that point. Yeah, um, yeah. I can I can concede to that one. Okay. Again, like I I don't concede. I mean, like I don't Fight like me, Sparks. I don't I don't like it, but I wouldn't have got the the. I mean, the, I just made my point. So <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten the scene of them throwing an energy ball together. That's and that's scene. clearly ego fucking with him, right? And like I'm, this is what you've always wanted. He made a, he made a statue of his mother. Yeah. And, yeah. No, I really like, love it. Yeah, I love I love all that stuff, and I think, and I think that that I I want to get more into it later because I uh but um I think that Peter. The power of that moment is Peter, and and I, I would argue that Peter is, in my opinion, one of the weaker characters in this film. Yeah. Yes, I would um, agree. With that. I think I think he's kind of uh, along for the ride of his own narrative, in some ways. Yeah. He's and, and I wish he's that were passive because he's to your point. He's he's being pushed into going to ego. He's being pushed to leave ego. Yeah. Like Gamora, Gamora is dictating Peter's narrative, which is why I think the moment of him fighting ego is important because that's the moment when he takes charge of the narrative of his story in the film. And it's the only time when he does it. Yeah, you're right. I I, I do really like the Yondu's save when Yondu and and rocket save Peter at the end and, and, uh, and fight, um, uh, ego. Um, especially because that, that's, that's more of kind of what I would have preferred the third act to have been was them, you know, trying to fight a celestial together yeah. uh, in this weird th- in this thing. Yeah. Uh, and the, the the sovereign kind of, I think the sovereign also ha- sit in a similar spot as egos as as Peter's celestial powers that they don't really serve a point for the narrative. But they're so ridiculously great. But they're so it, yeah, it's, it's so well done. I, I don't mind. They're it being just there. so silly and fun. Yeah. yeah. And the, the fact that they're there is so I mean that the, their narrative great... their narrative purpose is to um facilitate the the, the what will ultimately be Yondu's sacrifice at the yes. end of the film. They're the ones who cause it so that they have no other way of escape. Yeah. Uh and that's what ultimately and leads they, to Yondu's. They do have a sick y- ass sacrifice. Uh, like when Craglin is singing soup, soup, soup. and then and then they all start and just they start popping just down, popping yeah. in, yeah. just like in in this cool like that's hexagonal a really portals. Great moan. That's yeah. a really cool, and it moment. comes with the music. And I'm like, I also I like yeah. the design of their of their hyper. This is the first time we see hyperdrive in this, yeah. in this in this one. Um, I really like the design of it, how how it works out. Or when Rocket's like, where are we going? Where where, where are we going? Ego. Wait, no, that's 40, that's that's forty seven jumps. Yeah, we're, we're about, about to, to do like five at a time. We're going ninety. Does <laughs> yeah, he right. say like seven hundred? It's or like something? Yeah, 700, 700 jumps, jumps yeah. yeah. And this is the one we get, uh, uh, we didn't mention in the first Guardians, but, oh, we did. Uh, this is the Stan Lee cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. where, where it, Stan Lee's uh, with the Watchers. The yeah. long-awaited 
the long-awaited confirmation of who Pro- Stanley is. Arguably one of the best Stanley cameos. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Just I opening a bag of worms and like, what does that really mean? And then this yeah. one time, I was a, <laughs> a <FedEx laughs> delivery driver. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's good, oh, man. Yeah. Going going way back, uh, one of my favorite things that they do with Rocket in this film, uh, it's it's a small bit, but I love uh, the winking gag. Yeah. And the reason I love the winking gag is the implication that Rocket as, isn't actually good at controlling his body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like things are a little jumbled, so he's like, damn it, is that my right eye? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think a, a quantum, like, uh, what's that, a quantum asteroid field's pretty cool. Quantum yeah. asteroid field is a really Just cool like effect. Just like asteroids popping in and out of dimensions is like, that's pretty radical. Yeah. Or the, the, the gag, the, uh, another gag I really like is the, the Cornex batteries. is like Harbolary batteries. That's not even a little not, bit. Not, not, not what said. I said. Yeah. Uh, yes, the quantum asteroid field is one of yeah. the coolest space things yeah. Yeah. ever. Yeah. Ever. With the asteroids bouncing around. Where they just... They whoosh, pop in and out whoosh, of, whoosh. Of, of reality. Yeah. yeah. What a What a thing. And That's the, awesome. And like the the, the when they get, when they get through it and like okay we're through and then the sovereign head went around like it's awesome son of a bitch yeah, yeah. yep and yeah visually this movie is uh, astounding uh, yeah. I really like I really like the rocket and Peter setup right from the beginning that yes. they're they're kind of like they're competing captains. they're 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 big dick measuring against each other uh-huh. yeah um <laughs> trying to find who has that big dick energy or rocket rocket taking down the ravagers is a really good moment. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's like an that. excellent moment. Actually, I like that my, moment a lot. One of my favorite moments in the whole movie is when Yondu gets his fin back, and he has the arrow, and the song well, of is course. Oh, and the yeah. song is the massacre. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know whether he killed it, so many people. I seriously think that's well, someone probably has edited. I mean, come on, it's the internet. But someone edited to the the bodies falling to let the bodies hit the floor. Oh yeah, there are literally bodies falling. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Like everyone, like Groot is a murderer. Yeah, yeah. Group uh, murders. These are all people bad people. They're all murderers. Yeah, group murdered people in Guardians one. one. Or yeah. the I get Taserface again. Taserface might be the same guy from Thor: The Dark World. <sighs> you know, the second time I'm going to say he is. Wouldn't that be great? That's, That's okay. how he got the face. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. One, t- one t- you look at yourself. Makes Thor: The Dark World a little bit better. You, l- you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, oh, I'm going to go by Taserface. Yeah. Every uh, new movie in the universe just makes Thor: The Dark World a little bit better, a little bit better, <laughs> just a little bit better. <laughs> you know what? Ben? I don't like Taserface. Yeah, no. really, it's I, can, fine. I can. I can. I, I think see. it's a. It's, it's a, a first, stupid name. The first few times I saw the movie, I thought, okay, whatever. There's a bug that's just landed on Ryan. Kill it. Yeah. And but after seeing this movie, I'm like, you know what, Taserface. I mean, yeah. I know, again, he's that, that that person who mutinies and who kills a bunch of people who were like, no, Yondu's our captain. We have to listen to him. But just all in all, it's like, nah, Tizzyface, you're just a dick. He is just a dick. You just suck. I mean, I'm glad you die. I'm glad you I like his inclusion in the movie. I don't care for the person. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. It's just the, like, because I remember when I first saw this movie, like, I thought Drax was too funny. After seeing it again, I'm kind of less on that. Uh, I don't know why, but now every time when uh, um, it's like, more nipples. (laughs) <laughs> like every time Drax yells, more nipples! Yeah. Fanny and I, we always get a big laugh out of it. Because you guys I'm, love nipples. That's funny. <laughs> I'm not as harsh on the nipple gag as I was the first time yeah, I saw me, it. Yeah, me too. I, um, I've, I've lessened on the nipples. They're not, I'm I, they're I'm not as hard. I love you've the, always been hard on the nipples? I loved the nipples. Yeah, you've always been hard. <laughs> you have adopted loving the nipples. I was born into loving the nipples. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. The, the, <laughs> the sequence when they're all dying... When they're all being crushed by ego, is oh so, yes, yeah, is so powerful because there's the montage of of P- 
Peter like growing up and like, you know what? and hanging out the Guardians. Uh, you okay, know what? So that's they're all trying. Well, I just want to touch on they're all trying to save someone in that sequence. Uh, Craglin's trying mm-hmm. to save the Guardians. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gamora's trying to save Nebula. Drax is trying to Drax, save Mantis. They're yeah. all trying to save someone in that in that sequence, and I love. I, I that's such a small little detail yeah. that I just kind of love because mm-hmm. they're they're a family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, hey, uh, don't push this button. That that montage has one of my favorite things because it's it's got. Um, two of my favorite moments that are moments that you've you've never seen before. Um, Yondu flying, Yon, a, ro- a, a rocket? rocket flying with Peter, mm-hmm. which is really awesome, and Yondu teaching Peter with the gun. They're like yeah. burned in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Really good moments. Um, what was the bit? real quick flashes? They do so much. Oh yeah, the 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 uh, it's the funny bit, the funny visual gag with Rocket and Groot. You know, and whatever you do, don't push this button. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So repeat after me. I am Groot. Uh huh. I, I am Groot. Uh huh. I am good. No, no, not that one. Yeah, That's yeah. the button I told you not to do. Um, I want to touch on Nebula. Uh, Nebula is brought into the film really early. Yeah. And she uh-huh. just hangs out uh, kind of in the background, but she gets to be a fo- focal point to the overall film. It allows her and Gamora to really develop, and uh, it pays off a lot of good moments like, well, that's not ripe yet. Um, I, I even love little bits that she gets like uh, uh, when they're first... F- Egos coming towards them oh, in yeah. the ship, and they're all Re- rounding like, around. Release. She's like, "Release me!" And it's it's like, "Then you'll just uh, attack us the moment I set you free." No, no I won't. Then <laughs> <laughs> she's just a bad liar. But like, okay. she gets so much more. It, they build so well on Nebula and Gamora off of the first film. Yeah, I agree. I love or even when a, a mosquito, Brandon. It's okay. Or even when Kraglin's <laughs> talking to her, he's like, "It was coming right for me." Or even when Kraglin's talking to her, he's like, "Hey, so this is the last ship. What are you gonna do?" She's like, "I'm gonna find that kill." He's like. Okay, I, I was thinking like a little pretty like a necklace. Nice hat. Like, like a nice hat. Ooh, look at that. Let, let's be clear also, that is a mosquito eater. They're good. Not a mosquito. Mosquito they're eaters good are things. good. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we But want they're them. big. <laughs> yes, they That's are big. That's why they're supposed to eat the mosquitoes. Yeah. Uh, it was right at my face. I, I, this was... is, I just want to go over, like, I'm, I'm scrolling through notes I took from the film. Um, I have a note, like, I love Drax still hanging out at the back of the ship after he goes to attack them with the gun. Die. I love Drax. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my notes. Die, I love Drax. spaceship. <laughs> Oh, he goes. Oh, he jumps out of the out of the spaceship to, uh-huh. to shoot him. Die spaceship. A good, yeah, yeah. a good, uh, a good setup to the um, spacesuits that they have. The yeah. force field spacesuits. You think they'd have a better method than having two separate items: the the spacesuit and the aero rig. Just create one, so you don't have a Yondu situation. Well, I, I figured. Me? I figured they didn't. Probably didn't think they'd um, need the. No, I know. I know. Uh, I am really glad that the script did not mince around the introduction of Peter's dad. Yeah. It is uh-huh. right there, right from the get go. Yeah. It's it's boom. This is what we're doing. Like it's not He's playing this man. game with like leading up to it or anything. This is this is what's happening. Yeah. Um. I really appreciate that. Also, I have a note here. Contraxia is a dope planet with a dope name. Yeah. Contraxia Yo. is the planet that Yondu and the others. Contraxia are out is where you go to contract some STDs, my man. <laughs> Howard the Duck is on is on that sequence. Oh, he, yeah. he's definitely with a bunch of robot hookers. He's definitely got some STDs. And we all, we already talked about Yondu and and the Sloan stuff, which really sets up good for the ending. Mm-hmm. But I I do have a note that says the horns of freedom and the colors of a gourd flashing over his grave are some of the most awesome sounding things ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Stallone does a lot with a little. He yeah. really does. He's actually I, trying. What I, what I really like about about the the end sequence. So the end sequence. Um, the very end makes me cry. It's a funeral. It's sad. Like, like yeah. no, none they, of that. Cat Stevens dis- is playing in the background, father and son. It's when just, they dissolve, when they when they when they burn Yondu's body, and it's the shape of an arrow as it it's goes out. It's arguably the most beautiful funeral scene I've ever seen in film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah, and when Ro- and and uh, Kragan's like they they came, they all came. and Ro- and Rock is like I, they came. I, they he banded they, they yeah. like he told he yelled at them. He yelled at them, and he, at them and he stole batteries he didn't need. 
Yeah, I, I like that. I like that moment. And then real I good. also really like Stallone's like, you know, he died a ravager yeah. after all. The yes. final shot of the movie yeah. is a rocket raccoon crying. Yeah. Uh, oh. One of my one of my favorite and Groot, things. They in that, all Groot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's crazy that that's the last shot of the movie. It's really good, yeah. though. Um, yeah, that that whole ending is so strong. Uh, one of my one of the parts that always gets me every time I watch it that I really connect with is uh is Craglin when he sees the other Ravager like, ship yeah. shows up and he's like, yeah, and he's kind of crying and he's yeah, you know, doing it. the Ravager, Ravager chest punch. Yeah, yeah. He I was really a brother till the end, man. He was. Yeah. It was so great. Um, that uh, I'll talk about the mutiny stuff now. Um, uh, the mutiny stuff really gets me. I, I like uh, it watching a lot. the guys who are loyal be thrown into space and oh. die. And what it is is it's the slow motion like. Yondu murdering all of them works so well because uh-huh. you hate all of them so much because you watch the slow motion of them like making fun of the people yeah. dying yeah. in like space. Like what um, Tommy Flanagan famously chibs from Sons of Anarchy. Yep, yep, yep. When he gets shot out into space, I'm like, no. And just or, like they're all just like waving by. Not, not only that, yeah, you, you, they're like, like spasming in a joke at them. The that's the last part, thing you not, see when yeah. you die. Not just that, but you also see the trail of bodies yes. behind yeah, 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 yeah. All your friends dead and behind you. That's yeah. really, the worst part. I really part. like Craglin's heel turn when he's when he when he killed goes all to, my friends. Yes, all my that's friends. exactly what uh-huh. I was leading to. Is Craglin yeah. Craglin saying I didn't mean to start immunity? They killed all my friends. Sean Gunn does a lot of good emotional legwork in this movie. Yeah, he does. He's, um, Craglin's a really good character in this movie. He's really good, mm-hmm. and it really helps fill those beats. And I, I think Yondu killing all those people feels so good uh-huh. because you hate them yeah. so much because that's You don't feel bad for them anymore. You're Not like, no, nah, let, so, let those bodies hit the floor. So mm-hmm. this film mm-hmm. has the most post credit sequences. Yep. Yeah. In the, in the franchise. Uh, and a little... Uh, little um, There's a little Jeff hint, Goldblum. Yeah, a little hint of Thor, Thor oh, Ragnarok. Yeah. They just had that from Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Wow, that's like a, almost an entire year later. I, I want to say, the mo- I, I mean, out of all those post-credits scenes, I want to say the most important one is the Adam Warlock one. I think there's because a couple that one's, of important I think it's ones. only I mean, important for Guardians well, 3. Well, that one sets up either what's going to happen in Endgame or what's going to happen in Guardians 3. Well, it's not an Endgame. It's not an Endgame. What I, think, what I think is... You don't care. Um... What I think is interesting about I think they're all important to some degree. I think mm-hmm. the the uh, obviously the, well, the time the time jump with um, Groot with Groot. I think that's that's important because it, get, it sets up the stakes for where we see them Infinity War. Well, also um, I, th- I th- also think the the one that's that's the second most important because I do think the one that's most important is the Adam Warlock one, as you mm-hmm. said, but only for Guardians three. The second most important one is the Ravager captains coming together and forming that original Guardians of the Galaxy team. Right. You have Michelle Yeoh. You have um, Ving wow. Rhames. Ving Rhames. Uh, Michelle Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Charlie twenty seven. Um, but the one and that then, and then the 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 the, the Sorcerer Supreme. The alien one, yeah. The alien Sorcerer Supreme. But also the thing is, is that there's also that one where Craglin's trying to master the arrow, and it's just, <laughs> it's funny. But ah, it gets tracked. Yeah. Ah. It, it's hilarious. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. still funny, but it doesn't really, it's just there to, it's kind of like the, the group dancing scene at yeah. the end of Guardians 1, where it's, it's, it's there fun. to be cute and funny. This one is just like, he's trying to learn how to use the the arrow well, like Yondu. him and up it's to like, be the new captain. He, yeah, but he accidentally stabs Drax. It's the, it's the sh- look, it's as important as the shawarma scene is in Avengers. Yeah. 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 Like it, it, it's, so, a, it's there for fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's there for you fun. you got like five. I think, and they're yeah. all pretty much, I think, for Guardians 3. In, in some way. In some way, yeah. yeah. Like, none of it's going well, to tie out to well, him. Well, you know what? Okay, so... God, I hope Craglin's an endgame. I'm going to talk about... I'm going to talk about this briefly. I think that before... Before Disney fired him... For what? When we were talking about... When they were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3, we were pretty sure it was going to be the next film after Spider-Man Far From Home. It was going to set up the entire Phase 4 yeah, lineup. We were, we were yeah. pretty confident in I that. think there was a spin-off in the works, and there could still be, 
of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I think that was one hundred percent a consideration. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. And I'm, I'm. If that's no longer happening because of this screwed up schedule that they have to play with, yeah, I'm just call it Guardians very, of the Galaxy three thousand. I'm very upset. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because I would oh love God. to see those I'd characters. I'd watch that movie so hard. I would love to see those characters come back. I don't know. Now that James Gunn is back, I, I hope he'll still run with whatever ideas he wants to. Me too. I wanna I wanna I wanna bet that it's just it's gonna be a slowly just getting back <laughs> to how it was. Just pretend um, the last year didn't happen. I wanna talk some about some like tiny moments in the script, things that, that like they do a little bit of work or they do a, they're just little things and they do a lot of work. Um Rocket being self conscious about his triangle face comment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, doesn't he like oh yeah, he touches there, his face he touches his face to feel it there are some lines that are said really casually and and not off screen but you aren't looking at them they're not the focal characters and they add a lot of character development for like how the guardians are coming together as a family one of my favorites was gamora says to drax when they're leaving why do you have so much luggage and drax says i don't want group playing with my things yeah <laughs> yep yeah, I remember that. <laughs> There's I like so that many good lot. little things like that in this script. I really like it. Also, I wanted to talk about Ego's Planet is so well designed. It's beautiful. And the visualization he does of the all the history of him, like, and yes. even when it becomes like, like the gross like stuff of him porcelain. making out with all the... Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. I, I like everything about Ego's Planet, especially the design of his body, how yeah. it how it like, how it, how it forms and things. And I love it when it <laughs> forms into David Hasselhoff. Yeah. And when it dies and it's uh, like old Evil Dead 2 claymation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yes, awesome. Drax, I got a penis. <laughs> <laughs> and you it's not bad. You Earthers got hang-ups. Yeah. Man, I'm yeah. Mary Kurt, Poppins, y'all. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Well, obviously, Mary Poppins is dope. But, yeah. uh, uh, man, Kurt Russell is real good in this movie. Uh, when he uses Brandy to, like, mess with Peter, he's like, uh, oh. Peter, this is the sea. That's, yeah. so, that's so deceptive and twisted. Yeah. I love it. All right, so I got a quick little anecdote about the Brandy song. When I, when I went to Orlando with some friends last January... Um, I made like a little Disney trivia thing. Oh yeah, you told me this. Yeah, yeah. And one of the questions was like, what was a song that uh, um, Ego and Peter bond over over their mo- when they're reminiscing about Peter's mom, and uh, and uh, one of them, and I think it was, and one of the guys um saying like right behind us heard me say that. And he was like, wait, is it? He, this kid's talking about Brandy. He after my after someone answers the question, he leans over, taps me on the shoulder, and said. Dude, you are way too young to know that song. How do you know this that song? I'm like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Guardians Two. Of the He's like, it, what? Galaxy I was like, yeah, there's a uh, Marvel movie, Guardians Two, mm-hmm. and all all these old songs were in there, and he just could not believe that I knew what Brandy Look was. Look at that! Look at that! Bringing the older generation and the younger generation oh, I, together. Just, just gonna just gonna peek behind the curtain. This is the this is a, a lot of the times you you get some humble brags in about old people saying, oh, you shouldn't know this music. You're too young for that. I just think that's kind of funny that you keep bringing it up. Hey, I play both soundtracks for my dad and his wife in Texas, and they're like, what? Yeehaw. Yeet, yeet. Yeet, yeet. Yeet, yeet. Yeep, Opa. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, yeah, I think we're about wrapping up, wrapping up this discussion. Uh, music yeah. in this movie was also excellent. Yeah, of I course. Th- I think the soundtrack's better than the first. I I uh, like more songs in the second one for sure. Yeah, I think I go back I think, to the second one a lot. I think also thematically. Uh, I think the score's really strong. I think mm-hmm. I think it works for the especially like the brandy stuff. Like literally talking yeah. about like you know my my journey is at the sea and I can't uh-huh. be with your mom because I got to kill her because I got you know like all yeah, that yeah. like oh, thematically we, yeah, works. Yeah, we did the, his heel turn when he's like that's why it killed me when I had to put in the, the two. And yeah. Peter immediately shoots him immediately. Oh, yeah. I love immediately. That. It's so good. So good. Yeah. Uh by the way this cuz this came up in our original review. Brandon, how do you feel about David Hasselhoff now? How did I feel back then? You didn't like it. Really? Really? Oh, I don't mind it. Okay. You felt like you felt like it was a joke and it didn't work in the moment. I mean, I, it, I remember I felt that way too. Yeah, it. 
I mean, I guess it does kind of take away from that moment, but I think having and I, I you know, I, going back to what you this ju- was, this what was you a, said uh, about the about the audience. This reactions. was specifically when that came up. This is when we said the audience reactions kind of ruined it because yeah. I said I didn't think it was funny. I took it as sinister. When we watched it together, yeah, I saw the sinister. Like I, I tried to be everything you wanted me to be, including. David I tried Austin. to pick yeah. a form that would best yeah. suit you. Yeah. It's it's aggressive and r- it is and aggressive. Mean. It's but twisted. And like when I saw it, and I think I think you had the same experience. Yes, like you saw it with people audiences were that laughing, laughed. right? Because like oh ha ha, David Hasselhoff ha ha. Yeah, I think I think that. That's, I think that made all the difference. Yeah, watching right. this film, uh, this is the first time I've seen this film since it was in theaters, honestly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Um, so watching you didn't it, watch this in lead up to Infinity War? Oh, no, I guess I did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I did watch it in Infinity I th- War. I figured you did. Yeah. I was pretty sure you marathoned before Infinity I War. I did, yes, you're right. Um, I, did, I did do this. So this is first time in a year or whatever. But uh, watching this film, again, just by myself, uh-huh. uh, that moment doesn't come off as comedic. Right. And I think watching it in the theater with the audience being like, haha, David Hasselhoff, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that changed my perspective of that's, that moment. I'm really I'm really glad to hear that because that's the thing that we were talking about back then is that I, I didn't have an audience that laughed in that moment. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was really sick. Yeah. Like it was really sick and messed up. And so I'm glad that you it is. You, you feel that way about it, it, it now. It, that's it awesome. Is, yeah. But the, uh, the Zardu Hasselfrau line is still one of the best names I've ever heard in any, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> any sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not to undersell Nebula, I just want to touch on that. I think Nebula, everything that was uh, uh, done to build her character, because I don't think that, that she was... She was definitely like well-handled in Guardians 1 for what she was, but she's developed in Guardians 2. And I really yes. think that all those moments where she talks about what happened with her and Gamora, how Gamora never let her, let her win once, yeah. uh, never let up, all of that was solid. Yeah. And the way that uh, Peter's speech at the end, talking about what was in front of him with Yondu, and how that makes Gamora recognize Nebula... Uh, makes everything that happens in Infinity War work so well. Yeah, makes that relationship yeah. so strong, and what I imagine will happen in Endgame work yeah. really well too. Yikes. The whole the whole bit is like you know I I had a pretty cool dad. Mm-hmm. Like you know yeah. the whole bit is really yeah. good, really solid. Yeah. All right, shall we move on to our next film? Certainly. I uh I yeah. yeah what I'm is really it? Happy. Who I'm knows? Really okay. We'll never know. So uh, the, the Avengers: ne- Age of Ultron. The next film in this in this in this order is Avengers: Age of Ultron, the second Avengers film. Yay! Um, yeah. controversial opinion. Yeah. I think, watching this one again, I enjoy it. I don't think it's better, but I enjoy it more than the first one. I hard disagree. More, you enjoy it more than Avengers? Yeah. Hard. I'm, I'm hard definitely disagree. not there, no. but that's cool that you, you feel that way because I it, I really like Age of Ultron. I don't I, like it more than the first one, but I really no, like it. I had no, really yeah, high yeah. hopes for Age of Ultron. I was hoping, I, I thought it was going to be like bigger than the Avengers in terms of box office. It wasn't, but I was still really excited for Age of Ultron. And I really, really like Ultron as a villain more than I do Loki in the first Avengers movie. Interesting. Yeah, because um, as, as oh, a whole, so many takes today. <laughs> no, as as a whole, Avengers the first one is a better film. That's what I was How, saying. Yeah. However, yeah, yeah, I I mean I don't I enjoy Avengers more than Age of Ultron, but I enjoy Age of Ultron. It's just a, I not just as much, but I still enjoy it. Where because I remember a lot of people were ragging on it, saying like, "Oh, this isn't a good movie." I was like, "No, this is still a good Avengers, movie." What's wrong Avengers, with you? Avengers: Age of Ultron. Oh, I I. <clears throat> I, again, as Ben said, I don't think it's a better film than Avengers. Sure, sure. It's not as tight. Yeah. It doesn't. No. Ha- it, the script isn't as strong. It's how I, um, I feel about a lot of sequels. Or it's not a better movie. It's more entertaining, though. Yeah. But I, I think I get more of what I want mm-hmm. from an Avengers cool. movie in sure. this yeah. in this film. Um, there are things that don't work. There's some gag. Like we talked about Guardians too. There are some gags in this film that don't work. I don't like uh, the, the the the. There are things that specifically I don't like. Um, 
which uh, you know the the whole thing of like Natasha's a monster because she can't have kids. I don't like that. Um, I don't like that either. I don't like the the gag where Bruce falls in her boobs. I don't like that either. I I don't like both of them. Like I I don't like a lot of the stuff that they do together in this movie. To be um, honest. Ho- however, I agree. However, I'm, I got ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, this is 2014. Still? Yeah. Fifteen. 2015. Yeah. 15? Yeah. Uh, all right. Bring yourself yeah, it back. Is twi- to the, it is 2015. Bring yourself back to 2015, guys. Benny saw it with us. Four years nice. ago. Wow. Going into Ava- Avengers Age of Ultron. What did we all... What, Man. What did we think? My hype was real. I was, I was, I was super sty- I, stiped. I was stiped? Stiped. I was super hyped. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got another Avengers movie. How can I not be excited for yeah. this? Yeah. It's good. Um, When I first saw it, I remember when it was over, I felt... A little empty from it. Mm-hmm. I did too. Uh, that that I hadn't gotten what I wanted out of it. It took some thinking, and I think a second watch, and then I went, "Okay, no, I like I like a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I do like a lot of this." Um, I know one of the big things that Ryan and I agree on is uh, neither of us like the Bruce and Natasha romance. A big part of honestly why I don't like it is because it means nothing outside of this one film. And it, it's yeah. the only, besides Hulk going crazy in, in Johannesburg or whatever, but like, sure. they don't have much to do in this movie, so they have a bad romance together and that's all they do. Right. Rah, rah, and I'm rah, like, rah, rah. wow, like, I probably watched like, I've watched Winter Soldier and I've watched Avengers and like, I know Black Widow's way more capable than all, than just being a romance lady. Yeah. yeah. And she feels way more flirty and way less like, uh, like a hard ass like she did in Winter Soldier. Mm. 100%. She's soup. And of course, she's trying to be flirty with Bruce, but I think, Joss Whedon directs her very differently than the Russos do. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. But also very differently from the first Avengers. And from yeah, she's hard in the first Avengers. I yeah, think, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I. I am definitely going to be the hardest on Age of Ultron. Yeah, because I think my, my I want this. I want it to be so good, and yeah. I think so much of it is. It's not Iron Man too bad. I promise you, it's not that. But oh, no. it's the most comparable where they throw a lot of shit in there, hoping it sets up stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. work. I think this is. I think this film is a miracle. That it stays together as well as it does. Yeah, um, sure. Because there, yeah. there's a lot in this movie, and I think, and truthfully, I think a lot of it works. I like Ultron a lot. Yeah. I really yeah. like James Spader. James Spader is so good. Yeah. Yeah. As much as, whereas the first Avengers film, where you love seeing all of these heroes coming together on the big screen, this one is like James Spader as Ultron is to me the crown jewel. I'm, I'm gonna movie. say I'm gonna say like he's in top five Marvel Cinematic Universe villains so far. Oh yeah, the, honestly, the banter like he's up there. The banter between all the characters is uh-huh. really solid. I love I love seeing how the how the characters have progressed up sure. until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the opening fight sequence. I don't love the choreography of it, but I like the character moments in it. I agree. But I remember even when we saw it, the 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 trailer shot of, of the opening sequence when all the Avengers were coming yeah. out. That one shot, everyone was cheering. We didn't need to wait to the final <laughs> no. minutes or, of the movie. I, re- I really like the, but you know, like the character moments. I was saying, like I think the bit where he gets bounced off, where Stark gets bounced off the shield, and he's shit. Yeah. Language uh, caps language yeah, yeah. line. Ryan hates it. I um, don't like it. <coughs> Why not? Because <coughs> Captain America has sworn before. But he's but and he's, shit is not that bad of a word. But he said it just slipped out. No, yeah. I no, I know, but like It's kinda like me when I said it. The dude was game. in World War Two where he, but he he's says, murdered. He people. says he says a bad word. He, Fury, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And then Fury makes fun of us. Yeah, like, everyone's whole, making fun no, of him because the whole movie, no, why would you say right? that? It's kinda like when you guys make fun of me for saying a Venn game. Yeah. It's like that. It just slipped out. Yeah, okay. it just slipped I, out. And then you guys are and then That's fine. That's fine. I know I get And now a Venn game is a t shirt. <clears throat> yeah. Um, real quick, like my my overall thing on Ultron, 
I know why I like this movie so much. The big reason I like this movie is because it is the only movie in the MCU where the Avengers are being are, Avengers are just being the Avengers. Yes, that's the mm-hmm. thing. They are just they're doing their thing together as a team, yeah, saving yeah, yeah. the world. There's not a big. There's not something else to it. There's not them figuring it out. There's not them broken apart and kind of having to work it out and come back together. Mm-hmm. They're just together as a team. This is their Justice League. Yeah. Yes. Uh, movie, which I know Justice League is, you know. Yeah. Is is okay. It, but one of the things, one of my favorite things about Justice League is that it's a movie about superheroes being superheroes, yeah. just mm-hmm. doing the superhero job, and that's what this movie is. And I like that. And I don't think that a lot of the movies that they do with these characters afterwards work without that foundation of them being here in this moment. Yeah. I want to I yeah. go back to the. I want to go back to that opening sequence because uh, uh, there are other bits in it that I wanted to t- that I wanted to touch on really quick. Um, I feel like Thor's fighting style is real bad when it's hand-to-hand and there's nothing there. Um, he feels really, like, jerky and kind of, like, clunky fighting fighting nothing when he doesn't have the hammer. And I... I there's a couple of... I th- see what you mean, because, like, he's supposed to be super strong, so when he does a punch, someone goes flying, but, like, the connection isn't there. Yeah, so it, it's... A, we see it again in Ragnarok. <clears throat> I had the same problem in Ragnarok. Like, it, he's... His not-hammer fighting style is real rough. There's, like, one specific shot where, like, Thor jumps on top of like like a standing tower and kicks a dude off the tower, yeah. but like it like the the connection's like not even there. It, it, it doesn't feel like he's kicked someone. Yeah, it just it, feels like he's like going a, through the motions. Yes, and that could be just you know the choreographer the choreographers aren't that great, or maybe Chris Hemsworth is uncomfortable with the fit with the with the hand to hand fighting. It could be any number of things. It just to me it feels a little weird in the in, sure. the, in the movie. Um, and that goes to the uh, I don't think it's the not as fluid as as the first Avengers was. Yes. Uh, comment on uh, bouncing off of that. Uh, Thor and Captain uh, America have a lot of like combo moves. Yeah, all their combo moves are dope. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Every single one of them, uh-huh. I love. Thor hitting, hitting that the the bouncing the, the shield yeah. around. Yeah. Even it's the great. even the banter in that opening scene between Thor and Captain America is is great. Yeah. And also even Tony Stark when he ha- he's like he gets out of the suit is like please be secret door, please be secret door. Yay! Like uh, I, I love this idea that Thor and Captain America have a have a pretty good bond with each other. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of respect between them. Uh, Captain America says so much when they're at the farm later. Yeah. Uh, that like Thor is the one person I I feel like I could count on to not keep anything from me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. It, and I think that's paid off. It paid off in Avengers. It's paid off in Ultron. It's also paid off in Infinity War when Thor comes back and they have their moment together. He's like, I see you've copied my beard. Like yeah. They, yeah. they have a good have relationship. A yeah, yeah. It's really cool. The the bit where where Strucker. Um, where Strucker is still like, um, why why are we launched the what, why are we treating? It's the Avengers. <laughs> no no surrenders. It's, it's, it's the, the Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that guy's really funny. Oh, then he's like, no surrender, no surrender. I'm, I'm going, going to surrender. surrender. Yeah. Um, I like the I like Wanda specifically. I'm not crazy about Pietro. Same. No. Um, yeah. but I'm not surprised. No, neither am I. I do like I do like Wanda. Um, he dies in this movie, so I find his presence yeah. in the MCU sparingly short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like how they play with uh, Hawkeye's death yeah. a lot uh-huh. in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, commenting on Pietro, I will say that every everything that he does with Hawkeye works for me. I me agree. Too. Yeah. Uh, ev- and that's pretty much all he has. Yeah. Everything else in the movie, I don't really care about, even his interactions with his sister. Everything else he does, I don't really care about. However... I like everything he does in relation to Hawkeye. I, when, agree. I remember in the in the like in the last fight sequence when he's just when he's like keep up, old man. He's like nobody would nobody know. Nobody would know. Uh-huh. I could do it. No one yeah. would know. Or when he's like when he's like I'm gonna miss the quick little bastard. <laughs> he's like yeah, last time I saw him, Ultron was sitting on him. Well. I'm gonna miss the quick little bastard. 
I like I like Hawkeye a lot in this movie. Yeah. So even when like yes. Wanda walks up behind him, he takes out his arrow and hits with the electroshock on her brain. He's like, "Yeah, I've been mind control before." Not a fan. And then and we talked about it with the first Avengers movie, and like that movie's inc- incredible. But uh-huh. like, I do feel bad for Hawkeye. So I'm super glad they yeah. were like, hey, we need to show you Hawkeye Matters. And then and they and on it here. And then yeah. you get Hawkeye's own family yeah. later and on in the farm, in which that's like, no one saw that shit coming. The 180 doesn't feel forced. Not at all. No. Uh-huh. Not at all. Um, now this film, unfortunately, we found out after this film does have a, uh, have had some issues behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Whedon uh, was uh, attacked by the Marvel uh, story group of, a Bendis infraction. They got and Iron Man too, a little, just a little bit, just, just a little just bit. A little and, bit. And Bendis had, a, uh, not Bendis, uh, but Whedon had a hard time working on this film, which is yeah. why he didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a lot of studio interference. As however, well. this film and Ant Man lead to the best move that Kevin Feige could have ever made, which was going to Disney and saying, "I can't work under Ike Perlmutter anymore." Yeah, and th- right because Ike Perlmutter is was responsible for. Edgar Wright's fire. Edgar Wright's leaving the project. Whedon even leaving the the MCU. Yeah. So that was really great. Really great that this and, led to that. And it's arguable that like that was um, the end of it. Yeah. Like where things had gotten too far, but that this had happened with Thor: The Dark World. Yep. That this had happened with even arguably Iron Man Two yep. going all the way back. Yeah. That th- that a lot of things that w- we have recognized as weaker problems in the other films Man. before. Yeah, this was forward, this was the tail end of it because forward, post post good. that well post that you can feel where the people were allowed to make the movies they wanted to make yeah and there wasn't that resistance anymore yeah there was only trust yeah but uh, certainly that that Ultron and Ant Man were kind of that tail end of like this is no Creative longer problems. acceptable this is like the last th- oh man it feels good to get out of it yeah. <laughs> it feels guys nice. um, it was nice. yeah so Age of Ultron. Uh, so I, I really, I, as I said, I really and like honestly, it, thank goodness that both of these films still work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, these are both still good movies. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Age of Ultron. One of the things that I also like of Age of Ultron is that you know we talk a little bit about the reactionary period of Marvel. Uh, some of the stuff in Age of Ultron is a little reactionary to a criticism to Avengers, which is that in order to stop Ultron, you need to destroy all of the Ultron robots. Not one could be left standing, and I feel sure. like that was a reaction to the criticism that they all phantom menace at the end. Yeah. which even Whedon was like, I never liked that, but I didn't know how else to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be on on the timetable that he had for the movie, and he's like, that was just something like you kind of accept yeah. where your shortcomings have to be to make everything else work. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I I think that was also a great thing. It does set up a a, a wonderful s- amount of stakes mm-hmm. to yeah. what's going on with Ultron, and even yeah. the mind the mindstone. Like Thor sees the mindstone, he says, "This is the mindstone right here uh, on the vision." On, and on vision, on vision, um, vision's creation is really fun because it's yeah. just like where where Stark's just like, uh, "I, so, I want to help you put this in, right. put it in this uh-huh. thing." He's like, "I'm stuck in a this, time loop." This uh-huh. is uh, this is the film that for me makes it feel like the Avengers are are friends. Yes, yeah, that they get along because uh, the implication is that they've been doing this for a year since Winter Soldier. They have been hunting down Chitari. And Hydra, yeah, and everything that's left of it, yeah, and uh, they, they're they've come to the end of that journey, and they are all well aware of each other. They know each other. They've bonded with each other. Thor has been on Earth with them for a year, so they all know Thor really well. How, mm-hmm. You know how you were saying you've talked to me a lot about how a lot of the we'll get to a civil war. Sure. I think you've talked to me a lot about how um, the stuff 
in between is the X-Men problem. It doesn't feel like time has passed. 100%. Sometimes. Yes. This is, the I feel like, the last film where it felt like time had passed. I, f- I believed that they had been bonding for a year, and yeah. I felt it. Yeah. I felt the relationships had evolved and changed, that they, as people, have evolved and changed since their last films. Tony ha- is the next step on his journey from where he was left off in Iron Man yes, 3. absolutely. Yep. Um, and that's all. that all really works for me. Yeah. When I Tony's also- horror vision is dope. Yeah, I yeah, love it. it. I love it also- as motivation. I love how it uh, dovetails out of Iron Man 3. Real quick, this is actually a bigger thought that I just want to bring up. Sorry, Ben. Right. Um, what what happened is uh, I wish that the MCU did this in more places because I think that sometimes they take for granted the fact that they are a larger universe where they can build upon things with characters that they know have longer narratives past a single film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of them where that really works is Tony having PTSD after the Avengers, dovetailing into... Uh, what happens to him in Iron Man 3, then dovetailing into him creating Ultron. All of that plays so well as a larger formed arc that still worked in those standalone films as the pieces of it. Yes. I wish they did more of that with some of the other characters like Black Widow across the films, knowing that they have all this room to play. Mm-hmm. They should have these larger build-upon narratives that are going across these films. Absolutely. I, yeah. I totally agree. Right. One of the things, because well, you were talking about Tony's uh, horror nightmare, and I remember something that I wanted to bring up, the marketing for this movie had a really, at the very end of the trailer before you saw Ultron's face where he says, there are no strings on me, it mm-hmm. showed Captain America's shield broken. Yeah. And I thought some that sequence, crazy yeah. shit is going to happen if Cap's shield is broken. Nah, something a, major. This isn't Civil War. No, well, it's I thought something major was going to happen in this movie. But then when we get to that that's dream sequence and you see Cap's shield broken, you see everyone like, Hulk has like a bunch of spears on him. Every, they're all dead and, or dying or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, Oh, you sly mother mother fudges. You sly dogs. You got me good. Yeah. We get introduced to Claw in this film. We do. Hell yeah. Um, it's awesome. Lucy's I really arm. like I Lucy's. really like Claw in this movie. Uh that's probably one of my favorite Ultron moments is when he says, uh, wait, you think I do I look like Iron Man and cuts off his arm yeah. and he's like, Oh, oh sorry. I'm sorry, that'll probably it's, be fine. Yeah. I just it's, it's I don't just, understand. Don't, don't compare me to Stark. <laughs> His Actually, temper tantrum. He's a yeah. child. He has yes. a temper tantrum. Also, one other thing, Stan Lee's cameo is at the party with a bunch of old World War II yes. veterans. Oh, yeah, getting only, hammered. So far, only a Marvel film where he says Excelsior. Man. Yes, they've they've tried to get in his catchphrases at least once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because it, because in Captain Marvel, we got true believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. True believers. Yeah, so they've gotten, they've gotten his big ones. Yeah, I, I think uh, this film... The, like I like the party sequence because we get we also get what we talk about like time pass we get uh, yeah. Anthony Mackie a little bit Anthony Mackie uh-huh. is there uh, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle makes there. his return although I brought this up to Ryan that I'm like I don't understand why Rhodey is part of the initial Ultron attack and then just disappears for the rest of the film yeah it's a little weird and then comes back at the end yeah that one was a little like uh, I really just wonder if that was that a your weird schedule no you thing. brought it up that uh, he was he was a lead series regular in a show called House of Lies at the yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so that might have been why, but I still wish that they'd worked in a better narrative reason for him not to have been present because it was questionable why he wasn't around post mm-hmm. that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't actually directly acknowledge it, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, wait, why, where did Brody go? You know what? Well, I also, I really like character moments when they're trying to all lift the hammer. Oh, yes. Yeah. The, the party scene is another piece of that that's so important to establish. Like, these are characters who are now bonded. Yes. The last oh, time homies. we saw them all together, they, they were just getting to know each other. They know each other. They are close. They, yes. they care about each other. And you get each of their inter- individual uh, things. Like, 
you know, Black Widow and Steve are much closer in this film than the other Avengers yes. are. Yeah. Because they've mm-hmm. had that adventure. They've together. had Winter Soldier, yeah. yeah. Anthony Mackie shows up and he's mm-hmm. like, How's the how's our cold case going? Like he's yeah, yeah. Talking, talking about Bucky. Talking yeah. about Bucky. I yeah. like uh-huh. I like that that's still going on in the background. The world feels very lived in by these characters. Yes. yes. Absolutely. And that's one of the best things that Age of Ultron has going for it is that it feels like a world where the Avengers are present and lived in. Not all the MCU films pull that off. And mm-hmm. that's why I like this. I and mean, that's why I enjoy this movie more than the first one. Sure. Uh, that's a, and that. But there are, again, there are things I don't like. Like uh, the, for, I was going to bring it up. I don't like um, the tease of Ragnarok. Uh, there's yeah. there's like a hard turn into yes, setting up Ragnarok. Yes, that's the other thing that Ryan and I I, I agree. Me. Are you talking it's about when when Wanda did the mind thing? Yeah, because I, I like Steve's not just my, that. Though, I like yeah. Steve's mind mind mess. I do like st- I like I like Steve's, but I because but I like Peggy right. though. I don't even have a problem with the nightmare stuff. It's not that stuff. It's when he goes to the stupid jacuzzi. It's that. It's, oh it's, yeah, it's, and he has the he has the vision of the Infinity Gauntlet mm-hmm. from a stupid uh, jacuzzi. Yeah. Because it doesn't I, make sense. There was there was a better way to have conveyed a turn of. Thor learning the information he needed that would allow him to facilitate creating vision. Instead of literally just that's like, really it, what it's that's for. a reshoot. <laughs> also, but right before we get, I ha- I need to say this. Yeah, it bothers me because at the very end of the movie, when Thor said after they talked about after they beat Ultron, Thor says this is fourth Infinity Stone to pop up. Yeah, we you know, shouldn't know that. Yeah, it, no, it's but literally here, a line. Here's the thing: yeah. we know about the Tesseract, we know about the Ether, and we know about the Mind Stone, Power Stone. We know about the Power Stone, but. Only the Guardians know about the Power Stone. How no, do the others the know about point. the Power Stone? Because Thor had the vision. That's why he says. He sees the Power Stone in the vision. Again, that's the reason it that doesn't thing make sucks. Sense. <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. That is Because strictly, we only know three stones, on, we only know three stones on Earth. The fourth one is still in space. Yeah. It should... It if should. He, it, no, you're, you're absolutely correct because it's, it's, a line for the, it's the line for the audience because if, mm-hmm. if, he had, if he had the vision, then he should know about the Time Stone. Yep. He should know yeah. about the Soul Stone. Uh-huh. Well, maybe not the Soul Stone because it's hidden away. But, but he should know about because the Time Stone is over the with time the. Stone. It's on Earth. Yeah. yeah, Time Stone's on Earth. Yeah, yeah. So, but he but he knows about the power. He knows about the Power Stone, and I get that's for for the audience. But I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense narratively. I, it doesn't. It doesn't. It I mean, been, that's that's the whole thing is yeah. about because the, yeah. the line is this is the fourth Infinity Stone to show up in recent years. I'm like, no, it's not. That's the third. He no. It's he, Thor looks directly at the camera and he's like, I'm talking to you, Deborah from Wisconsin. You saw that Guardians movie. Is that your mom's name? No. Oh. <laughs> Deborah from Wisconsin. <laughs> it's just like, like I always make the joke. Her of last name's yeah. not Wisconsin. <laughs> I always make a joke of characters looking to the camera to like really lay a point home. Yeah. It's like, do you guys remember the other stones? Get ready for the next movie. And I was like, I hate that shit. When yeah. it's so in your face. And that's much, why. Especially because it was really unnecessary after Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. And especially because Marvel has been so good at it. And then and like after Iron Man 2 and, and The Dark World, I'm like, all right, they're over it. And I don't think that was Whedon. I don't think so. 100%. I think that was 100%. Uh, and I'm like, man, I thought Whedon was safe from this shit. Wasn't there, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a whole thing that Tom Hiddleston had supposedly filmed something for this? It was Absol- ultimately yes. cut. So I wonder if like there wasn't a better version of what was going to be done here and then that, that had that's to be stripped away. That's 100% what and, happened. And that's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. I mean, the post credit scene of Thanos holding the gauntlet for the first time saying oh, he'll do it himself. Again, is that like, also causes problems with the other movies in the future. <laughs> but that's a, that's a problem that ended up in the future. Yes. I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't say, that goes back to the whole thing. We don't, they weren't quite sure at the time where they were going to have Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. And also, um, we could just retcon that's him putting it on after the gauntlet was finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's not, that's, yeah. that I don't care about as much, mostly because you don't even have to watch that scene if you no. don't want to. No. You yeah. don't. So, so I don't, that's whatever. That doesn't yeah. bother me. But the stuff before, I mean, the jacuzzi scene and the fourth, that, like, that, the fourth and fifth show line. Jacuzzi scene. Uh, what a ridiculous always, name for this. It's always bothered me. But the final fight on Sokovia. And why is Selvig even there? 
Because, uh, because and I didn't realize until this last watch, I just never really was thinking about it, because Selvig joins the Avengers at the end. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's yeah. at the Avengers compound he does. at the end of this movie. Yeah, you're right. He does. Uh, so he uh, definitely got dusted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he didn't, because him and Darcy are in the book going, trying to figure out what yeah, happened. Yeah, but in that latest trailer... Uh, his face appears in the dead people's I think faces th- thing. So either that book doesn't actually exist. <laughs> <That> b- oh. <laughs> Hold on. The book is not canon. Kevin Feige has come out and said... Okay. What the, f- what the hell, Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is Marvel Publishing trying to do their thing, being uh, like, hey, we'll sell books, right? That's, if it's that's can- really bad. If it's canon? That's fine. Uh. But it's, it's a sequel to Infinity War. That's a it should just book. be. It well, should also, just be a book of Darcy figuring out the discipline. But also, what? but also, it's like you know, it, it's them writing. They don't have the script. No, I know. I, just, the script. I didn't know it wasn't canon. Like it, everything. But you think if you were going to write a book like that, you'd be like, "Hey, he's alive, right?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, to just get that answer. Yeah. Jesus. Christ. No, can we at least agree that the the final fight in Sokovia is really cool? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like, I, well, no, yeah. like, when, I want to talk about this so bad. When Thor comes out, he's like, "Is that the best you got?" And all of Ultron's drones come to that. And yeah. was it like Cap or Hawkeye? Is like, you had to ask. It's Cap. Yeah. No, okay. Look, man, I'm gonna. I love this sequence. I love the so fight sequence when they're rising up and they're uh-huh. like, they're ready to die. Uh-huh. They're like, you know, there are worse have, ways to go. Yeah. Black we have, we have a way. We have a way out. I don't know if we'll make it out. Yeah. And Cap's like, you know, maybe, maybe we don't. Right. And I, I, I love that moment. And then Fury save. With uh-huh. the Avengers theme blaring yeah. up and the, the hell carry, thanks, I really thanks like, Coulson. Just a little bit earlier, I really like. Yeah, whenever everyone is like not sure what to do, and Cap's like, "Listen, everyone's getting off this island. I don't care what we have to do. Like, now, no, nobody stays on this island. We all get out. I don't, I don't want to live on this hill right now. I don't want to. But I'm just gonna say, like, this is one of those moments where Agents of Shield connected with the films works for me. Yes, because, because those those three episodes leading up to Ultron, Maria Hill's on the show, and she gets it shows where she is during the events of Ultron, what's going on, and how and how he gets the helicarrier. Yep. That works for me. Uh, that whole season doesn't, but those necessary episodes for this, that that I'm like, hey, cool, expanded somewhere because Maria Hill could have been in this movie more, but she ain't. Mm-hmm. At least she's on the show. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to get into a yeah, shield thing. It's fine. I like um, it. So the other, the other other things I want to touch on, and 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 because I, I really love that sequence. You know, everyone gets off the everyone, everyone gets off, uh-huh. and when they send out the lifeboats, it's the guy who wouldn't launch the helicarriers yeah. from, yes, from Winter yes. Soldier. Uh, right, he's right. rewarded for his loyalty. You guys, yes. you guys told me about that, and I was like, oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because I did not catch it the first time I saw Age of Ultron. It's Maria Hill. There's fun banter between Fury, Fury you son of a bitch. Yeah. Kiss uh, your mother with that mouth. And mm-hmm. then and not and then um the the stuff between Nat and uh, and Hawkeye in the car mm-hmm. when they're oh, yeah. when they're just driving around the, yeah. the that's all really, that's all really great nobody nobody eats in the uh, at yeah the just pop the wall room. out yeah yeah the lines between Wanda and Hawkeye when Wanda's like I can't do this anymore oh, yeah, and Hawkeye yeah, yeah. just like if you go out that door <laughs> Look, I got a bow and arrow the city is flying okay the okay. city is flying yeah <laughs> I got a bow and arrow this doesn't none make none sense none of this makes sense yes. <laughs> but I'm if you go out there but I'm gonna go out there because it's my job and if you go out there. You're an Avenger. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, and she like, goes out there and she's kicking <laughs> no, but ass. I like, I like Hawkeye going. I was like, like she doesn't respond. He's like, okay, okay bye. Here I go. And he goes, <laughs> he's like, city is flying. Yeah, city is flying. Oh, yeah, like the, ready to go. Yeah, it's um, good. Hawkeye's they, stand up for sure. There's, there's, there's so many moments in this final, in this final fight sequence of them saving civilians. Uh-huh. And we, you yeah. know, going back to Avengers, there's a heavy Everybody get influence. in the tub. There's a heavy, yes, yes, that moment's so great. Friday, I like Friday. Yeah. Or like fri- oh, I didn't touch on. Oh my god. Oh my god. Sorry. Um, 
Jarvis's death sequence <gasps> yes. crushes me. Uh, not only that, Ultron like learning things like, shh, I'm learning. And you uh-huh. see all yeah. these flashes of everything across the history of yeah. the MCU prior to that moment. Uh-huh. You know what it's I just really thought of? great creation of Ultron. <laughs> when you go, learning. I think of Apocalypse. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> just watching TV. No. Learning. Learning. <laughs> after Ultron, after the movie came out, because a bunch of people were making memes about this, is like, Ultron sees the internet once. All humanity needs to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> no. But his, but his plan is... is Peace in know, our time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole the, man that that stuff was really good. There it's, was ten extinction level events before humans even before were the dinosaurs you're, you're even got be fine. here. Humanity will be fine. You will die, but humanity is going to be great. Don't and worry. He, right. how, how he's just like how he's like really you know his temper tantrum again with Wanda is like you know look what you made me do is like no yeah, I, yeah. I wanted you guys. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's, and when Bla- he's, he's really talk- great, and yeah. when he's talking to Black Widow is like I have no one else. And then he, like his new body shows, yes, rips his old body that, in half. That was a moment that you and I talked about that we don't like that Black Widow gets abducted by him. And I'm like, it's Black Widow it's gets vaguely, shafted so hard in this it's movie. It's vaguely saved by the fact that he's like, I need someone to talk to. Uh-huh. But I don't understand why he, like if he could grab Black Widow, why wouldn't he just grab her, let her go and grab the the uh, vision caught uh, yeah oh the coffin or whatever the, the, yeah. yeah the cradle the cradle. cradle why wouldn't he just grab that because he was right there instead he takes black widow and he's like this is enough and flies away and I, that's yeah. one moment that really doesn't work for me yeah um, what about what about the moment between steve and tony at the farm when they're chopping wood oh you mean a civil war uh, don't take preview? from my pile oh hell yeah <laughs> or, or when that. or when velma dinkley comes out and starts oh. saying oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just love like Tony's tried his best to chop wood, and Steve just rips it in half. Yeah, like that moment is um, so good. It's, it's, it was it's a, a great moment. Um, something that bums me out is that there's no strong moment in Ultron where Steve and Tony are speaking in the same language on the same side. Yeah. Um, it only bothers me because it gets to Civil War, and they're still doing that. And I'm and and constantly, what happens is it happens in Ultron, it happens in Civil War, which we'll talk about later. That Steve and Tony are, are in a conversation where like they're getting to the same point, and then something happens to force them to stop the conversation. Yeah, yeah. and I hate it. Yeah, I hate it so much. I'm like, just let them be on the same page like once. Yeah, good God. But you get you get where you come where you know you you understand where he's coming from leading up to Civil War because you you get the uh-huh. you know his distrust of Shield. You get his uh-huh. distrust of 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 uh you know when he was talking about Tony and he's like, look, this, this Shield is what happened. Right. Yeah. What, this is what happened when you try to. The, when you the to fundamental, do the fundamental argument between the two is something I really like. I wish it was developed more specifically in Civil War, and it isn't. But the idea that Tony believes that peace can be achieved, mm-hmm. and Cap knows that it never can, that conflict will always exist, yeah. and that ni- that those things are never driven home far enough in either of the two films, as much as I want it to, as a point of um, contention between yeah. the two. Uh, I also want to touch on the moment, uh, the fight in Johannesburg with, uh, versus the Hulkbuster fight sequence. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, of course. I think that sequence is really cool, especially because... I'm, to- <laughs> I'm sorry. Especially because Tony is trying to save civilians while also fighting the Hulk. Yes. Yeah, and also great. he's like, go sleep, go sleep, go sleep, go sleep, go sleep. He's got, the, he's got the elevator in hand. He's like, get out, get out, get out, get out. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, that's a... Uh... Like, uh, I like Iron Man a lot. That Hulkbuster Hulk design is, is real good. Freaking awesome. Hulk, the Hulkbuster Veronica itself was like, yeah. this is great. Do you know why it's called Veronica? His girlfriend's name is Benny. Is Betty? Uh, Betty Ross. Betty yep, and Veronica. Yep, yep. I, get it, uh, I love that there's this like a satellite Hulkbuster hanging out, uh-huh. and like he has spare parts to like give me an arm. Literally, an arm's just flying down from space. Like, yep. man, it's 
Tony Stark's cool. Uh, jumping back, I really like when Tony has to defend to the Avengers the creation of Ultron. Yes. That's a mm-hmm. great scene. Yes. That's a great scene that sets up to everything that's happened up to this point yeah. in Infinity War. This film, so this film, I think a lot of the reason why I enjoy this film more than Avengers is because it fixes two of the problems that I that I had with Avengers. Now, doesn't none of those problems detract my enjoyment of that film, but you know what, what did I say? I think Cap's characterization is kind of not great and i don't and i don't like the the um the production design of the the set design of the film this film i love the set design the production design and i love captain america in this movie like this is this film fixes a lot of the problems i had what i do like about black widow is her nightmare sequence yeah Yeah. that's something i really like in this yeah yeah Yeah, giving us just like all the nightmares that's one of the reasons why i still want that black widow film to take place back then yeah Mm -hmm. because i want more of that that past yeah yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I want to real quickly talk about something that I think only I have a will have a problem with, and I've it doesn't affect like one of, it's one of those things that doesn't affect uh, the movie like overall. But it's it's hard for me as a comic fan just to get over it. Just it's just some, it's just one of those things that I can't help. Uh, the creation of Vision, uh, I don't like it because we spend this entire movie about how Tony Stark is supposed to learn from his mistakes. And he, he, what, he shouldn't have created Ultron, but he did, and it ended badly. So what's his plan to stop Ultron to create another Superbot with a device with a Mind Stone that he doesn't even know what it does? So you're supposed to just take it on faith because it's a character that we know mm-hmm. that it's just going to be a good guy. I, yeah, I can see why you don't like, like it. Like, Vision could clearly just be another Ultron and kill them, whereas if they did it for the comics where Ultron creates Vision, Vision determines for himself that he he wants to be a good person. It's the definition of insanity. Yeah. You keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting and again, a different like, outcome. And again, I like Vision where he is now, and like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to say like I can do it better, but the simple fact that you have Tony Stark create Ultron is this separate universe now, where this is the as way it someone goes. who doesn't who does who didn't excuse me as someone who did not know the original origin of the vision yeah. seeing it in this film doesn't bother him all that all that yeah. much because i mean he does come out it looks like he's about ready to start a fight but then you realize he's like he calms down yeah sorry he, that was strange yeah yeah and then he lo- he says i'm on the side of life yeah ultron isn't i don't want to kill him but i do realize he has to be stopped in orders that life can move on my problem is that's true he hates you the most yeah my <laughs> problem is is he does the exact same thing with Ultron, and he does he uh-huh. didn't learn a lesson. It's co- it's good that Vision turned out good. Otherwise, yeah. the Avengers would but not have the it, way to it, get there. They should I have understand. fought him way harder because they're literally creating another Ultron, yeah. whether they knew it or not. And of course, he grabs he grabs the hammer, and then yeah. there's that great gag of of handing Mule. Yeah, Vision's all, like Vision is, as a character is awesome. I'm talking yeah. about like the creation the cre- of him I with did. Tony Stark mm-hmm. doing Ultron 2.0. Yeah, like. Because of the script, he had to be a good person. Yeah. I don't think, like, if, if in a real world, like, if this actually happened, like, Steve would never have allowed that to actually no. happen. Well, he wasn't going to. The yeah. only reason it happens is because Thor bursts in. Yeah, and that's also a mistake. But Thor knows it's going to work because of the... Because of the, of the stupid of the, vision. Oh, yeah. because of the... But, oh! Th- yes! Thor, Thor knows... Oh. Ben, please. <laughs> Thor knows it's going to work because of, because of the vision. Yeah. But... I, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, it, you're right. Tony doesn't learn anything, and we don't know where that scene would have gone if Thor hadn't intervened. Yeah. But it was still he he was still pursuing this idea. Look, there's this thing here. It's either going to have Ultron's matrix in it, or it's going to have Vi- or it's going to have Jarvis's. Let's put yeah. Jarvis in it because yeah. he's he's stronger than Vi- than Ultron. So I I get it. It works narratively, but yeah. I I do understand what you're saying. It and is it it only works because the script needs it to work. I I just don't like that. Like Tony does not learn, and like even though it is Jarvis's thing, Thor mm-hmm. knows it. Like we just went through this. Yeah, we just went through this an hour ago yeah. with creating a superbot. 
but he wasn't putting Jarvis in it. And that's no, what Tony no, thinks will make the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that he is doesn't. kind of in Tony's character, though. Yeah. Up to this point in the films, he, he keeps plugging away at the thing in different different ways until it works. Yeah. And so he's convinced this will work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it makes again, sense for Tony. Yeah, but it, yeah. but you're right; it doesn't really make sense why anyone else would let him do it. And but again, they, Thor, but they don't. They don't. But Thor, right. Thor's stop. I know. Or, yeah. or th- you know what's a great line? You know what's a great line here uh, is when is when uh, Bruce has has Scarlet Witch by the by the by the neck and is like, "I can choke the life out of you, and I won't even change a shade." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, lo- it's very. That's very rough. Yeah, I love that uh, line. Jumping back to that Hulkbuster scene, something I pointed out to these guys when we were watching is I realized that the shot of Tony knocking out the Hulk. Uh, with the punch uh-huh. that ends that scene is actually an inverse of the Hulk knocking Thor out of screen. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I realized that was the same kind of beat, and I was like, "Oh, that's really neat. Nice yeah, job, yep. Joss Whedon. Cool parallel." Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it's also really, uh, really works for me that the Hulk in Ragnarok thinks the Earth hates him, mm-hmm. considering like the last real vision he had of civilians looking at him was was that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it shows all the people running away from him and everything. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, I'm Hulk, glad stuff like that. Pays Hulk off. leaving is is is. It's I think sad. I think it's yeah. a real good moment. Yeah, yeah. Also, the moment where uh, Scarlet Witch rips the heart out of out of Ultron. Oh yeah, yeah. that's felt, great. It felt, yeah. It's like, hey, I just it's like half of me just died. You know what it felt like that? Or or even Ultron's like, you need to leave or you'll die. I and just like, did. I, I, you want to know how it felt yeah. and rips his heart out. That's really I, cool. I, uh, even though you know, like the creation of the vision, I have problems with like at the very end when he's talking to the the final Ultron, yeah. and and he's like, yeah, humans, you know, they, you know, they don't live forever, but like I think you missed that there's they have grace in their mistakes. Like uh, a thing, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. Yeah, it's beautiful because yeah. it ends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that stuff's awesome. And um, also the whole. I was born yesterday. Yeah, one that, of my the na- naivety. I like uh-huh. it. one of my favorite lines in the film. Uh, one of my favorite is uh, when Thor is explaining that the Scarlet Witch is trying to mess with them, but um, but fortunately, I am mighty. As he walks oh, yeah, into yeah, yeah. the nightmare vision <laughs> she's created, he's like, yeah. "I'm fine, for I am mighty." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or what, what's it, what's a good, what's another good one is when he throws the hammer and Pietro tries to grab it. And yes, sl- that's oh, a great. Yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like when Fury and Tony talk in the barn, uh-huh. and Tony says that uh, Tony's saying the worst part wasn't watching his friends die, and Fury says, "But the, the worst part was that you lived, that that you didn't die." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I um, like that. Moment I feel too. like that informs Tony's character all the way up to Infinity War really yeah. well. Uh, I know we talked about it. That's that's him. That's him at the end of Infinity War. He yeah. just watched a bunch of people die, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Ultron's power set is not explained in the movie at all, unless yes. you are like. Unless you like, attention. really actually pay attention, because that dude has lasers, he has gravity weapons, like he has like so, finger lasers. Yeah, like, so the the laser weapons are are when essentially he sends his fingers. They're they're his version of the lasers that would come off uh, out of Tony. Yeah, uh, that he said could only be one shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're an evolution of that, and then the gravity hand uh, is is the fist. same. It's the same sound and. Um, visual motion as what we see Cap do with his shield. Which yeah. we only the same see technology. like once. At the be- Twice. So once at the beginning and once at the end. Yes. Okay. Hey, how do we feel about uh, Cap's gravity shield? They don't I wish they'd use it, they use they it, use it again. They don't yeah. use well, it enough his, like His magnets or yeah. whatever it is. I'm not crazy about it. Uh, I, I, I really because I don't, they never use it again. I really exactly. like it when it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like it when it's there. I, I like when he throws it into an Ultron guy and then he... Yeah. Whips it back towards him, and he grabs the shield, but the Ultron body falls off the end. He's like, "You didn't finish." Yeah, <laughs> or the or the bit where, in, um, man, there's a lot of good stuff in that fight. Cap- or when he when he's throwing the shield at, at Ultron, and he's like, "Stop that!" Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, jumping off that Cap and Thor thing that I brought up earlier, Cap uh, always has this thing of uh, commenting to Thor something about him be- sleeping, because in Avengers one he says, uh, 
Why, you getting sleepy? Yeah. And in this one, he says, what, were you napping? Yeah. <laughs> or even when Ultron was looking over at the vision being first made he's like the most powerful the most uh, um, expensive material in the universe and they decided to use it to make a frisbee yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of really good moments in this yeah. film i mean they're the the lows Yo, are low the though. chase scene uh by the way from cap and black widow trying to get the cradle oh, that's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. actual like chase sequences that's really yeah. good the train state the train save uh-huh. is really uh-huh. good that Pick is up after you boys uh, the action for Cap fighting Ultron is, is really good. Like, Hawkeye's all like, y- you're not a match for him, Cap. And it's like, thanks for that, Barton. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really like Wanda in general. Uh-huh. Um, but let me tell you, I got a, I got a pretty massive crush on uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think she looks really hot in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> she's a, she's, she's a, a pretty lady. Yeah. 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 Also, um, you know, we didn't have to talk about it yet, but the end sequence when the new Avengers are there. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that And she looks how she'll never, ever look again. Yeah. Reshoot. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting about that sequence is not, not it's not a reshoot no. necessarily. It was meant to be Captain Marvel. That So, fun fact about that sequence, um, and I just found this out. The C- the CG for that sequence was made to introduce Captain Marvel to the m- to the MCU. Doesn't make any sense though. Why? So Joss Whedon's initial script was to introduce Captain Marvel. Oh, in like th- earlier in the, in the movie. In the third mm. act of the movie, Captain Marvel is going to come in for the save, and wow. they decided not to do that. Uh, much much like how the Wasp was supposed to be introduced in Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they didn't use that, but he, to prove that the character could work, he created this CG slate, which would be like this is her coming in at the end. So instead, because they, then when the script eventually was, you know, Scarlet Witch was in the film instead, they'd never changed that CG plate. So they just put it in and pasted Wanda onto that CG slate oh so that she God. comes in like Captain Marvel would. It's terrible. Yeah, isn't that awful? That's terrible. <laughs> you lost your headphone. Oh, my God. You hated it so much your headphones I didn't know out. that that was a thing. That's yeah. And also we got blue balls of Avengers Assemble. Again, yeah, hey man, I don't, but that's hey I, man, I don't mind it. It's gonna sound real good at the end of it. What Endgame. do you mean again? They didn't even get close to it in the previous film. Uh, we were hoping it was. Uh, I was Listen, hoping no, it was gonna happen. You think you want? Then go to the UK. The movie's called Avengers Assemble. Yeah. You think you want it in Avengers One? You think you wanted it two? Maybe even three? No. You wait until the end of the twenty-one, twenty-two movies until right. the Infinity Saga is over. Or what? Uh, the, the Avengers. Time to work for a living. There you go. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good fake out. Uh, yeah, Avengers cut to credits. I mm-hmm. love the statue they make in the credit sequence. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. really cool. I think nice. that statue's really yeah. cool. They actually had that at Comic-Con when we went the year after it came out. Oh, nice. It was oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, it was. Um, I have a picture of it somewhere. $500. Damn. I, would I, don't, know, I don't know if it was on uh, sale, but they had, I don't know if it was like the statue, but they had a, either it or a replica made of it. It was really cool. I really yeah, like, uh, I really like them earning vision, uh, trusting vision because he passes the hammer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great payoff of that earlier hammer moment. I agree. I like Thor distracting Ultron so that Vision could give him a hammer smack. Yeah, yeah. What was oh, the yeah, yeah. What was the bit? Is like I'm, I'm running out Thor, of things to say. God of Thunder, yeah. son of a, I'm running out of things to say. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Smack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I think the Stark is a. Uh, Ready to die and sacrifice himself again. Once again, yep. Uh, th- when Thor pieces out at the end of the movie, peace. And they're just like, the man has no c- no concern for lawn maintenance. <laughs> yep. I like I like that. But if you put the hammer in an elevator, it'd still go up. Elevator's not worthy. Yeah. Uh, I really like um, the exchange between Thor, Steve, and Tony at the end. Yeah. That is really good. I like that the way and Steve and Tony are. That's something I wish it was a little more present earlier in the film. Is Steve and Tony kind of being like, you know, I'll miss you. Um, Miss you, bro. Tony does have that good moment earlier where he says uh, about Steve, like the old man said, together. We do that together. Yeah. Uh, Steve, that's one of my favorite Steve Rogers lines is when he says, uh, uh, 
we fight together. Uh, we fight together, and, he's, and Tony says we'll die, and he says, "Well, we'll do that together too." Yeah. Um, I really like that bit. Um, and I like Steve at the end saying, "Uh, uh Tony's like, are you going to be okay?" And he's like, "I'm home." When he looks at the compound, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. That, that's really nice because Steve has kind of felt like wandering up to this the point wanderer. in the modern age. Yeah, you know who's in, you know what's interesting is uh, if you guys are I don't know if you guys remember or were following the behind the scenes uh, stuff from that film uh, as it was filming when the leaks of that film was coming out. Uh, speaking of a- Agents of Shield, as I trip from Agents of Shield is actually at the compound. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Either he was visiting the set or he was supposed to be in the movie. Oh, nice. I, th- I thought that was interesting. Don't I like Trip, so I was yeah, excited. Yeah, cool. I thought that would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Shall we move on to the next film? Sure. Ooh, let's get bugging. Next film, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Ants. Ants. In my, <laughs> Ants. In my the pants. Be- Ant-Man. <laughs> the best trailer for that movie. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. <laughs> Michael Douglas. <laughs> right. Just slapping their legs. <laughs> now <Ants>. I remember. <laughs> God. It's just hard cut of like documentary footage of Ants. Yeah. So yeah, Ant Man. This is the, this is 2015. Also, it came yeah. out the same year, I yeah. think. Um, it, it did indeed. All right. So what did you guys? You know, now, going back to Ant Man, what did you guys uh, think? I remember the 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 scuttlebutt. It was like, so this is going to be Marvel's first bomb, right? Oh yeah. Like, who cares Lots, about Ant Man? A lot of people. Who cares about Ant Man? Guess what? People were Nobody cared about shit. Iron Man. Nobody cared about Guardians. But Stop not, saying not only that, everybody loves Paul Rudd. Not only that. <laughs> That was the last time those articles came out. Because Ant-Man yeah. came out, and it was fine. And <laughs> Did just fine. The, people, Everyone? people kept saying, is this going to be Marvel's first bomb? And But they've been saying that for a long time. They said that with Guardians. They said that with uh, Age of Ultron. Hell, yep. I remember yep. saying, saying stuff. Like There was tons of articles all the time. Will this be Marvel's first bomb? No. And Ant-Man was the last time they started making those. And I'm really happy they they were like, no, all right, they'll just do whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I got to tell you... Uh, Going in, I like I was already like it's a Marvel movie. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Yeah. This definitely looks, you know, it's not an Avengers movie. It's a small scale. I love Paul Rudd. I was I was excited. I I got a, a fun action movie. Did I got you a mean fun to use movie. small scale as a pun or no? <laughs> Did he? I didn't realize I said that. So <laughs> so no. Run with I, it. I, I do yeah. agree with what you said because um. Uh, Ant Man is a heist movie. It's not a superhero movie. It's not like Iron Man where I have to save. I mean, someone. it has a lame third act fight. Yeah, so it's a superhero but, but mostly it's them trying to steal something. Like oh, one of yeah, my favorite lines. No, I know. It was never just a heist. <laughs> mm, it was never just a heist. But one of my favorite lines in the movie. Fast and Furiously? No, no that's in this Ant-Man. movie. Oh, was yeah. it Ant-Man? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He says that right before the building implodes. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, but end. one of my favorite lines is, uh, or exchanges, is when Paul Rudd's telling um, Hank Pym, is like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm, my days of breaking and stealing shit are done. What do you want me to do? And Michael Douglas, Hank Pym, is like, I need you to break in somewhere and steal some shit. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I uh, thought that. I think this, that's hilarious. This film was the was another you know Edgar Wright film. This film was supposed to come out before Iron Man. I can still feel his DNA in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. film was supposed to come out before Iron Man. Yep. This film was in the works for a long time. When it was finally getting to happen, Edgar Wright had to leave because I Perlmutter screwed up. Luckily, Kevin Feige used that used that to, as we said, uh, get out from under uh, uh, Marvel and under Disney Studios. And you know what? It for the better. It's it's uh you know I don't want to like disrespect Peyton Reed who directed Ant Man. Like obviously this isn't an Edgar Wright movie. I still think this is a pretty good movie. I do too. Oh, yeah, I think th- I think this movie is a lot of fun. I, yeah. like, I like the side characters and what I really like the most is that it's unique in the sense of they Batman Beyonded a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! An older, an oh, older hero yeah. that trains a younger hero. I like, I like it. I like that a lot because Scott Lang's the more interesting Ant Man anyway. 
So you know, you 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 do that story. You do that story of Scott Lang, and then you throw Hank Pym mentoring. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, uh, Scott. Um, with Michael Douglas, who's awesome. Michael yeah. Douglas oh, is yeah. great in this movie. Yeah. I, I really like him. Is this 100%. the first time we see the uh, the um the the de the de aging? Yes, it is. Yeah. Because Michael Douglas looked really oh, good. Oh, yeah. I remember, yeah, when the movie first started. It's funny because Michael yeah. Douglas was younger, but Haley Atwell was older. Oh, yeah, it's cool, right? They that age, was They trippy. age up Haley Atwell. They, and Howard. And, ha- and well, not Howard to well, a they degree. Age him, to a degree. Yeah, not they age lot. him down a little bit. They, I, th- I don't know. Who? Howard? Howard. No, no they no. age him up. Oh, they age him up? Yeah. Okay. yeah. They, they, but they do, his hair's not that white. Okay. They, do a lot of, they do a lot of work to age up Peggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, down the bad guy and yeah. down uh, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas. Michael Douglas. And honestly, until Sam Jackson, I think Michael Douglas was the best they ever did. Yeah. He looks, uh, I would argue, Kurt Russell. Oh, no, Kurt Ru- you're right. Kurt Russell is the first one we see with the DA. Oh, wait, no. He was not the first because no, no. Guardians who came out after. It was yeah, the fir- right, right. He's the first in this in this order. Jo- in this order, but in yeah. oh, I keep forgetting. Yeah, the order. In, yeah. in movie order, yeah. Michael Douglas was the first. Yeah. And man, with the first time I saw Michael Douglas young, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. Uh-huh. They just got young Michael Douglas. They yeah. did. He looks really good. Yeah. And man, oh man, is this like <laughs> the bit where he's just like, you know, why didn't you have this fire with 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 Janice? <sighs> <laughs> just like, like the dude to the, he just the kicked face. your ass full size. You really want to fight him when you can't see him coming? Yeah, that's yeah. a great line. John Slattery's uh-huh. really funny in this. Man, seeing John Slattery and Peggy, this is the oh, first yeah. time we saw John Slattery back. Yeah, since yes. Iron Man two. Since Iron Man two, I thought that was really cool. It, it's one of the few things where like, because like you know it's it's the MCU, it's a connected universe, uh-huh. but you don't expect something like Ant Man to no. have Tony or Howard Stark oh, and Peggy and the, and the Triskelion. Yeah, Triskelion like, being built. Nineteen eighty uh, Shield. Nine. And you're like. Holy shit! This is the yeah, 19, MCU, baby. Shield nineteen eighty nine. Hell yeah! But yeah. that and then one of my favorite. What That's up? the spinoff. Shield nineteen eighty nine. Hell yeah! No, but then when Hank goes to the Hank uh, Pym Industries for the first time That's in the movie, man. and he's like, the, the security guard's like, Doctor Pym is like, yeah, I'm still alive. And then they're like, ID. I believe that will suffice. He points to his portrait. A lot portrait. of things happens in nineteen eighty nine. It's, uh, Captain Marvel was abducted. Yeah. Hank Pym left Shield, and Star Lord was abducted. That's eighty nine is like the like the the invent point. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it's the birth of the MCU. That's the that's the that's the, that's the year that everything went to it's hell. The big bang. Lots yeah, of things yeah. happened in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the only thing that would have made that sequence better was is if Sam Jackson was there. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. I I think the beginning of this movie is really great. I actually really like Ant Man. It's on, too. it's honestly one of my favorites. On Ant- truthfully, Ant Man was one of those movies that going into it, I was scared that it was going to be the first quote Marvel bomb. Yeah. But walking out, I was like, man, I was wrong. This movie's great. How did how did Fury know Howard Stark so well? Howard Stark died in 1991. This is why I have a problem and with with him being a low level Shield operative in 1995. Maybe he was maybe he was more important than they let on in that. I, he had to have been because <laughs> when we when we watch uh, uh, Winter Soldier, you sure. see him meeting Pierce, and, and it had to have been a long time ago. Yeah. Sam Jackson even looks younger than he did in Captain Marvel because mm-hmm. he has yep. a beard. Yep. So it's all jacked up. Who knows? It's all jacked up. Sorry, but he clearly knew way. Howard. Yeah, it, it's who knows? Probably because his grandfather knew Infinity Stones. <laughs> no. Or or his dad, who whoever was the Howling Commando, that was um, his dad wasn't a Howling Commando. Then who was? You, do you think the black guy in the Howling Commandos was Fury's dad? You said it was. He was related no, to Fury. No, 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 no. There's a black guy in Agents of Shield who's the grandson of one of the Howling Commandos. Might have been thinking of that. Yeah, you said it was Fury. No, no. I remember you saying it was Fury. When would I have said this? Years ago. Well, don't take into account Brandon from Brandon from a couple years ago. Right. Couple Definitely years take ago. into account right now that that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> 
years uh, ago. No, I'm saying that in Iron Man 2, Fury said specifically he knew Howard personally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and th- that's it, what I'm referencing. It wouldn't make a lot of sense if, if he was a low-level <sighs> shield. Yeah, it could have been no. in the 80s. But, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Whatever. It, it would have to be in the 80s. Or Howard's just real friendly with low-level S.H.I.E.L.D. operatives. Yeah. Yeah. He, just shows he didn't up. spend much time with his son anyway. <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. Sunday. What's up, guys? <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. Sunday. I would hang out like, I'd rather hang out with Sam Jackson than my own kid. Hey, yeah. guys, guys. He sucks. Guys, Baskin-Robbins always finds out. Baskin-Robbins uh, Baskin. always finds Listen, out. Listen, if you want to take one of those ice creams to go, I won't tell anybody. Look, man, <laughs> can you just give me whatever's hot? Yeah. <laughs> dude. Fries, ice got a cream, burger. Dude. Ice cream, dude. Yeah. Dude. Can somebody help this idiot? Idiot? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the supporting cast a lot in this film. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, uh, uh, Jesus, what's uh, Michael Pena? He's great. Yeah, yeah Michael Lu- Pena is great. I As think, uh, Louise? Yeah. yeah. I think Corey Stoll tries to milk out every bit of malice for Hank Pym he can out of a script that doesn't do him enough yeah. favors. Yeah, Again, so a great actor who's doing the best with not a lot. <laughs> I think I think he, if you want to read between the lines on his performance, there is a lot there of him being so obsessively hurt by the way his mentor has cast yeah. him aside. I want it so And much wanting more. that vengeance on him. Um, I would argue he has more going for him than Savannah does in Shazam. There's, so. there's one moment um, specifically, and it's when it's when he goes to confront him at his house. Yes, and he's like, like, why did you pick me? So yeah, I yeah. saw too much of myself in you. Then yeah. why did you push me away? Because I saw too much of myself in you. And I also That's such think, a good scene. And I also think Corey Stoll does a good job where um, Hope calls out like, uh, "This isn't you." This is the formula. It's doing this to you. And you see him starting to tear up yeah. as he's like, I also wanted more of we that. We crossed the line. Why didn't you? Yes, I want more of it too. But I at least appreciate that Corey Soul's trying to put in the legwork yeah. to make that work. Yeah. And I do feel like if you want to read between the lines, he does seem like a character who is mentally falling apart yeah. uh, under the, the duress of trying to make this work, make he, this yeah. happen and get one up on his mentor. He wants to impress him and, 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 and do better yeah. so hard. That like he'll he, kill that, him if that, he has that to. That he's killing sheep and everything, yeah. and he's he's using his own daughter, becoming erratic as he does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ant Man's pretty good. Killed Frank. Yeah, but Frank's a jerk. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> what a demeaning way to die. Yeah, turned into a, a squishy blob and flushed down a toilet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Goodbye, yeah. Frank. Anthony. This don't, is don't the, name your ants. This is the last time Hydra makes an appearance in in these films. Oh yeah. In the MCU. Yeah. Um, because yeah. they don't show up after uh, post Phase Two. Yeah. Except in the Agents of Shield TV series, but yeah, this, in the films, yeah. this is this is the end of Hydra. Uh-huh. Hell yeah, bring on Aim, baby! And this oh is oh wait, Aim's already in Aim's Iron Man three. three. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think this film's a lot of fun. I don't really know what, how much there is to talk about it. It's though. it's pretty like, and, I, and again, I don't mean uh, it's in a negative te- way. Technically, we see a little bit of like Hydra retroactively in the past in Civil War. That's fair. No, oh no, because the evil shield guy at the beginning works for Hydra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what he's saying. Oh, he's sorry, saying this sorry. is the, I, the I last time we yeah, see yeah. Hy- we see Hydra. Yeah, it's not so they're doing yeah. interesting things. They're yeah. not what they were. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, which is that's a good line. Yeah, um, yeah, we get a sense of um, we get. I, li- I like the stuff when they talking about what happened to Janet. I yeah, really like sure. Hank Pym in this movie. Yeah, I do too. Um, I like yeah. how actually steals both these films for me. I think he's great in both of the Ant-Man films. I think yeah. I think Evangeline Lilly's pretty good too. I, I do too. I think most of the cast d- is rock solid. I like her mm-hmm. more in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think she's given a lot more to do in Ant-Man I agree. and the Wasp. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the pacing of the uh, montage moment where we're seeing him like learn how to do things, but they're also doing the backstory of like ho- hoping like stop feeding me that line about my mom, and then oh, yeah, yeah. deciding that he's going to reveal the truth, and mm-hmm. and Scott going out to the car and telling her 
like I'm expendable. All of that oh, is all good. Paced a little awkward. Oh, the, okay, like yeah. the way that it it, it 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 jumps from like emotional beat, montage of heroes learning, emotional beat about her mom, montage of hero learning, and mm. I'm like, this is this okay, is paced yeah. awkwardly, okay, but yeah. okay, it Do doesn't it doesn't ruin the movie experience for me. Just it's just it? a little weird. Okay. Yeah. You know what sequence really doesn't work for me? Hmm. Ant Man versus Falcon. Oh wow, really? Wow, really? Because that's like the most comic book. Like, of course, that's in this movie. It, it's the only one that feels like, hey, remember? Because, and it took me until this this viewing to realize that the that the piece of technology they they had actually was necessary for the heist. Uh-huh. So this is going back years of just well, we gotta shove in an Avenger. Who we got? Oh, you thought that was just like he was just there was nothing. There was no reason for it. Yeah. Oh no! He clearly for, was stealing for, something for, for years. Like he was stealing something, but then it just disappeared. No, they use it. And it took yeah. me until this moment. So this is. Okay. But again, this is years. I still don't think the sequence where Anthony Mackie has no point in this movie. He's he's just. Kind Do you of feel there. the same way about Doctor Strange and Thor? Because uh, it's literally the exact same thing. There's like they're they're there for just to be a little plot thing. I think it's better handled in Doctor Strange than it is in this film. You mean in Thor? Yeah, I think it's better handled in Thor Ragnarok. Um, because this film I don't think handles it well, um, but I don't necessarily, for that reason, because it's better handled than Thor Ragnarok, I don't mind it. For here, here it doesn't, it doesn't even serve a narrative purpose. Like he could have just gone in, and, and, and it could have just been a nothing. I but mean, it, it shows Avenger. it shows that um, because both both Hank and Hope don't have faith in him to be able to do this on his own, mm-hmm. and they're even scolding him for not pulling back there's good when, moments when they knew it. falcon was there no i'm talking about when he comes back mm-hmm. they're scolding him when he comes back with the device for having not pulled back and then he shows the device and they're both impressed with him mm-hmm. they have faith and trust in him to be able to do the mission after that point mm-hmm. i'm saying that's the narrative point of it i guess so i just don't feel like i i also really like it because i think it's the first time we really get the falcon showing what the falcon can do because i don't think winter soldier did enough of it mm-hmm. um and i think we get a lot of it here that's and it. i really like it uh that's p- part of the point of having this massive world of toolboxes is being able to throw somebody in and it's not it's not just a wink and a nod it's also a like this thing is here so this is an obstacle that can be overcome because you're familiar but we don't have to spend a bunch of time on it it just felt a little ham-fisted and still does it just it's nothing that as i said i like this movie but for whatever reason it just feels a little ham-fisted i understand you saying it i just don't agree with it yeah i also don't agree i think that the Falcon being there, he was just the one Avenger who was at home chilling at the base, and also, and it and helps him a lot because in the next movie in Civil War, Boom. he straight up says, "Is like I know a guy." That's that, the narrative that, point. That whole situation is so anti-Mackie because even at the end of the movie, he says, "I'm looking for a guy who shrinks" because mm, he's specifically so looking for Scott Lang to join Team uh, Team Cap in Civil War. Team Criminal, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I completely agree with you because that does facilitate so, it narratively. So, even though I don't think Ant Man needed to be in Civil War so, amongst other characters. So to hit, so to. For the Falcon being there, that's for Scott to show um, uh, Hank and Hope that he can also that he can do this. That hey, I earn your trust, but also it shows an Avenger, an actual Avenger that he can do some pretty kick-ass stuff, and is also eventually going to become invaluable to the team. Right, but what I'm saying is, in 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 this film, it, I don't think it it I don't think it's great. Um, I think it's you just kind of you can just kind of there. One of the, but however, there's good moments in it. Like I I like the bit where he he. Wake, he get, you know, he he larges and he's just like, "Hi, I'm, hi, I'm Scott. Scott," and they're <laughs> just like, just say, just say, "Hi, I'm Scott." Scott. Uh-huh. I like, think that I'm moment's a, really funny. It's like, I'm, I'm a man. A, you have you might not have heard of me. You wouldn't. <laughs> no, you haven't heard of me. <laughs> so, I'm a big fan. Thanks for that. Who are you? Uh, thanks for that. 
Yeah. And I, then and then after he gets his ass kicked, he's like, it's really important to me that Cap does not find out about this. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like the old war footage of Ant-Man. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Tales to do. Astonish. Hell yeah. Yeah, little, tales uh, to astonish. Little, uh, hey, this is the first comic book that Ant Man appeared in. T- 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 yeah, I love uh, kind of going back to the beginning a little bit, like when he's th- when he's talking about the yellow jacket, like, and we can have an army of yellow jackets, and so it's, it's like suit. it's like war propaganda. And I'm like, uh-huh. man, I love it. it's like Starship Troopers. I love all this yeah. shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. What I really like about that, what I found really funny about that sequence this time, was this time rewatching it, was just like they're they're showing him this footage, and and they've only and they're just like, and it was like, oh yeah, we totally want to buy this. Like that was just fake footage of a thing that might not work uh-huh. why are you guys jumping on this thing like Amen. what if it doesn't work right yeah, yeah. I, I agree but also I love um, the scene when they go to Cassie's room when they're all small and it's on the, the fight sequence on they're the playing train on set. top of the Thomas the Tank Engine set yes I like that sequence a uh, lot I have a note in there that I know is I love Cassie exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point she's adorable I like Cassie. I'm looking for my dad I hope you don't catch him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like, I like the I like the family. He's a lot. so ugly. I love him. <laughs> yeah. I like the family a lot in this in this film. Yeah, Paxton and and I love Judy Green. Paxton's Betty, Betty, great. Carnival yeah. or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. And and, Ka- and Cassie and, and uh, but going back to what Ben was saying about the the end fight sequence in the in the small train set where just Yellow Jacket just like oh 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 the Thomas the Tank yeah, yeah. just <laughs> coming, like, oh. and it just like falls over because <laughs> get the giant and also, ant and also like the when the ant comes in the, and uh uh. The partner, the partner comes like, oh, that's a freaky ass dog. Oh, yeah, the giant <laughs> they do a great job in Ant Man of uh, showing like the the intensity of the battles on the uh-huh. small, small scale. scale, right where you're looking at them, and then going out wide, and it being like, it's like it's just a toy train. It never feels cheap. No, it always feels well. It always feels well executed. What what does he say? Because he says like, I'm gonna rip your head off, and he's like playing the cure. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna incinerate you. Playing incinerate by the cure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, the 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 briefcase falling down. Uh huh. The death of Antony. Oh yeah. Don't Antony. name your ants, man. Nope. That's what happens. Don't Poor name your ants. Antony. Antony. Um. Yeah. I. And I really a good like movie. It's a good Michael movie. Michael Pena's uh, recap bits are obviously fantastic. Oh yeah. And uh, if Endgame doesn't open with Michael Pena <laughs> recap, or just the, like the a entire MCU, you or, know what? <laughs> I don't want the movie to open with that. No. I do want that to be a Blu-ray feature. Yeah. Or just like a uh, a um, YouTube thing. Or just like a a special feature that they post on YouTube. Yeah. I would be happy with that. Like a week before of uh, Endgame. That's so much work though, because you got to get is. all those actors together to like dub, uh, let themselves be dubbed yeah, over by Michael Pena. Yeah, but how worth it would it be? So worth it. As Robert Downey Jr. talking to Chris Evans, like what? So <laughs> many people that me- I've seen that meme circulating <laughs> on Facebook, so on Nine Gag, <laughs> everywhere. People want it. Yeah, dude, that'd be good. I don't think people actually want it in the movie. No, yeah. not in no, the movie. No, but they want it. They, they want, want a recap no. somewhere, <laughs> not in the movie. What's really, what's really funny? They sorry, want, right, what they want. What they want is online. What's really no, Ben. Let me tell you. Whenever this meme goes around, it's always like if if Endgame doesn't start with blah blah with this, and I'm just like, you know what, guys? I don't think you actually want that because if Endgame actually started with that sequence, that would be a hard out. It's a hard tonal shift. We are no, yeah, not yeah. in the right. No, movie. I don't want it. You in must the movie. be misreading. See, I don't I've... want it at the beginning of the movie, Ben. I want it two hours and forty minutes into the movie, where it's right at the end, and they're on the moon of Titan, and it's the final battle, and then Louis shows up. Oh, what am I doing here? What's up, guys? And then that's that's how the final battle. Ends. <laughs> I don't. You're want... all wrong. First yeah. of all. Let me clarify. I don't want it in the movie. I want it as like a YouTube. We're not saying you did. We're not saying you did. This guy named Thanos. <laughs> none of uh, none of us said you did. Um, sh- uh, anything else you guys want to touch on? Ant-Man? I uh, I uh, the more the should more be the opening to Ant Man three recap of the whole Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe prior to. Um, okay, that'll be okay with. I gotta say, like, 
this and Ant Man the Wasp, and that the second one is a much more recent movie, but I really like the movie. Like I find myself liking these the, the smaller scale Ant Man movies more and more with each viewing. Um, and not so like I dislike the bigger movies, but I'm mm-hmm. like I really appreciate that we can have something like an Ant Man while still having yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's something that Marvel does really well. All right. Yeah. Shall we move? Uh-huh. Uh, I I really enjoy um, the the dynamic that they're able to establish with Hank Pym and Scott Lang. Yeah. I think all of that works really well. I mean, it's a really good movie. Yeah. I like it's, it. I mean, yeah. Um, outside of like, just if the script had done just a little more work for Corey Stoll's villain and some of the pacing issues were altered just a bit, um, I think it works really well. Yeah. I love the, the, the criminal team, the ex-criminal team that's working oh, yeah. with yeah. Scott Lang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> When they Stanley's op- cameo in Michael Pena's ending recap is great. Where was oh yeah Stanley's cap, uh, but also uh, when they open up the the van, he's like, "Yo, there was a black guy who looked exactly like me who just ran that way." Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's really good. I think this was also up to this point probably one of the funniest yeah. Marvel films. I agree mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, um, it's the one that leans in heavy. Oh, in comedy. I, something that rubbed me a little weird is, um, I, I get weirded out by, the level to which they treat. Scott like a criminal certain characters like Judy Greer like he did this unspeakable bad thing but at the same time they're having these people saying like he did a good kind of crime yeah yeah and I'm like this is a weird place that people are landing on this I know but like somebody who's as committed to saying that he's that implying that he's a bad person because he's a criminal and like that title being the thing that defines him as a bad person it doesn't seem like the kind of thing she would she would let go of so easily later on in the film. Yeah, that's that's a weird beat, specifically with Judy Greer's character. I, I don't I don't love the way that she's like, well, he's not a criminal, and I'm like, yeah, but um, I don't know, and it's partially because I don't think the film does a very good job of really explaining what he did. Um, it's like, he he took money from rich guys and gave it. He's like Robin yeah, Hood. He's yeah, Robin yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. He was a whistleblower, and then when the high, when the higher ups found out about him, he just he and let him go from the company because he found out the company was stealing from people. Yes, he gave the money he back. the money, but yes. still that was technically stealing. Because first he, he was the whistleblower, and then he went back and did that. Right, and then he went to jail for. It. So and I think for for Drew Greer's character, the whole point of the matter that she kind of treats him like kind of like dirt is the fact that he went to jail to her it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it was what for. he yeah, did and that, it's just that he stole he went to jail for I, it i get he's that a, he's a bad I, guy i get that and it doesn't totally work for me with the dynamic that yeah. they have later on in the film mm-hmm. that that like going to jail means bad person yeah even though like what he did was arguably a better thing for uh-huh. people uh that he still shouldn't have done it is whatever, but like yeah, that it, it his crime is treated as worse than other characters in the film treat the crime when they talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird, for me. Some people uh, know what he did and react to it one way, well, and others react well, to it because, in this really harsh like, way. Like for for example, like you stole money from a rich person to give to poor people. Sure, Brandon and I are poor people. We respect that. He's a rich guy who thinks you did a bad thing. Sure, we're all right. So like, it, like, but nobody in the movie is rich. No, but my point well, is he Hank, committed this crime. Hank Pe- Pim is. Some people, but Hank Pym's on Scott's side. Some people think that this victim is crime I, is I get it. worse than others I do. I get that. Yeah. It's just weird how the movie presents it. I and have specifically m- the way it plays with Judy Greer's character, yeah. again, because and partially because she's not given a lot of time in the movie, yeah. but because she has that stance on it, and it's like, that's a weird take rather than being more empathetic towards him. It makes it feel like a hollow relationship that we're trying to enter into understanding she has one line where it's where where scott's like what do you want me to do and she's like well just get an apartment and get a job yeah 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 like to me that seems like like a good like fine to me 
you know, he had a job, and then Basker Romans found out. Of course, they always find out. They always find out. Yeah. Shall we go to the next film then? Sure. All right, let's do the next film, first film of Phase 3. This is the one where I'm going to be the odd man out. Captain America Civil War. Oh, yes. my favorite. Yeah. Um, all right, so Phase 3, 2016, start of Phase 3. What do we all think going into this one? This is a big one. This yeah. is huge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, very excited. Uh, same here. I could, not w- I could not wait for this movie to come out. I was so jazzed. As much as... Um, as much as like the the Avengers movies are events, uh, I I my, my favorite superhero stuff is when superheroes fight each other. That's what the most interesting stuff is. You know what? I really enjoy that too. So I, I know it's a silly comic patrol, but I love it so much. It's it's interesting. It's one of the things I I like least about about comic oh books man, in general. See, b- villains are like like oh I'm gonna take over the world. Like nah, when you yeah. have an actual like conflict with your best friend, and, like mm-hmm. how do you solve that? Like I think that's so much more with interesting. words. <laughs> then <laughs> half the movies and comics we read aren't don't make any sense. <laughs> I mean that's that's just that's look Everyone, the, yeah. the 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 heroes fighting heroes thing was popularized. It wasn't the first time this happened. It was popularized by Frank Miller with Superman vs Batman. Mm-hmm. That was the, it became a, a long running trope. And it, in comics, specifically for you know just real quick, in comics I feel like is overplayed and very rarely has a reason to be there. Yeah. In this film, I think it works. I agree. That's all. That's yeah. all I was getting at. Uh, Sparks, speak. I really like this movie um, when I went into it. Yeah. Super, super stoked, real excited. I had a good time the first time I saw it. I sat on it for a while. I thought about it more, and I'm like, there, there are definitely things I don't like about this movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, let's let's just, you know get into it. This is the last one we we are doing that we haven't actually reviewed on the show. Yes. Yeah. Because we the were last one. We became a show after this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. We just the next movie after, after this was Doctor Strange. Yeah. Right. Yes. And that's no, uh, wasn't Guardians. No. Doctor Strange was Doctor Strange was the next movie released after Civil War. And the first one we reviewed on the show. And when was Guardians Volume Two? Actually, twenty fourteen. Only uh, Ben and Ryan reviewed. Yeah, I wasn't actually. even on that episode. Because remember, we're doing chronological order, so our the Guardians came out twenty fourteen. So it's like we're doing a little different. No, Guardians, Guardians two, two came, came out twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. We're still in twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah. So Captain America Civil War. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I like I like this film a lot. Um, however, I think this is this is the start of a of a problem that went in into Infinity War, um, where time I guess happened between the last time we saw these characters and this. It, but it doesn't feel like it did. This is like two years supposed to be between Avengers: Age of Ultron and Civil War. I think no, one year. One year. Um, and it doesn't feel like it. It just feels like. We've lost the the small character moments between films, and now we're just doing major events. Not all the time. Obviously, we got Doctor Strange, Name and the Wasp, and even Thor Ragnarok. To an I think the beginning, um, the beginning scene in Lagos has them working as a team very well together. They I say things so like, "Like, hey, do it like we practice," meaning they've done this multiple times I, before. I, I, I agree. Time has passed, but the, they're teaching Scarlet Witch. Yeah. But the yeah. the worst thing, and I didn't quite realize this until I watched actually a YouTube video, uh, Patrick Willems, Patrick H. Willems YouTube series on the on uh, yes, we've watched this, it as well. Yeah, this film is the start of them losing the narrative that they're protecting people. As soon as the thing happens in the beginning of the movie, with the with they fucked up. Sorry, they messed up. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna believe that. I don't care. <laughs> uh, they they messed up. And then the whole narrative of uh, protecting people is lost from the film. Yeah. And I don't think the, the films get it back. I, uh, f- for the future of the entire franchise, yes. For Civil War specifically, I think this movie is, is focusing on the hero aspect of them dealing with it personally. We've had a bunch of movies of them being superheroes. This is the time where it's, it's, it's about them. It's not about the people. 
And like I know, and not and yeah. you guys like people getting saved in, in, but not every single movie that's about superheroes has to have them saving people. It could be about the internal conflicts between. No, but the too. movie the movie starts with them. You know, they've lost track of the people. They've lost they've lost touch with the people, and they've they've just really screwed up. And then we just kind of lose that narrative of, of this film. Uh, and I feel like that. I feel like you set it up. You probably should have kept it in throughout. What are you talking about? Well, it's, it's kind of the same thing we were talking about in our Shazam review, where you set up Dr. Savannah, and then he that setup doesn't go anywhere. You set up the you set up them screwing up with the people. Oh, and then I get you what don't. you're talking about. This is a problem I have with Civil War. Also, this oh, is God. this is about um, you'll say it much better. That the movie starts with the argument of uh, where are they accountable, where are they not. The movie actually becomes about okay, who's protecting Bucky and who isn't? Mm-hmm. And that's the rest of the film. And it actually loses the narrative of talking about what the Accords are about, why they need it, what that, what is driving the characters to side on that or side against it. And that's actually a problem I have with Civil War too. is that they start talking about and looking into one thing, and it's a good idea to talk about it and discuss it and have it be the central conflict, but it instead becomes about who's protecting Bucky, who isn't. Mm-hmm. And they lose that narrative, and I don't like that either. Thank you so much yeah. for putting that in better words. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, that's I can't, exactly I, what I was I, trying I, to say. I, I can't disagree with that. Um, at the end of the day, like it's, it's man, like this isn't I, this isn't a good argument I think for it, but like Captain America and Bucky are homies, and like that's it's, it's called Civil War, but it's still a Captain America story. Hundred percent. I I and I, I, I do like that it's that it is still a Captain America story. We we keep the narrative on Captain America mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, but one of the things you know, I, I do want to say I think the I think the Russo brothers are really good directors. However, they um they have an interesting visual style that's not as dynamic as I would have as I would like it to be. Uh, you know, you look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, keep it in this in this uh, in this chunk. In this batch. Guardians of the Galaxy one and two and Age of Ultron all have very interesting visual styles that they pop. Well, Whereas as someone, Civil War, I'm actually Civil really War, glad. Like you know, Civil War just kind of is muted. Yeah, I'm really glad you watched those Patrick Whelan videos actually because it's not just Civil War like. It is really like it's a homogenization of the entire visual style. It's not yeah. just the Russo brothers. Right. No, they, it, it is a problem around. Yeah. The, so I can't get mad at Civil War for looking the way every other movie looks. No, I'm 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 saying I'm just saying, uh, it it is a problem in the in the franchise, and I just decided to say it in the year. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I 100 percent agree. I think, I think Civil War I, is the first film where it became really noticeable. presently noticeable. Yeah. Um, because up to that point, like the Winter Soldier worked in its way. Mm-hmm. And this is that same look, but we didn't realize that was a thing because right before that was Thor of the Dark World, which you and I know is actually one of the visually better looking Marvel films now, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, and then Guardians of the Galaxy and... Uh, Thor Ragnarok. And, um, no, Black we're Panther. not there yet, but uh, Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Whedon, Whedon and Gunn both kind of put more in, in visual pops and colors into their, into their styles of things. Yeah. And then... Ant-Man happened and we didn't totally notice that Civil War really stands out when you see all these different colorful heroes yeah. thrown together. I think that's why people harp on this one in particular for that for that thing that yeah, is that happening across the MCU. Yeah. This was the first one where it really stood out. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't hold this film accountable for that problem, but I think that is where we went. We all collectively went, oh, why does it look like this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I can't. I'm definitely, uh, after watching that video series, like, it's 100%. It's very apparent. Yeah. Like, it's oh, they, they want all the movies to look the same. <laughs> it's a good video series. I recommend everyone check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, 
everything you guys are are saying and are going to say, like I much like like the Age of Ultron thing, like I can't I can't argue against it. Sure. But like th- what this movie's about, who it is, who is involved, and what happens at the end, it's I think it's the best character stuff in all of the Marvel stuff. I think Civil War has the best character interactions out of all the movies. I, and I wish I could get on board with that. And, and you I, don't have to. And I can't. I but I w- I'm telling you, like not because I want to agree with you necessarily, but because I want to like this yeah. more. Uh, that I wish I could, but I can't because my problem is that Bucky becomes central focus and I still don't know who Bucky is. Yeah, I don't know who Bucky is as a character and nothing has helped me to feel differently about it and uh, he is 100% robbed of agency in this movie. Yeah, it's he a is, problem because he he's is a dude Steve's who's... Steve's prop. Yeah. No, yeah. And Absolutely. It's, yeah, and like... He's his second shield. Yeah. Um, Gotta go collect this thing. <laughs> yeah, and like, man, I wish... Like watching those videos, like I, I wish we had that Bucky series out now so we could flesh out that stuff because he is a blank slate. And the problem is, this isn't the comics where we have a lot of story to tell. I like it's 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 and, the, and, it's that, the, and that's what I was getting he gets at. A bum rap. And that's what I was getting at is in in those major in going back to the comics mm-hmm. in those major event comics, you don't get a lot of character development. You get character interactions, and you get and you know characters are there. They're yeah. not. They pop in. They pop out. Um, but you've had comics before and after. You have tie-ins. You have all these things where they flesh out those characters, and you understand motivations more and more. Um, you know, as I as I as I harp on tie-ins all the time, they do help sometimes. Uh, and I think that that this film it, it, with Bucky specifically, and I, I I'm not going to say it's a problem for any other character, truthfully, than than Bucky. Uh, Bucky would benefit from the equivalent of a tie-in comic. No, yeah, I agree. I, I 100% feel that way because yeah. because for me every time I watch Civil War I can't justify the reason why Bucky survives this movie I can't it doesn't work for me um, I see no having seen Infinity War he does nothing for me in that movie I don't care yeah. I don't care that he's there I don't care about the future of this character I, he's literally in this movie to be put on ice until they need him again. Mm-hmm. It's it's nothing to me. He's quite literally put on ice yes. until they need him yes. again. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's such an easy to in my mind fix to this because there's this moment where the only moment where Bucky has any sense of individualism in this movie is when he says to Steve, "I don't know if I'm worth all this." Yeah. And if they expanded on that idea for Bucky, where he's expressing that he kind of doesn't know that he should get to keep going that he's questioning the value of him because he remembers everything he did and he hates himself for it. All of these things would have given me more reason to care about this character one direction or another. Mm -hmm. And none of that is there. And I wish it was. And for me, I've always felt like I would have rather that Bucky jumped in the way of an Iron Man blast at the end of this movie, one that was a mortal wound for him that wouldn't have been for Steve. It wouldn't have killed Steve, and Tony would have known it, but it does kill Bucky. Mm -hmm. And that Bucky would have died at the end of this. Because, to me, Bucky choosing to take himself out of the equation because of the things he'd done that he deserved this is a better, more poetic end to this. It's it's Steve holding Bucky as he's dying and saying, uh, come on, bud, I'm with you till the end of the line. And Bucky saying, yeah, you were. And dying is a more poetic trilogy end to this character than what we got. And I just can't get behind the way that the the story played out the Bucky thing, especially, especially because it becomes the the argument case in the second act of the film. And if I can paint in broad strokes real quick, the, I wish that the the actual discourse of what the Sokovia Accords are about had carried over later into the film. The simple fix to me would have been having that conversation because I think it's a good moment where Steve and Tony are so close to agreeing mm-hmm. to instead actually have Steve agree and sign 
And then the moment that the, they figure out that the doctor is there, and then Bucky escapes, and all those things happen the way they do, Steve's like, oh man, we need to go take action, and Tony's, Tony's like, what's going on? And it's like, we have to go do this right now, and Ross and the government say no. Steve's like, that's not going to work. We're going to go do this. And it's like, no. And he's like, I'm not doing this. And, and then he's breaking the things. He's breaking the accords. That's a reason for them to fight. That's a reason for them to physically come to altercation about it because it is something where he has to go do it and Iron Man has to enforce what he believes is right. But the way it is, I don't find it justified for why they come to blows. It's just action figures hitting each other. I would I will agree with the with them coming to blows in the airport fight sequence. Uh, while I like the sequence, I don't think that sequence makes a whole lot of narrative sense. Um, however, I really like the the three way fight in. Uh, I'm not talking about that fight when I brought that up. When okay. I said action figures smashing each other. Yeah, I really like the three way fight. I just want to bring it up because you know we're a little negative on the film. I do I do enjoy the film. Um, and and I'm trying to get my negatives out now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like. I like the three-way fight between Bucky, Cap, and, and Steve. And Steve's like, it wasn't him. And Steve, and Bu- Tony's like, I don't care. I don't, care. I don't care. He killed my mom. Killed my mom. That's all great. I just wish Bucky was an involved persona in that yeah. s- stuff. Because it's really two people fighting over a stick. Real quick, I did want to I did want to, I did want to ask. Um, when the movie starts in 1991, yeah. did we know that was... Did, did any, any of us know that was going to be Howard? 100%. No. I knew 100%. No. I had no idea. Absolutely couldn't... Uh, knew I, walked, I walked into this movie... I walked into this movie um, ha- feeling very confident that part of what what was going to happen is they were going to find out that that Tony wasn't going to side with Winter Soldier because Winter Soldier had killed uh, um, Howard. Howard. Wow. Because, because we knew because we knew the. In, I, I because in, we found that out in Winter Soldier. Yes. I figured that was going to be a part of why they didn't agree with each other. I didn't think it was going to be the core of it. I thought it was going to be something that pushed. Tony to the other side. Yeah, um, and I also was confident that um, T'Challa was gonna. Uh, T'Ch- sorry, T'Chaka was gonna be killed in this movie. That's what was gonna get T'Challa involved. I, well, I think we see that in the trailer. <laughs> I don't know if we did. It no, we, the shot of T'Challa like holding. That no, sh- they didn't show that in the trailer. That they is- showed him jumping towards an explosion. We didn't see him holding T'Chaka. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, I think a lot of this movie actually. Do- uh, you know, I, th- I like a lot of this movie. I like uh, the inclusion of Black Panther. Um, yeah, like, he's awesome. I like T'Challa a lot in this movie. That whole chase scene is great. Oh my god, the chase scene on the freeway is so good. Yeah, uh, we meet Everett Ross, Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. who's there. I uh, guess. They bring back Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt Ross, which I love. I yeah. love that he comes back. I love that he comes back from Incredible Hulk. Me too. That's dope. Ben, oh, say that's awesome. Yeah. Um, actually, I have a few things to say. So, actually, Brandon, I kind of disagree with you on the whole this... I mean, I do see where you're coming from, how you see that Civil War is the start of where they stop trying to where they stop trying to save people, and it's about them. The whole Accords is about them saving people. But, for Steve, but on Steve's point of view, it's like, yeah, we do have to... We have to go save people no matter what. I'm not going to go out and go somewhere that you say I can't just because it's against your interest, whereas Tony's like, no, this keeps us in check. I feel like you missed the part where Sparks explained what I was saying. Um, that they lose the narrative. The, the they movie, lose the narrative. Oh, yeah. the movie oh, no, they totally do. The narrative. No, I, they I'm totally do halfway through the movie because it is because halfway through it's all about hey let's try and get let's try and get Bucky. So then the you whole agree time. with me. Halfway through, yes, that's exactly what I was saying. Though. So you agree with me? Go on, Ben. What were your <laughs> other thoughts? No, um, I'm actually all for um, for like the the fight scene at the end. Or wait, what, you were saying a whole bunch of stuff. I was trying to sorry piece together. Yeah, well, yeah. I was trying to listen to what you were saying. Also, I was trying to form my own thoughts because sure, sure. there was something I wasn't wholly agreeing with you. Was about the reason why Cap keeps fighting for with Bucky 
like why Bucky is on ice at the end of the movie, it's because he knows he can still kill people without him knowing. The reason why Z- like is when Zemo gets the book and puts him under the Winter Soldier yeah, yeah. mind, and Bucky knows is like I'm still dangerous. I thought I wasn't, but I still am. They can control me. I don't want them to control me. Yeah. That's why he goes to Wakanda to get, get on ice so they can fix him. No, I I know that that's I know that's why they yeah. do it as a story element. What mm-hmm. I was arguing is that narratively the character isn't going anywhere. The character's not developed in this movie. The character's not developed in Infinity War. I, I don't care. I would have I would say a little otherwise cuz you can you see him living in Romania and he's just trying to he's trying to like live under the radar, trying to live out his life, trying to essentially like eventually go back into society. But he knows how dangerous he is. That's why he's tr- he thought he was far enough away where they wouldn't find him and then Zemo comes and impersonates him so people are gone for him. That's why uh-huh. when Cap finds him, he's like they're coming for you, Buck. They they don't want to take your life. He's like yeah, I wouldn't and either. The, the thing that, is, like, the, fun, the fundamental thing that, like, I think we just disagree on is, like, they don't, he doesn't think Bucky's a good character and has no character. So everything he does is, it is like, it's not good because he has no character. I personally disagree. I understand mm-hmm. everything you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He's a blank slate. I'm not yeah. expecting him to be as in-depth as Captain America. The dude's been brainwashed a hundred thousand times. Yeah. I, I am fine with what his character is. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a, he's, he's a sleeper assassin and he, yeah. and he does his best. And, like, that's, uh. He he can absolutely have a he could have more uh, to do he can have he can be better written uh mm-hmm. he is a blank slate he has a stick just to do there for Steve to do stuff to uh that being said everything that is surrounding it is still so insanely good that like I I I'm surprised you feel this strongly because I just think everything surrounding it is so strong because I like Bucky in this movie I think like, I've fine. seen him in three movies like, I also he doesn't have the character that Tony Stark has but like he's a dude who just yeah, wants to get but out but even at the very end at he's the very end when, when he's when uh, Steve says I'm sorry Tony he's my friend and and Tony's like so was I yeah. it's like because for Steve this is his best friend who still survived after 1945 he's the only last thing he has to the, is the only because Peggy's world. dead in this movie yeah. she dies that is that funeral scene that crushed me yeah that yeah. hurts yeah, like really even good. in the middle of them fighting about the accords and he gets the text message of how Peggy died and he goes to have that moment by himself it hurts Black Widow also she's like hey I, I get it and they had that great I didn't want um, you to be alone yeah they great had that moment. great that great moment with him stemming from uh, Winter Soldier yeah and with Bucky still being alive, I can see why Steve wants to do everything he can to keep Bucky alive, to keep him safe, because that is literally his only connection to the and life it's bu- he had. it's not Bucky's fault. No, it's not. It was and Steve high- will do everything in his yeah, power to try to save his friend, who maybe can't even be saved. Mm-hmm. And I find that really strong. As bad as Bucky is as a character, what Steve is doing for his friend, I find super powerful and uh-huh. negates all the ne- ne- negativity for me. Yeah, same yeah, here. I, I, I understand why Steve's what Steve's motivations are. I support Steve's motivations. I get it. I like that part of it. The thing is that I'm not motivated enough to care about Bucky. That's fair. Which makes me not motivated enough to want to support Steve, which I wish I would. I understand his motivations from his perspective, but the, but they have not convinced me as an audience member, me personally, I'm yeah. saying, of the fact that Bucky is somebody I need to value the protection of, that I need to value the saving of. All we've really done since Winter Soldier is watch him murder people. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. And... All I wanted is for them to give me some window into what Bucky thinks about this, because he's just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He he doesn't voice an opinion on, on definitely things, and I'm, that's what I wanted. If he's going to be the center of the argument, and part of what hurts it for me, and I will also acknowledge in the same breath, it's really cool. I love the airport fight scene. It's mm-hmm. really cool. I love Spider Man. 
I'm so glad he got introduced in this movie. They're also ultimately unnecessary to what I want the narrative of the film to be about, and that makes it harder because I would have rather that time ultimately went to actually developing the argument that's happening between Steve and Tony, developing those friendships and those bonds and why they're going to be broken so that I care more and allowing Bucky to have the time to have a voice. This is where he should have been developed for me to feel something. Um, as cool as the airport fight scene is, as mm. much as I enjoy watching it, we sacrifice like all that eye candy. We get that and sacrifice some of this development stuff that would have made me more invested. Think, and it's just yeah. what what did you come to the movie wanting? I think too, I think too much of the of the of the banter between characters as far as Bucky goes, mm-hmm. he banter's and shows more character interaction with Anthony Mackie than he does with Steve. Mm-hmm. Came with Steve. When he's with Steve, sure. he's just kind of nothing. But when yeah. he's with Anthony Mackie, he's playing well, off. What, of when he's with I Steve, I think he's tr- he's being himself. Whereas when yeah. he's with an antagonist, no, but I, say, I think I think when they what they should have done to to uh, Sparks's credit, which I, I I do agree with you, Sparks, um, that that char- those character moments should have been with Steve. I think that would have helped. I still think there were some good character moments with Steve, like the when they finally get to Siberia, and it's like, do you remember that girl? And back in, it's like, oh yeah, when you Dolores. spent three dollars, you spent all of our money for hot dogs and trying to win a stuffed bear for a redhead. What was her name? Dolores. She you has to be a hundred. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's got to be a hundred years old by now. So are we? When they're fighting uh, 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 in Romania in his apartment, uh-huh. and like, and like, Bucky's just throwing people like out of windows and downstairs. Yeah. He's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like I, I. I, I like that. All the too. little moments between them, like I uh-huh. buy that these people have known each other for seventy five yeah. years. And also, I. By the but whole Bucky, yes, he is not a well-written character. That's because his, I think they chose to make him a brainwashed dude who needs all the help he can get because yeah. he is a he he can't be helped and also or he I li- can't do it on his own. And I also I do like but the then, character things between him and Sam Wilson because it's Bucky's oldest best friend and his or new best um, friend Sam Sam yeah, Steve. Yeah. There we go. That's the name I was looking for. Steve's <laughs> oldest best friend and sure. Steve's newest best friend. Yeah, sure. But if you were gonna have this this narrative be about Bucky, then why is it? Why are the accords in the movie at all? Because it's the setup of the argument, you know that that splits them, mm-hmm. and that's but that that does go back to the thing is that just I wish, I wish we hadn't traded what was an arguably a good debate to be had between the heroes for a fight about Bucky, because yeah. and 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 something that really hurt irks me about this is that the movie ends with Rhodey mm-hmm. saying that man I wouldn't change my opinion on this cut to Infinity War yeah. wow those accords were stupid yeah. like that's that's it that's all there is to it and it's like okay so this wasn't even a conversation that anybody was really willing to develop in these I movies. would definitely give and that's something that really bothers me about it I, yeah. would, de- I would definitely say that I, my least favorite movie that Bucky is in is Infinity War because he guys he has nothing well and I mean so I think- like the so like to, to Ryan's point now you know you Ryan you keep saying that that Bucky is supposed to be a blank slate in this um and that and and that's all well and good but then in Infinity War there needs to be more with the character to make us care oh, that no. he's finally dusted Infinity War has no excuses he's yeah. not in that movie enough to even warrant sure. a discussion <laughs> right yeah. um and and I want to I want to also be clear like I'm being harsh uh-huh. I am being harsh because um I know there are a lot of people who really, really love this movie. You guys are included in that. Yeah. I know a lot of people who are really, really into this movie, and I totally get it. And there are a lot of things I really like about this movie, but this movie falls short of some of the other Marvel movies for me because of these these things that I like. That's why I airport scene, Age the, of Ultron. Sure, sure, and I get that. Yeah. Like, But the airport scene uh, doesn't cover for these things that I wish were there to make me, to make me believe in the motivation strong enough to, to have... Uh, 
not Stephen Tony. Stephen Tony's like fight at the end. That works. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like to to put uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow at odds enough, even though they're fighting and pulling their punches when they fight. Like, and Black Widow isn't even convicted enough to it that she holds to her side. She's willing to have a whole battle in the airport about it, but when it comes down to it, she's like. No, Steve is right, even though she doesn't know the whole story of what's going on yet and decides to zap T'Challa. Black Widow has yeah. done a disservice, in my opinion, halfway through this film, where she's not given enough uh, to show yeah. what what's guiding her choices. And and part of that is being an overstuffed cast. Part of that is just all that. And, and yeah. that sacrifice just these character things that I wish were there in order to to yeah. get that really awesome yeah, fight I wanna, scene. I want to say, you know, uh, you know I, I, Hawkeye. I think he's really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's not. He does not give it a sure. lot to do, but when he's on screen, he shines. He's sh- he really yeah. does shine. Like especially when he goes when he's going to save to save Wanda uh, from the compound. I think is a really good scene when he's about to fight Vision. He's like, "Well, I don't. I have no chance. Yeah. I'm gonna do it anyway." Yeah, it's really good <laughs> fighting Vision. I think that yeah. I think that moment's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I agree. There's a lot. I'm, of, I'm really a lot of great. I'm really conflicted with this film. Uh, I have been ever since the first time I saw it. Um, well, I mean, not then. I was probably really into it. Um, but I've, you know, I'm between Ben and Ryan and Sparks. Like the, it's on any given day, I could think what Sparks is saying, and on any given day, I could think what Ben and Ryan are saying. Like, it's, I, I don't, I don't think the wh- the fundamental thing for me for this film uh, that where I think this film fails is that the argument between Team Cap and Team and Team Stark. Uh, Stark is it it devolves from the accords to being about well do we save bucky or not uh, and, I, and i think that's the that that's that's at the end of the day i would have preferred the film to to be a little bit more definite in what the sides are sure, supposed to be sure and i think that's just kind of where i fall and i and i talked with ryan about this a while back about how um i am not convinced about how they turn from like Steve, neither Steve nor uh, works hard enough to try and explain what's going on to get the other Avengers on board. Like it's not even an idea to try and really communicate. Hey, by the way, there's like five other Buckies. This is a problem we got to go take care of, and it's it's also shortcoming on the other side to not listen and hear it out. Yeah. A- and that I'm not convinced of it, and that's that's part of what makes that that central okay, so central focus of that not work for me. I will I, agree with you that. I think the beginning setup of the Accords is really good. Yes, I agree. I will agree with you that they abandon it halfway through to kind of just focus on the character stuff. That doesn't bother me uh, because I'm here for for Steve and Tony. And everything they do with those two characters and their interactions is is my the best stuff in the MCU, in my opinion. Sure. Because we've been following these guys for how many years, and this is the first time where they've really they've been at odds with each other and again like it's the trope but like for movies this is the first mm-hmm. time this has really happened that's not BVS. This was yeah. actually this Marvel book um, the book Civil War was I think the first Marvel trade I ever bought. This sure. is it, I think this move this movie is drastically better than that comic. Oh no because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I I will wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. Well because here, here's my thing when I because I knew about Civil War I was at WonderCon it was on sa- I found it at a booth on sale somewhere so I figured you know I'm gonna get it I'm gonna read it. I read it. I really enjoyed it. And then when I heard that they were gonna that Cap, the third Captain America film wasn't gonna be the Serpent one, it was gonna be Civil War. They're adapting the Civil War. I was like, how are they gonna do this without um, Spider Man? Fa- without the Fantastic what a, cra- War. what a crazy year it was! Oh my god! Oh yes. yeah! And then they brought Spider Man into it. Black and, Panther. Because I do agree that this that the movie 
drastically better than the book. But it takes things from the book, the key parts of it, something like, something like the Sokovia Accords, like heroes split down the middle. It's like, hey, the Accords are good, the Accords are bad. Mm-hmm. It throws them in there. It's like, okay, it works, but also it takes things from the MCU and makes it flow, and it's still a civil war. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to, I just want to, you know, I think that's it's interesting, you know, the, I don't know if there's ever, I remember feeling this way at the time, and, you know, maybe I'm just being short, short-sighted, but as far as Steve and, and Tony go, is there ever a moment when they're together where they're agreeing on a side? Or, because oftentimes, if they're not in a fight, yeah, they're Ultron. at odds. Ultron. Ultron. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Also, the hammer in which the elevator. Which, which part uh, of went in the beginning, mm-hmm. before they find out that he created Ultron. Okay, fair. And then when they come to the end, when like I was saying earlier, when we were talking Ultron, Tony has that moment where he says, "Like the old man said, together." Yeah. And they're 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 you know, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss they you too. The, they, the, they have the, this the the Mjolnir in the elevator yeah. joke. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I guess I just would have liked. There's there's more times when they're antagonistic with each other than there is when they're friends with each other. I, yeah. I wonder if if Civil War. Uh, I guess the beginning of Civil War probably should have done a little bit more heavy lifting with, with strengthening the the bond of Stephen Cap to break it in this in the same film. I, I I get that, but like having it be you know it's basically Avengers three, right? But yeah. it's the, the the third Captain America, you know, like the seventh Iron Man movie, whatever. Like the the, the heavy lifting has been kind of done already. It's mm-hmm. almost like Infinity War. But I I just I just said. But he doesn't mean about the characters individually. He means about the way the characters relate to each other. I don't think there's I don't think there's enough. Uh, times that the characters are friendly with each other to warrant the the whole we we're, we're friends like you guys fight a lot I, most of yeah, the time okay. we see them on screen together they're no, at that's, odds that's fair but, but like the, the movie Civil War <laughs> like they, they, they've been they've fought no, together multiple I mean, times this I think is the fight I think he's saying in this film that if there had been more time to see them more in agreement with each other before they fall apart from each other because at the, from the beginning of this film they are in, they are at odds yes. Most yeah. of age, most of the screen time they share together that's not a fight in Age of Ultron, they're at odds. Most of the screen time in Avengers, they're at odds. Right. They're, like, they're, they're, they're there are very, very few times when yeah. they're friends. So I don't I, I don't I think that. the line when the line's like he's my friend, so was I. Were you? I disagree with that. They're I friends. Disagree. They're, I mean, they're friends. Just because we didn't see every single moment between them doesn't mean that there weren't good moments. I, okay, I, but that, that, that goes to my whole thing where, where perhaps a tie-in comic would have be- the equivalent of a tie-in comic would have benefited from this. The idea that, that you know, you keep, you, you know, you fill in the blanks. Show me, don't tell me. I've you know, going back, going for, back to what Sparks always me, says. I, I've had I'm not, three I, Captain America movies, two Avengers movies, three Iron Man movies. Like I've got, I got the heavy lifting done for me personally. Personally, per div- individual no. characters. He's talking Avengers he, too, though. But he's he's saying, but he's saying even in Avengers: Age of Ultron, they're that, antagonistic. That they're antagonistic towards each other. Okay. That there's not a lot of time. And I, and I can agree with this. There's not a lot of time between Avengers and Avengers: Age of Ultron prior to this, where Steve and Tony are friendly, really friendly with each other. Um, and it's a shame that that isn't shown a little more because they're basically pretty antagonistic to each other in the first film, except towards the end. Mm-hmm. Pretty antagonistic to each other in the middle of Age of Ultron, except for the very beginning and the very end. Um, and then we get to this film, pretty antagonistic to each other, and then super antagonistic to each other. Yeah, and and it's okay. And it's just it's missing a little bit of the pop that would have been them bonded together. Um, I can get behind that idea to an extent. Uh, it's it's. It's definitely an element of what I uh, I feel is missing in this film, but it's not the the largest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I see what you mean, but yeah, I, I I hear you on that. I hear you on that for sure. 
um, part I need of that, more of your opinions because I need someone who like likes this movie as much no, as I, I do. No, lo- I love this movie. Everything because I, I also love the superhero trope, uh, the trope of when heroes who have been together, who have been through hell and back, are on opposite sides and they have to duke it out. I'm trying to th- like, yeah, the airport scene. It may not serve a narrative purpose. I think it does because Captain America is straight. I, I think it serves a narrative purpose. I don't think it serves a great narrative purpose. I don't care. I think it ser- if it serves a narrative purpose, it's it serves a purpose me. of being effing awesome. Like literally, <laughs> Vision draws a line in the concrete, and Captain America oh. says, "We are gonna do this." Yeah. There are people, and Captain Strap says, "Like there are people in Siberia, just like Bucky here, who can." F us up. And then Tony's like, no, I have 12 hours to bring, I have 12 hours to bring you in. You have to come in with me. And we have that amazing I, I, yeah, intro I, with Spider-Man. Oh, I do I appreciate, I do appreciate how uh, Iron Man was saying, you know, eventually gets to the point where he's like, oh, I played this wrong. I do appreciate that he goes to Siberia yeah, because yeah, when he sure. realizes like, yeah. this was a mistake. Yeah. Yes. I need to, I need to do something. But I cannot get over because I know we saw in the trailer, we were kind of a little scared I was gonna lose it in the mo- in when we actually saw the movie. But the second when Tony yelled on the ruse and oh, yeah. Spider-Man shows up on screen for the first time in full costume, everyone in my in our theater, Brandon, before lost that, their let's shit. go to Queens real quick. Yeah, that whole scene's great. That whole scene was amazing. I was yeah. like, hot Aunt May, hell yeah. Oh, hell it's, an, it's yeah. an introduction I get excited about every single time. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I think. Where's I love, yours? I love big fonts. Yeah, I, li- I like play I like that the, music. Mm-hmm. I like that moment really well. I think the yeah. moment really works in this movie. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I have only one real complaint with the movie. The only one. What? And it's in the airport fight. Vision's gone half the time because he's too powerful for anyone to actually fight. Yeah. So he's just missing when they need him to be missing. The yeah. same, it's the same issue they have in Infinity War. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta incapacitate the dude. Yeah. yeah. What uh, are we gonna do strong. with this? Too OP. I, too I, I get over it real quick because like, man, I get it. But like, it's just like, I, as soon as Vision appears and draws mm-hmm. the line, he's gone. And then yeah. he appears to fight Ant-Man and then he's gone. And I'm like, I, on, guys. I love this scene. Ooh, I, first appearance of Giant Man. That was really uh, cool. That was awesome. Fef yeah. <laughs> Fef yeah. Um, oh my god. I still like Zemo as a villain. I, I like how he's a villain. He's not the... I know Tony he's... Stark is the antagonist. Uh-huh. Zemo is a bad guy in this movie. Yeah. He is not the bad guy. But I like how Zemo is a bad guy. I love how him. How he's like, I've been willing to be patient. I'm willing to work my way because the Avengers inadvertently killed my family. I'm going to tear them apart. I, and I, even love, I am a, Zeno, a Zemo apologist as well. Are you really? I thought you didn't like him. No, I... I yeah, no, I'm... No. I'm I, I, think I Zeno, love him because even, he is so... He is so uh, like like every bad guy is so like the focus of like the Avengers had to fight him physically. Uh-huh. Zemo is in the background the entire time. Yeah. He barely interacts with them and he's he still pu- wins. He's like the puppet master and yeah. even when he's in that prison and Ross show, and uh, uh, Martin Freeman uh, Everett Ross shows up he's like mess up zap step yeah. out of line zap please step out of line and I know like, how do Sparks you completely disagrees. I yeah. I, but, I, but that I, whole here's the thing I don't, let me finish, I don't let me finish. finish. And he's like that whole time the best line was like did it and he's yeah. looking and Ross like freezes it's like he just mm. wanted to tear the Avengers apart, and he did it. Now I don't disagree. Let's see, Ryan, what you're getting at. What you're getting at is like I don't disagree with anybody who says that Zemo is not great. That his plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I can't. Um, it's very coincidental for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of comic books. I'm used to that. For <laughs> for me, for me, it works. Yeah. Um, until maybe tomorrow, it doesn't. Yeah. Like I said, I go back and forth on a lot of things. Today, I'm a Zemo apologist. Tomorrow, maybe I'm not. Ride or die. Zemo's not one of the things that makes me have issues with the film. Yeah, honestly, I'm glad. Like, it's really not. Um, I think it. I think it works fine. I really like uh the. To me, Zemo's actually most important part of the film is uh that he's he's a complementary arc to what's happening with Black Panther. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is oh, yeah. why Black Panther and him have the last scene together. Hell, in the film. So, that is such which a good is, scene. Which is uh you know him saying I'm I'm done letting vengeance 
consumed it's consumed me them because it's consumed them and it was consuming me which which is really great lead in right into Black Panther's film yeah um man Zemo like you don't know like his deal for a long a long time and you don't realize that his family's dead yeah. until killed, the very end he killed Anthony Russo he did you're right yeah <laughs> uh, you know he's a bad guy but like man like he keeps listening to the message on his phone from uh-huh. his dead wife and you don't know that until no. you realize that everyone's dead like, he talks about how his dad he found his dead father holding his dead child under yeah. the rubble I'm like man this guy yeah. this guy and he waited a year and he didn't try to be bombastic he he was patient uh-huh. and he did everything he needed to do and it worked and I love it he, fu- he probably would have gone a lot differently if, he, if that Hydra guy had just done the right thing yeah Told told him where it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find this tape. I'm just gonna come drop it at the Avengers compound. What? It probably <laughs> wouldn't have gone the way that it did. No. Because uh, the other Avengers would have been like, "Whoa, what are you guys fighting?" About? Tony, go cool off. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, come down. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, um. All right. That's the end of that. And, uh, <laughs> like, uh, the airport battle. There are uh, there are so many just small character moments between just everybody fighting and you know oh, for sure Ant-Man. and like it's just hey, I, I, hey, that's I, the stuff I love I get I finally get after what, however many years it was eight years watching this franchise I finally get Ant-Man on Hawkeye's arrow yep, yeah we got yeah. that I'm ready Hawkman or uh, Arrow guy I've been waiting for that for years we got that um, we got Spider-Man stealing the shield yeah. we got Oh man! Else, even that, even the only slow mo shot with with um, Tony's repulsor rays on Captain America's shield in the final fight scene, the, the oh, yeah. shot from the comics, yeah, it was great. That that's great. I love that shot. Every time I see it, it's like that's straight from the books, and it's yeah. The, Ru- the Russos said that you know every now and then they want to try and as close as they can in a fight mimic mm-hmm. a comic book panel. Um, it's the, you know, it's w- it's when they they the Bucky's fist on Cap Shield. That's so good. Uh, was straight from the comics. Yeah. This also. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys? Uh, expect the Winter Soldier cop out? Did you guys think they were just gonna go fight a bunch of Winter Soldiers? I was. I didn't expect it. I didn't. I, I did love not, it. I loved it. I didn't expect the third act to play out how, how it did. Did yeah. you mean? Did you mean? Did I expect them to actually fight them? Yes. Or did I expect that to be a part of the film, like going into it? I'm. I'm. I'm just confused. Did you think question. they were to go fight a bunch of Winter Soldiers? No, I don't think I was actually really? convinced of that the Man, first time. You guys time. just have. I. I, no, I, I, I. I thought they were. Yeah. I yeah. think that. Th- my thought process when we were first going out there is like, oh man, this is gonna be one hell of a fight. But the second I, because I think you see one of the bullet holes. Yeah, I you, noti- it's the first thing you be- do. Yeah. Before Zemo t- starts talking and says, "Don't worry, they died in their sleep." I yeah. think I saw a bullet hole. I'm like, wait, is that a? Oh. See, I was scared. I was scared at this point because I, the airport battle is like is really cool, right? Uh-huh. It's a, it, this big epic moment. I was scared we were gonna get just like a really boring five v two Winter Soldier fight. Again, 5v3. that goes that yeah. goes back to I went into the movie knowing. Winter Soldier killed Howard yeah. in a and Maria in a car accident, and so that opening of the film I knew had to be Howard and Maria. Because why? Else so I assumed it? that was going to come back around in the third act. So I didn't anticipate that the that the extra Winter Soldiers were a real thing that was going to happen. Yeah, like whether or not he'd activate them, I wasn't sure. But that we were actually going to see them have to fight them, I didn't think that was a actually a major part yeah, of the film I because was... the trailers had shown Tony and Cap fighting in that snowy location. I was like, okay, so they're fighting. I, I blocked. They're fighting out. about Howard. They're fighting about Howard. And yeah, I, I was actually, I, you know, I really like how this film. The end of the second act is a major fight sequence, and then the third act is a personal fight sequence. Yeah, right. I think that that works really well. Yeah, I was, uh, I was very, very, very unique for a film like that, and I, I'm, a, I'm a Sparks, um, you know. I pretty I pretty much called early on that that, w- that in the beginning it was Howard and Maria, uh, Howard and Maria's death. But I I still f- thought that there was a possibility that we could see a, a n- more Winter Soldier fight. 
Because um, I, think... I, I knew, like, uh, yeah, from the trailers you see that fight, but, like, I totally expected them to have this whole other fight, and then that was going to happen. Like, I didn't expect it. It was be like, oh, it's a nice twist, nice turn. Yeah. Uh, should we should we move on? Uh, I really liked Red Wing. Red Wing was in this movie. Oh, oh Red Wing is in this movie. Yeah. I, everyone else has been talking. I was like, I did have positives. I oh, was no. going to say nice things. <laughs> hey, man, you can do it. Go for it. Uh, I have them. Hold on. Um, Go for it. Let's see. I really like the opening with crossbones. I think that's really good action. Oh, yeah, Hell yeah. Me too. Um, I really love the transition that goes into opening uh, to, sh- to show Tony with his parents. Barf. Uh-huh. I really like that. That's um, so sad. I like the good, f- the really good framing work that shows that Pepper Potts is lettering and that her and Tony aren't good. That's the reveal. Oh, one th- other thing, because it was finally at this uh, viewing of uh, Civil War where I finally understood, under- got why um, Tony and Pepper weren't like together in this movie. Because Tony says after when he um, after Cap gets arrested by chasing Black Panther yeah, yeah. in uh, Romania, mm-hmm. um, they had that conversation and and Cap's like, "Oh, you guys pregnant?" He's like, "No, um, I blew up all my suits." And then we had to mop up Hydra. And, and then Ultron. I, I, and Ultron, my fault. But I just kept doing it, and Pepper didn't want me to do it anymore. So we're and then, taking and a then, break. And then I never wanted to stop because the truth I is don't I don't stop. want to stop. Yeah. So, so sh- I don't know see why. the world. Because oh, I've seen this movie multiple times. I think it's one of my favorite scenes. I one. think Mine I've too. seen I really Civ- like the scene between Iron Man and Steve. Yeah, I think I've seen Civil War the most out of all the Marvel films. Maybe I've seen Avengers more. But every time they get to that scene, I always tell myself I'm going to pay attention, but something happens and my attention goes elsewhere <laughs> and I forget about it. Ooh, a piece of candy. Maybe. But then finally this time I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because then at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, um, Pepper shows up. I'm like, wait, how come you two are back uh, together? Weren't you taking a break or, or uh, not seeing each other again? What the hell? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go through a list of my notes here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I like the exchange between the mom and Tony. Outside the elevator, oh, yeah. I love yeah. seeing King T'Chaka. He's Hell awesome. Yeah. He is. Uh, I really like Vision trying to learn boundaries mm-hmm. and how to use a door. Um, Zemo's interrogation with the Hydra agent is dope. Yep. Uh, I really like the Avengers debating the cords. Um, Tony's guilt driving him is really good motivation. It works for me. That's that's um, that's. I think that's honestly like my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's just them. It's when really first good discussing the cords. And I wish that had been the narrative line that followed through. Yeah, I'm being positive. Sorry. No, the you're passing fine. a Peggy is a great character moment. Yeah. Uh, for Steve, I really like that Nat comes there caring for Steve and wanting to be there for him at the funeral. Um, T'Challa's dope. Uh, he is. I really like him and his father interacting and speaking. With Natasha, I think that even though we only get T'Chaka for a little bit, it says a lot about that relationship. It immediately makes me care about when T'Chaka passes, just moments later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really well-played and powerful moment. Um, I really like when Black Widow figures out that Steve is close by because she hears the sirens echo on his f- on the phone. Oh. Yeah, that's why she looks around because yeah. you hear the sirens nice. echoing yeah, around yeah, yeah. because he's close. Um, Bucky's escape scene is great. Uh, oh, r- Ben, a credit to you. You pointed this out to me because I never knew it before. War Machine has Ultron skulls yeah. on yeah. his armor that's uh-huh. super, to super show the count thing. of Ultrons that he killed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, he's an Air Force pilot, and that's what Air Force pilots it's a War do. Machine story. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul Bettany's really good at developing Vision in this movie. He is. <laughs> what does he say, Wanda? No one dislikes you. Oh. <laughs> like, what a compliment, man. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's trying. He's trying to make pa- paprika <laughs> yeah. progress. Yeah. I really love the moment where Steve and Tony agree that there would need to be conditions in something uh, in the accords. Yeah. And the way that it falls apart is a way that I feel is a little forced, rather than allowing them to breathe and talk through it. Um, Wait, that's a positive. <laughs> it, it's half positive. Mm. Uh, I like Sebastian Stan playing Bucky's desire to not be controlled again. Um, when uh, when Zemo comes in and he's reading the thing and Bucky's like, no, I think that's a really great, strong, probably uh-huh. the, some of the best acting from Sebastian Stan in this whole film. Yeah. Um, 
Homecoming. Hey, the that moment with T'Challa's ring reacting to Bucky's arm is still weird. Yeah, that's like, that's like a yeah. thing they. I feel like they had more set up, and they were just like, ah, let's cut it. I've always questioned that. Yeah, yeah I, we we were watching it again, and we're all like, still don't know what that's. Two metals <laughs> don't react that? that way when they touch. It's, it's fine. Uh, vibranium and vibranium doesn't uh, really. It's not to, to Ryan's credit, uh, we both love this moment when Tony uh, pulls out just the little. The little hand protection oh, to fight. Oh, it's his watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Turns into. Yep. Uh huh. Turns yeah, into a repulsor. Really great so moment. Cool. And also, um, real quick, like, uh, Winter Soldier shoots the gun that, and Tony Stark could have died. Uh-huh. He got shot in the face. I'm like, uh, man, this kid. Oh boy. I really like Peter and Tony. Talk, Tony talking in the room. Peter uh-huh. playing around talking Uncle Ben. I really feel it. It's one of the things because yeah. we never did a review of this. That's one of the things that really worked for me was Tom Holland playing the sense that he's avoiding saying I'm responsible for my uncle dying. Yeah. Uh-huh. I felt that because everyone should know that's what he's dancing around yeah. talking. He's like, so you do this for the little guy. And he's like, yeah, well, yeah, that's all it is. is like when you have these just, powers and you don't do anything, you're, you're it's your fault. And the bad thing happen it's because of you well, that's, I really that's like Uncle that ben right and then there. I also like that moment where he's like so you just want to protect the little guy he's like yep that's all it is yep, just yep, yep. protect the little guy he covers it really well yeah. and I appreciate I get more of a sense that that he's wearing bearing the weight of that in this uh-huh. than I do in Spider-Man Homecoming it's a good Spider-Man origin without being a real Spider-Man origin mm. um do, do, do. I think Wanda, the sco- Wanda knocking down vision is really I brutal. think the score is incredible score is pretty good I disagree I don't like the score in this film oh, I, don't, I don't like Henry Jackman Henry Jackman's Marvel scores in general. Um, I, I think the only time where I really like the score is in the airport fight sequence. That's the only time where I like uh, the score. I really wish I could be a little more invested in Sharon and Steve. We talked about that while we were watching uh, it. Me too. Um, but that's difficult. Still Hawkeye's, weird. Hawkeye's I owe a deadline is a great nod to the death of Pietro mm-hmm. um, when he talks about getting Wanda out. Yep, yep. Uh, Scott Lang is wonderfully awkward. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks for I'm, thinking of me. I'm shaking your hand Thanks too long. Thanks for thinking of me. Such uh, a good line. Spider-Man versus Cap is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that they, they kind Brooklyn of Queens, respect each other. Beautiful. And Iron Man uh, facing Scott when Scott gets inside his suit. It's your conscience. Is another standout for me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, Give uh, me back solid, my Solid introduction of the raft. Yeah, dude. Raft's oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, Surprised to see it, honestly. Robert Downey Jr. does like break my heart when he finds out when he's watching the death of his parents all he's over so again good. and finds out. This it's, is, it's really, this is really the, easy to invest in. This is one of the best acting Downey ever did mm-hmm. yeah. as Iron Man, I, I feel. Um, Downey did acting good. Some of this stuff is stuff we've talked about. Ben, um, what's your favorite thing? Airport scene. Yeah. Oh, strong moment of Tony saying Steve doesn't deserve the shield. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. My father my, made that shield. Yeah. And he drops it. Uh-huh. That's so sad. Um, I'm really glad that Zemo's a villain that wasn't killed. Yeah. Uh, great Sam oh, Lee cameo. I agree. With I also Stank. love the fact that he was ready just to kill himself. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I'm done. Same. Same. I'm, and, I'm then to, and, that, and that T'Challa didn't let him, and he's like, uh-huh. the, the living aren't done with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. So good. Uh, so, such a great scene. Great Stan Lee cameo of the Tony Stank moment. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, I like that moment, too. Again, kind of wish Rhodey didn't say he still believed in the decision since he goes back on it so fast with Infinity War. But, hey, but... Infinity War hasn't happened yet, so you can't. That's not fair. Because that, that, remember? Uh, we, yeah, are, we, yeah. are, we are but, looking at these But films. then it did happen, and the, the Russos are responsible for both, so okay. I, I hold them accountable. All right. Uh, I really like Steve's ending message to Tony. It's really strong for the character. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, that's going to do it. We're at, almost, we're at more than three hours. Oh, yes. um, Hell, well, that's what, because you talked about Guardians for an hour. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Let's see. We got some, we got some um, comments and uh, asked, what's your favorite in this one on Instagram? Um, somebody said Iron Man. <laughs> somebody said Iron Man. Nope. That's not one of the options, guys. Not one of the options. The, the same guy who did it the last time. Uh, Meg, Meg Root said Iron Man. Meg Root 87 said no, Iron yeah, Man. That is. Uh. Um, 
Mike Matolas at Ragnarok, also not part of this. <laughs> Damn it, Mike. Not, not this there. Sec- <laughs> this section. Wait, did Meg, Meg Root 87 said Iron Man yeah. in response to this? Oh, no, Ant-Man. No, no, no. Ant-Man. Sorry. Okay. You said Iron Man. So oh, okay. Ant-Man. Mag- Ant-Man. Magnico says Iron Man, not part of the section. Um, Fanpack 427 says Guardians 2. Okay. Uh, and Downright Nerdy Podcast says Phase 2, we have to go with Civil War. <laughs> Although Guardians of the Galaxy is a close second. Phase two, Civil War is not part of phase two. Damn uh, it, Downright. Thank you very much. <laughs> this is continuity. Darn it, Mike. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so they, they say Civil War, however. So what's your what's your guys' favorite of, the, of this batch? Thor of the Dark World. Mm. Uh, it's, it's clear. It's uh, Civil War. Civil War. Guardians 2. Guardians 1 for me. All right. That'll do it. So next time, a uh, couple weeks, we'll hopefully get the last one out before, before Endgame shows up. So we have more to do. We have- It comes out in like two weeks. Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> Uh, so we have a couple more films to go through. So the next time, so the next films in order: Black Panther, Spider-Man: Homecoming, which, by the way, are the sequence of end credit sequences, <sighs> and Civil War. Oh, um, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Nope. No, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok Avengers: Infinity War. War. Oh boy. Oh. Avengers: oh. Infinity War big, is the Infinity War, if you will. That's a lot of big boy movies, right, Ben? Infinity War. I did not say that. All right, guys. Any game. You, you can only get me for a Ven game, not for that one. Uh, a Venatar. Stop it. All right, guys. Avatar sequel. <laughs> uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Fickner Podcast. Thank you to everyone who contributes. We greatly appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you to everyone who listens. Uh, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ryan, where can I find um, you? DJ Tony Snark. I'm sneezing. Sparks. Sparks Witty on Instagram. S P A R K Z Witty. Ben. Ben Mavic at 27 everywhere. Subscribe to us on wherever you find us. Rate and review wherever you get us. And until next time, guys, stay fake nerds. <laughs> <laughs>